This podcast is brought to you by Acme Markets. Fresh foods, local flavors. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And now, Preston and Steve's news update with Kathy Romano. All right, today is Tuesday, April 7th. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning in the news this morning. More than 1 million Pennsylvania residents have filed unemployment compensation claims since the coronavirus began taking a severe toll on the economy in mid-March as the State Department of Health on Monday reported more cases and more virus-related deaths. The state exceeded 283,000 jobless claims last week, pushing Pennsylvania past 1 million in the three weeks since the state began pressing for business shutdowns to help stop and spread uh, COVID-19. There was a glimmer of good news as the number of new virus cases and deaths reported by the State Department of Health did not set a new high in either category. Governor Tom Wolf warned that the surge is coming but expressed some optimism Monday that the worst fears may be avoided. We are starting to see the early uh, exponential increase in cases has given a way much flatter curve, so the surge may not be as great as we once anticipated, Wolf said in a video news conference. However, uh, he also said that the success um, depends on people staying home. One Pennsylvania mayor became so frustrated with residents failure to adhere to social distancing guidelines and so alarmed by a huge increase of virus cases in the area that he began enforcing a curfew over the weekend. Also Monday, top Republicans in the state House of Representatives pressed legislation to force Wolf to loosen restrictions on construction and retail operations. Uh, from March 16th through Saturday, more than one, uh, I'm sorry, through Sunday, more than 1.1 million Pennsylvanians filed for unemployment benefits. That's about one-sixth of the nearly 6.6 million people that Pennsylvania reported being uh, the civilian labor force in February. I wonder um, how hard it is to keep your, let's say, teenage children under check when it comes to this lockdown thing. Because, listen, I saw my neighbor, uh, somebody who lives like three or four houses down on Sunday. Somebody pulled up in front of their house. One of the younger kids got in the back of this Nissan Altima. They drove past. There was like four or five of them in this car. And I'm like, report him? I, you know, I I thought about it, Steve. I really did. I, I, I threw my arms up. Yeah. I threw my arms like, what the F are you doing? Right. You know, like everybody else is doing this. So, you know, I, I think of it this way. And as somebody was explaining it, it seems the bulk of the people are adhering. But there's obviously you, you cannot. You yeah. just can't stop everyone. Case, I was talking to a friend of mine who has a teenage son, and she said that um, he's actually going through like a little bit of a depression because yeah. um, she is not letting him out. Yeah, you we know? all are. Yeah. We all are, man. Like when well, you, say, she, when you she see was that, so much so that she was like that she was a little bit worried about him. Kathy, yeah. they say when you see something like that, you stand on your lawn and pump your fist and go, "You kids!" Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so listen to this. Um, uh, I thought this was pretty cool coming right out of my area. The FDA has given the green light to a company in Plymouth meeting to begin. In testing its vaccine for COVID-19. Uh, Inovio Pharmaceuticals calls its new vaccine INO4800. The vaccine is based on the DNA of the coronavirus, but does not use the actual virus. 40 adult volunteers will get two doses of the vaccine a month apart uh, with the first results by early summer. Testing will be done at the University of Pennsylvania and in Kansas City. Kathy, I was talking to Dr. Mike, and he said that they have, um, I mean, these people are, are geniuses. The, the people that are working on these things that, that helped with the SARS and the Ebola and all that stuff. But he said they have a thing that could serve in the interim between now and the vaccine that basically um, it serves as a decoy, stops the uh, coronavirus from going into your cells. And it, it, it's like jingling keys, basically, in your system. And it goes after that. And, Is and that the, what's, tr- the me- what's the medicine that Trump's <clears throat> taking? Is that it? Uh, you're talking about hydro, uh, hydrochloroquine? 
uh, that's the one that he's been touting a lot. But okay. no, this is this is a a new that's sort of a um, there are a whole bunch of them out there that are being tested. But Mike was was saying, I mean, that's cool to to be able to trick the virus to go in a different direction and, and buy people time. It's amazing. But they have so they have this. Thank God I'm not working on this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so this company out of out of Plymouth meeting, uh, they've been given the go ahead to uh, start testing. So they're doing that in Kansas and uh, also at the University of Pennsylvania. Uh, now, it's not just humans who are getting the coronavirus. Uh, we all know a tiger at the Bronx Zoo has tested positive. The four year old Malayan tiger named Nadia developed a dry cough and decrease in appetite. She was tested out of an abundance of caution and she tested positive for COVID-19. Six other tigers and lions are also showing symptoms, but expect to recover. The, the zoo says that animals were infected by a person uh, who was caring for them. Now, the Philadelphia Zoo officials say that they are handling their day-to-day just like the rest of us, social distancing, washing hands, and taking extra precautions uh, now that this tiger tested positive at the Bronx Zoo. Dr. So who, who Sorry, draws the short straw when you have to do the nasal swab on a tiger? <laughs> a tiger? Mm. Seriously? <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> just, that- just hold still. <laughs> Dr. Keith Hinshaw, Philadelphia (laughs) Zoo's director of animal health, says when the news of coronavirus first broke, they started taking extra precautions to protect the zoo's bats and primates. They then added the cats preemptively. Dr. Hinshaw says the news from the Bronx uh, has certainly created a new awareness. Now that this tiger has turned up positive, we are expanding our precautions to all of the carnivorous animals at the zoo, he says. Handlers are wearing masks and gloves and keeping distance from animals. If you uh, are a pet owner and you have questions or concerns, Uh, Dr. Hinshaw says the CDC has a list of guidelines to protect your health and your pets as well. But he suggests that someone has tested positive in your home, that someone who is healthy care for the pet if possible. In sports this morning. The 120th U.S. Open, which was scheduled to be held in mid-June in Mamaroneck, New York, has been postponed. Mm. The championship has been rescheduled to September 17th to the 20th and will still be held at Winged Foot Golf Club. The Masters, which was supposed to take place this week at Augusta National, also received a rescheduled date, which will be November 12th through the 15th. The British Open which had been scheduled for mid-July at Royal St. George's in Sandwich, England, has been canceled and will not be played for the first time since World War II. Instead, it will play the championship in 2021 at Royal St. George's and the 150th celebration at the Old Course in St. Andrews, Scotland, will be moved to 2022. The NHL and NHL Players Association are brainstorming scenarios as to where regular season and playoff games could be held. One location that's been considered is North Dakota. The Ralph Engelsten Arena in Grand Folks is the home for for, uh, for college hockey and also hosted the 2005 World Junior Championships. The area makes sense because of the arena, the likelihood of games being played without fans, and North Dakota's relatively low population density. Only Montana, Wyoming, and Alaska have fewer people per square mile. And Al Kaline, a Hall of Famer who played all 22 years of his career in, in Detroit, earning the nickname Mr. Tiger, died yesterday at the age of 85. Kaline, an all-star in 15 seasons and a 10-time Gold Glove winner in right field, retired 
retired shortly after recording his 3,000th hit in 1974 and joined the Tigers broadcast team. He continued to work for the Tigers after his retirement from the booth in 2002. He became the first Tiger to have his number retired with the number six going up on the walls in 1980. He was also elected into the Baseball Hall of Fame that year, his first on the ballot. The cause of death was not immediately known, but the Detroit News reported that Kaline had recently suffered a stroke. And that's what I have for you this morning. All right, thank you very much, Kathy. We're stacked for another day together. We have several things uh, in store for you. Uh, we continue Daily Rush Madness. We are in the Sweet 16, and uh, we're getting closer, man. We're going to know by Friday who the champion is, so we appreciate all the votes. We also have MMR's Rock Refund two times today, $500 opportunity for you to win some cash. So it's very, very simple. You see either text or enter a word that we give to you at 8 and 10 this morning. And that's it. Done. Finish. You may win the money that way. And it's then so it great. happens uh, seven times through, throughout the course of the day. And I'll get you the rundown, the times, and all that stuff. We do have some guests on the program. We're going to talk to Rodney McLeod of the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, making some donations to Philip Bunnies, which is awesome, but just getting the word out on uh, people doing their part. So he's going to be checking in. We're also going to talk to uh, Brandon Boyd. Uh, from Incubus. Yes. Which is cool. He's a very nice guy. And Always a big fan of Incubus. They're set to play at the BB&T Pavilion in August with 311 and Bad Flower. And uh, we're going to talk to him later on and see what's going on, see where their head is. Yeah, at. yeah. Uh, and also, we're going to have a guy named Robert Moore. Now, Robert actually stayed on Joe Exotic's Zoo Grounds in Oklahoma for a week. He's the author of the New York Times bestselling book called On Trails, and he also spent four years reporting a podcast miniseries about the life of Joe Exotic. And, uh, Steve, you are saying that Kate McKinnon right. uh, discovered this or was pointed to this, and it helped her head towards this thing she's going to be doing, I guess. She's about, playing Carol. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're yeah. going to do a movie or a series. You know, I don't know. Whatever yeah. it is, it's going to be, a obviously, a theatrical version of it. the docudrama, docuseries, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. So he can give us uh, an even... You know, more focused insight as to what life is like in that compound. I was watching an interview with him, and he says there was more that came up in the court case with Joe Exotic that proves he went to greater lengths to get Carol killed. Wow. Yeah, so we may want to bring that up. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. So we're going to talk to him around uh, 10 o'clock. If you haven't seen Tiger King yet, then... uh, you, you know, maybe go watch a little bit before you can watch the <laughs> You can watch the series between now and then. You could get a, you could knock a chunk of it out. She's not going to be on. He's not going to be on until ten o'clock. You, you'd get the point. If you, you yeah, show yeah, the yeah, point. Yeah. Oh my God, Preston. Um, do you see what shirt Kathy's wearing right now? Uh, I can't. I see a, a bald head, but I can't see the rest of it. Oh it, my it, God! It, it's the big dong. Shut up! Where did you get that? My brother. Kathy sends these D pics to Casey all the time of this guy. Do we know his name? We just um, call him the Big D guy. You know what? I did have an article with his name in it. I'll have to look it up. He's got. He's got. He's got a penis like a tree trunk. Yeah, it's I, unbelievable. It's, I, we've seen a lot. I've never seen anything like and this. The pictures are hilarious, and and they're they're also doctored. They're they're photoshopped. <laughs> they, they photoshop him into weird situations where you're unsuspecting of it. Uh, the T-shirt is just his head case. Yeah. Oh, it is. Okay. All right. <laughs> That's outstanding. Oh wow. man, I how would... long have you had that? Uh, it it just randomly came in the mail with no name <laughs> oh, on it. Uh, we figured uh, out it it was uh, from my brother great. Christopher. Well, uh, um, um, and. Um, 
I'm so waiting. Pleased. You have to explain I, I that thought to... I would wear it for you today, Kathy. I'm waiting. You have to explain that to Jace. That'll be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's just that. It's just okay. that. Or your mom. Let her know what that's all about. Oh dear. Yeah. Oh yes, I love his work. Mm. <laughs> you know what? She played Parcheesi with him. What if she knew exactly who he was? <laughs> yeah, wouldn't that be awesome? All right, so we have all this stuff going on. Uh, we'll take a break. We'll come back in a second. We'll uh, get you up to speed with the entertainment stuff and also give some things away with stupid question and a uh, variety of things uh, for you to win. And also, don't forget one last mention. We have uh, an Ask Me Anything uh, that's going on with the President Steve Show, and you can find the Ask Me Anything blog on PresidentSteve.com. If there's a question you've always wanted to ask one of the members of the show or the entire show, Please submit right there, and we're going to get to those very, very soon. I'm looking forward to it. We'll be back in a moment. Get social with Preston and Steve and WMMR. Facebook, Twitter, you know, the usual places. Skip the trip to the store and get your groceries delivered with Acme. Get everything you need. Milk, fresh produce, bottled water, and more delivered right to your door. It's fast and super easy. Order online at shop.acmemarkets.com and get free delivery with your first online order. Carefully picked, conveniently delivered with Acme, your favorite local supermarket and the official supermarket of MMR's Preston and Steve Show. with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. So we're going to do a digital download of the Wayback, uh, starring Ben Affleck for the correct answer to this stupid question. Uh, and it is as follows. In 1978, what serial killer won an episode of the dating game in the midst of his murder spree? Ooh. 215-263-WMMR. was familiar with the, the story, but I didn't know the guy's name. In 1978, what serial killer won an episode of The Dating Game in the midst of his murder spree? 215-263-WMMR. Call right now. I will mention some birthdays while we are awaiting your answer. There's a few of them today. It is Tuesday, April 7th, and it's Russell Crowe's birthday today. Uh, he's got a uh, a new Western coming out. <laughs> oh, yeah? Oh, yeah, I was just watching the, uh, the, the trailer for it. It looks good. He's okay. good in Westerns. He was in uh, 310 to Yuma. Yeah, he was the bad guy. Yeah. Still got to see that. I know you guys told me it's really great, good. You can see both. There's, there's actually, that was a remake, so both versions are really good. Yep. Uh, so, but he's been in so many great movies throughout the years. L.A. Confidential, The Insider, Beautiful Mind, Master and Commander is one of oh. my absolute favorites with him. If you want to show off a surround system, Master and Commander. No question. Dear God, it's awesome. He's 56. Uh, he shares a birthday with Jackie Chan. Yes. Who is 10 years his senior. They're often confused for each other. It happens. It happens. You know, Russell Crowe, he's a a big action star. There's a YouTube channel called The Corridor Crew, and these guys are special effects artists and stuntmen, and they comment on different things, and they are perpetually in awe of Jackie Chan. Pretty amazing. Uh, Amazing, because so much of that is done with far less safety restrictions than you would find in the United States. And so a lot of times at the end of Jackie Chan movies, like the police story movies, They'll run this loop of it, it, yeah, stunts that did not go outtakes. well. Yeah, and uh, and he gets hurt a lot, Met all the time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my, my favorite of his, outside of, of the martial arts, is when he runs up the corner of a uh, of two walls. Be, I yeah. tried that. Uh, did you try? It? Yeah, <laughs> can't. I can't even run up steps. It is. It is crazy. Yeah, you know, it's like three 
the, bum, bum, bum. yeah, three touches with with his feet on uh, in a corner of a wall, and he'll he'll go he'll go to the top of a brick wall or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Doing it, it's unbelievable. Yeah, I follow a guy on Twitter named Tanner Witt. I think is he Kath, a parkour guy? Uh, he is. Yeah, Kath, I don't know if you follow him or not, uh, but he does all sorts of flips, and he does these things where you know he'll like run up a wall or like flip off a wall, or you know he does a lot of stuff. With if he people. has big junk, Kath, he will follow. Him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, she, I don't follow him, but I think him. I did look him up once because you brought his name up. Yeah. All right. Uh the, the guy okay uh mm. now uh, I'm, I'm having a I'm blanking on his name uh, Kingsman the star uh, Egerton? uh Taron Egerton. Egerton. Yeah, yeah 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 in that movie he does a little there's some parkour there's a scene where he's leaving their their yeah. flat block oh, yeah. and he jumps is that him doing that No because I, I thought think that so. he had some kind of, that he does that type of thing. Does but, he? Well, I don't know. I just that that particular scene kind of. I'm, I'm watching and I'm like, man, I'm trying to see where they make the cut and I couldn't see it. So there's no way he did. They'd let him do something. No, like that. no, they wouldn't. Yeah. Um, okay. very rarely. Yeah. All right. So Jackie Chan is 66. Francis Ford Coppola, the director, genius. Yep. This alone would uh, would just put him in the pantheon. If you're going to talk about um, American classics, I mean, there's a case to be made. Obviously, Citizen Kane is, is, a, is a classic, but The Godfather and Godfather 2 yeah. together, yep. you know, find me better movies. I, I agree. Uh, so Just he... figured out why, remember, uh, not that long ago, why uh, his wine was called Director's Cut. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's right. Because <laughs> uh, he is a right. famous director. But he also got the careers going of George Lucas and uh, John Milius and all those guys in that group. Yeah. Uh, they were all um, pals, Steven Spielberg, the whole collective. He's 81 today, by the way. Uh, Tiki Barber, a couple of football players celebrating birthdays today. Tiki Barber is 45. Tony Dorsett. Uh, is 66 as well. I know he's a, he's a, a, a cowboy. Uh, John Oates, <laughs> wow, local right. feller. All right, is 71 years old today. We spoke to him a few years ago. I think we all decided we want to go to the retirement home that his is it. Who's it's right by me. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's in Harleysville. Like it's the, it has a bar. I've a, been there. Yes, because uh, my my son and at the time was in Cub Scouts and they went and sang uh, Christmas carols and I went there and yeah, dude, they had a pub. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they had all kinds of cool stuff. So, uh, yeah, I don't, they're not there any longer because I spoke to someone who works there not too long ago. And I was like, oh, John Oates, uh, Mom Day. He's like, yeah, they're not there anymore. Uh, they, they went to a different facility. Okay. Uh, but, um, yeah. Does he, he never sings lead on anything, he does. right? Does he, he does, yeah. He, he sings on a, on a couple of songs per album. Okay. Yeah. Like lead or just lead? Back? But none of their big hits. Case. He, okay. he, like, he had he has a couple of moments where where you'd hear his voice alone, but he has never one of their big big hits has never been you know, uh, him on lead vocals. A good song he does on Big Bamboom is Posse- Possession Obsession. Okay. He sings the lead okay. on that. So there's a couple that he does. Uh, then yeah, a couple. Last birthday is uh, Bill Bellamy, uh, the actor comedian. Uh, he is 55. Always a nice guy. He's yes. been by here a few times, so happy birthday. All right, hey, Preston. Yes. I just uh, I looked it up. Uh, Taron Egerton did most of his stunts in the Kingsman Secret Are Service. Are you kidding? Okay. Yeah, and and so did Colin Firth, believe it or not. There was an article that came out a few years ago, because I was curious about it as well, and there were some that were too dangerous for him, and they had to bring in a stuntman to do, but uh, well, he did a lot of them. What about the, the – did they specifically mention the, the the thing Preston's mentioning? No. The, the more was, parkour act? I was trying to find specific right. stunts. If you but, get a chance, but, next time it's on, yeah. watch that scene and see if you can – 
if, if you see a cut from where his face and he jumps over that edge and starts running away, because it looks like there's no cut there to me. If well, so, it's pretty damn impressive. Yeah. They're so good at, at face mapping now, like, you know, like they did with Scarlett Johansson in which one was she pregnant in of the, um, was, the which one of the, the movies. Oh, I can't uh, Anyway, so they, they had her stunt woman talking about all the stuff she did for her, and they would just put Scarlett Johansson's face on her body. Let's see if we can get an answer to the stupid question in 1978, what serial killer won an episode of The Dating game in the midst of his murder spree 215263wmmr is number and we will go to Kate to see if she knows hey Kate hey bitches hey what all right Kate who is the serial killer we are speaking of Rodney Alcala that is correct ah. yep hang on that'd be a great show serial killer dating game yes yeah, not all serial killers are Ted Bundy. That's what everybody else on the phone line said. And it's not always there. There are lots of uh, serial killers that you may not know as household names, and Rodney Alcala is one of them. But, yeah, he actually won an episode of The Dating Game while he was in the midst of his murder spree. What's wow. your idea of a great first date? <laughs> I don't know. I cut your head off. All right, Kate, hang on. We're going to give you a digital download of The Way Back starring Ben Affleck and an inspiring story of a man's struggle to overcome tragedy. His road to redemption leads him back to his high school alma mater to coach the basketball team uh, with their own troubles and challenges. And you can own it done. uh, You can own the digital movie now. So we will set you up with that. All right, so let's see. Hang on a second. I'm jotting a note down, something later on. I don't want to forget. And there we go. All right, we're going to start with royal family. There's a lot of royal family news. And uh, Meghan and Prince Harry, well, not Prince anymore, but Meghan and Harry, (laughs) are settling into Los Angeles life with their baby Archie. Archie, and every day new details emerge about their future plans. According to the UK's The Times, the Duke of Sussex will... Not apply for permanent residency and citizenship in the U.S., something the British royal could technically do as the spouse of a U.S. citizen. Wouldn't that compromise his standing with his royal title? Um, well, I don't think he has a royal title anymore. I, I think he he's still... He, okay. What is the status? What is the damn status? A source tells the Times the Duke has not made... Excuse me. They're still calling him the Duke. The Duke has not pay, made an application for dual citizenship, and I don't think he will apply for a green card at any point. All right. If he applies for an O-1 visa uh, designed for individuals with extraordinary ability or achievement, he could live and work in the U.S. without a green card. He can move metal with his mind. But if he's living here, uh, he will he have to pay taxes is the question. The short answer is yes, if he spends most of his time here. But if he is able to show that he has a closer connection with England, then he could stay more days under the U.S.-U.K. tax treaty up to 150 days. And even if he doesn't earn an income, he will likely have to disclose a lot of financial information. British actors have done that for years. Yeah. The case where, so where you would you would come and you'd work in the United States, but after a certain point, they had to watch the calendar and make sure they got back to England before they were liable for taxes in the United States. How long can you actually just uh, be here to travel? Like, uh, you want to go, you want to see the country and, you know, I don't know, backpack and, and you know, see all of it. I, I, I It's pretty extensive. I mean, if, you know. Just I, as long as you're not working here, you can kind of hang here. I think here if you and... take, like, an extended vacation for, I, you know, if you're, I don't know, but I assume they got to give you, they have to accommodate a certain amount of time. Yeah, don't really know. 
Uh, after officially stepping down from their senior royal roles, the Sussexes relinquished their joint Sussex Royal mm. Instagram account, but they continue to make minor changes to the account, changes to the account, which will uh, reportedly remain up for the time being. Uh, they have earned, erased, I'm sorry, all former comments and no new comments are allowed. Uh, they also changed their follow list. They historically only follow one account per month to highlight causes they support. And now they're following three accounts they featured for each month of the year. Uh, the accounts are uh, at Good News Movement, at Global Positive News, and at Thanks Good News. No com. And all three feature uplifting stories. No, they're not following. Uh, why are they relinquishing their right to vote on the Daily Wish Madness? I don't understand I, that. You, you're out of your mind if you don't use that privilege. Don't they know that intern Ben is in the running? By the way, speaking of the Queen, the pair—excuse uh, me—the pair are still observing what's going on in their homeland, and were reportedly both moved by Queen Elizabeth II's address to the nation on Sunday. Uh, according to Harper's Bazaar, Harry called Elizabeth at the end of last week to offer his support ahead of the broadcast. Who is this? Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, it's you. Oh, you're there. <laughs> <laughs> Stop being that. Uh, let's see. Harry Potter scribe J.K. Rowling revealed Monday that she has recovered after experiencing symptoms of coronavirus for two weeks. What spell did she use? On uh, Twitter, she didn't use a spell. She uh, shared a breathing technique. Yeah, I was, I was looking at this video. Uh, that she says helped her recover. Uh, looking, Linking to a YouTube video, she wrote, Please watch this doc from Queens Hospital explain how to relieve respiratory symptoms. For the last two weeks, I've had all symptoms of C-19, uh, though haven't been tested, and did this on my doc husband's advice. Uh, I'm fully recovered, and technique helped a lot. Um, uh, it's, it's pretty wild, Preston, because they make the point in the video. It's a couple of uh, like deep breaths for five, and then a, and then a, a cough. But at, at one point, they want you to lay on your stomach because the larger portion of your lungs is towards the back. Okay, and so whatever it is, this is something that um, apparently has some merit to it. Okay. So. Uh, Rolling also thanked fans for support writing. Thank you for your kind and lovely messages. I really am completely recovered and wanted to share the technique that's recommended by doctors. Costs nothing, has no nasty side effects, but could help you, your loved ones, a lot, as it did me. Stay safe, everyone. Uh, she also has used her downtime to launch a site, Harry Potter at Home, uh, for parents and students struggling to find creative and useful ways to remain occupied during the quarantine. Kim Kardashian is teaming up with her mom, Chris Jenner, for a first ever perfume collaboration. Thank you. You're welcome. Timed to launch for Mother's Day. Crotch Rod is the name of the line, right? No, I don't think it is, but you know, uh, it's actually. Uh, so the the official drop date is April fifteenth. The perfume is being billed as a timeless and ageless scent. That celebrates the bond and unconditional love between mother and daughter. That's beautiful. <laughs> really? How do you capture that in a scent? That is Sounds exactly what I was like wondering. chewing gum. <laughs> right, right, right. Oh, wow. Is this a, we're looking at a container of it. It's about 12 gallons. Yeah, that's it, Steve. No, I think that's a prop. I think okay. that's a promotional because, item. Yeah, it's uh, 20 bucks per gallon. Yeah, it's huge. It's the size of their torso. Most people take less milk home with them. Uh, Jenner said, creating a fragrance together with Kim in time for Mother's Day was magic. Hold it a second. Look at Mominger. Look at Chris Jenner in this I picture. I know, man. I know. She, she looks nothing like what she looked like a year ago. 
Um, what she, the F is going on there? She looks like a mannequin. She looked completely like a mannequin. Yeah. Mannequins look more like her. Yeah. Uh, she said, we talked about doing this for years, so to see our shared vision come to life has been amazing. Do you think and she has fingerprints? Me, let me double back a second here, because looking at this photo, and I was thinking about this morning, I'm looking at Kim, too, in oh. this, who, who doesn't really look a lot like herself as well, is... How would you like to be there for the photo session and the uh, the, actu- the the actual meticulous nature of going through choosing which picture to use with those two? With those two. All right, look a little bit more vapid. Yeah, but look I mean, li- but look like you have no souls. <laughs> but but I mean, <laughs> so they would how how picky they would be about which photo? Oh yeah, Chris. I think Chris, what Chris to- Love, stop looking human. Yeah, mm. yeah. I think what happens is they actually sign an agreement ahead of time. So the photographer takes the photos, so they're not actually looking at them out as they're done, but then they get they will get the photos and the photographer cannot do anything with them until they choose what oh, which sure. ones are allowed to be released. Oh, this is yes. why when we do the calendar and, and Kathy oversees a good portion of the calendar, the uh the edict is, is that none of the participants are able to look at any of the pictures. Oh yeah, they're because never because it the calendar would never get done. Yeah, they're never happy with the every once in a while you get a calendar girl that disappears and Oh yes. Yeah. yeah, totally. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, she said, Kim and I have similar tastes, which makes makes working together a dream. We like cheese. We, <laughs> we both wanted a classic, ageless scent that is beautiful and empowering for anyone who wears it. And I think this fragrance perfectly embodies All right, that. girls, remember, no souls, no thoughts. Um, I want a blank expression on your face. You both need to look completely plastic and artificial. Perfect. A portion of the profits <laughs> will be donated to charity. Uh, Kim noted in response to the crisis of the COVID nineteen pandemic affecting families. And I children. want you to look lifeless and soulless, and you look like the Walking Dead. <laughs> no spark of energy or life whatsoever. Perfect. She said. She said. 20% of profits uh, from all sales on uh, KKWFragrance.com. Got to watch those Ks. Uh, from April. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. One more and you're in trouble. One more K. It's an entirely different audience. Uh, April 15th through May 5th will be donated to uh, Blessings in a Backpack, which is an organization that provides food on the weekends for children across America. Hi, I'm Kim Kardashian. When's the last time you purchased nine gallons of perfume? Who might uh, who might otherwise go otherwise go hungry? Oh, no, there's the, we're in the session. Yeah. I'm seeing too much life. Get rid of that lifeless, soulless, walking dead. You made a deal with the devil. You're inhuman robots. Perfect. <laughs> I want no sign of life in your eyes. I want when a shark's eyes roll white. I want to see that. No compassion. Nothing. Perfect. <laughs> Give it to me, ladies. Uh huh. Uh huh. I had no idea that they were being coached oh, yeah, to yeah. look that way. So wow. No, Kim. I saw moisture in your eyes. Get that out of there. Moisture suggests tears. Suggests emotion. Suggests a life. Get rid of that. Stop breathing. <laughs> uh, they they look like they've they're dead and have been propped up against this thing. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. I mean, other than you know their eyes being slightly open. <laughs> look, look at Kim's Kim's expression is like. Uh, uh, uh. I mean, honestly, seriously, if you. To, the look on her face, and I'm sorry, we're we're, we're looking at photos and talking about it up now. on the radio, but. But the look on her face, Steve, it looks, yeah, 
<sighs> look as stupid as you possibly can. I mean, look like you like you're an imbecile for a moment. All right, ladies, look at the belt. Look at the belt. Perfect. Look over here. Look over here. It's like a photographing animals. Yeah. Yeah. God, I. I think Chris looks better than Kim. I do, too. <sighs> yeah, I do, too, actually. Oh, yeah, Jesus. All right, well, anyway. I can't believe they approved it. Uh, moving on, let's go with uh, Liam Hemsworth. He's opening up about how he bounced back following his very public, very controversial split from Miley Cyrus. How did he do it? How did he do it? Well, how did he do it? He dropped off the radar for some time. He tells Men's Health Australia that uh, he's in the best shape of his life, thanks in part to a role in the new Queeby thriller, Most Dangerous Game. You know, I'm in the best shape of my life. <laughs> uh, but also because he used it as a form of therapy to recover from his relationship. He said the last six months honestly, for keeping my head level and just staying balanced. I'd say exercise has been big for me. Yeah, that I'm all jacked and looking great. Uh, he moved on with uh, model Gabriella Brooks. And yeah, appears, appears to be in a better place mentally. Uh, he's also starting to eat meat again after feeling drained. I uh, said February last year, I was feeling really low and lethargic and wasn't uh, feeling good generally. And then I got a kidney stone. Uh, Why would he get that? I don't know. And uh, he stopped uh, drinking for six months and began eating meat. So, quick question here: Uh, this this Quibi, Quibi, yeah. Uh, um, they launched with about, uh, I was reading um, IGN.com, uh, they reviewed all the shows. There's like 50 shows they launched with. Like, and they're only incredible. 10 minutes? Uh, yes, but I mean, they're going through all the, fortunately, the, the best reviewed of the lot, because there's a lot that they just say skip that are, mm-hmm. is worthless. The best reviewed is the one with Caitlin Olson and uh, Will Forte. So that's, uh, that's good. I'm, I, I'm glad they have a hit. Uh, so he says, uh, I want to have optimal health at all times. I want my mental health to be strong, and I want my body to feel good. Do you think there was, a, like, uh, Miley Cyrus smells of patchouli and stuff like that? Is she, do you think she has one of those kind of smells? Oh, wow, I never like thought about smell? How, how Miley smells. Um, she has a kind of, like, a hippie know. vibe, right? Yeah. She's given up the, the gone. She's not doing pot anymore. But I then again, she's, you know, but she's also filthy rich and everything. I don't think she'd go quite that on natural. Okay. But, you know, who knows. She gave up smoking weed? That's the word. Oh, okay. Uh, Hemsworth uh, hired Rise Movement's Jason Jason Walsh to help him train. Of course. Uh, so, yeah. I don't know That's where I would go. Yep. Uh, so, this is, I mean, this is sad. Uh, this guy, James King, who was uh, one of the stars of My 600-Pound Life, uh, passed away on Friday following several different health battles. Uh, his family confirmed the news to TMZ with a heartwarming tribute to the young father of six, by the way. People love that show. And they love this guy, too. Yeah, Apparently yeah. he was a favorite. He died <clears throat> in the hospital while his uh, obituary celebrated James's loving husband, son, brother, dad, and grandfather. Uh, despite reports which state the 49-year-old suffered with an array of health issues, including sepsis and cirrhosis of the liver. It's not yet known why he was rushed to the hospital, leading to his untimely death. Was he, in, in fact, 600 pounds or in he excess? He was more than that, okay. dude. Yeah. A defeated James first appeared on the TLC show in the summer of 2018, weighed in a whopping 791 pounds when he Whoa. made his debut. After the show ended and his motivation dwindled, he gained a significant amount of weight again and tipped the scale at 840 pounds. Oh, man. He was popular with viewers of the show, and it was uh, more than obvious that he was adamant to prove people wrong in his determination to shed the weight, which was holding him back from living a happy, healthy life. During the show, James insisted that he was going to prove the show's doctor wrong, and this made viewers love him even more. Uh, Dr. Yunin Nazwarden 
insinuated that James would not be able to shed any weight due to the fact that he found it difficult to even walk. Uh, but in his determination, uh, the reality TV star insisted that he would change the doctor's mind on the matter. But obviously he didn't make it. I, I can't. I mean, there are people who are just uh, genetically predisposed to morbid obesity. And, and you remember the guy Walter Hudson? I think it was... Was like eleven hundred pounds. Uh, I was the fast man ever lived, right? Yeah. And then they had everyone was coming in with their diet plans and stuff like that, and nothing really ever took. So mm-hmm. it's it's more genetics than because you still have to consume a certain right. amount of calories a day. Sometimes that- Nick, it it is, and sometimes like with Walter Hudson's case, I think it was he had a family that would like go even when I mean he had to crap in the bathtub. I don't mm-hmm. mean, so he 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 uh, he was. They they would go get him thirty Big Macs, you know. I guess like, like uh, just, and they were enabling, but yeah, some people are predisposed. I don't know how far that goes if that can get I, you up to eleven hundred pounds. Yeah, I, I just you know I, I think about the days where I pig out, you know, and, yeah. and, and eat way too much and have a, a whole pizza and then some Ben and Jerry's or whatever, and then I just I like feel physically awful afterwards, but I also feel physically full. I don't know how you can consume that much food to gain that much weight, like well, how bad part of it is physically possible. Imagine that you're also bedridden as a result of that. Yeah. Like you can't, you know, you can't move out of a bed. That's it's it's horrible. I get, and the, the series, I mean, that's all it is. Uh, by the way, he's survived by his wife, Lisa, four daughters and two sons. He also had 19 grandchildren. Holy hell. 49 years old, by the way. So got started early. Yeah, I've watched that show a few times, man. There was a woman, uh, woman on there not too long ago who lost a significant amount of the weight. And the amount uh, she was eventually when she got to a certain weight, then she was going to be able to have the excess skin removed. It was unbelievable. Hung down in her pants leg down to her ankles. Oh, my God. That's her gut. So- So she had to wear these really large pants, and it hung. She'd be at the store, and you could see hanging off to the side of her leg was this gigantic mass, and it was all coming from her stomach. Have we ever discussed from a surgery level how that's able to be done? Uh, I don't know. I know it's not... uh, you know, it's not just elective surgery. I mean, it is, but it's it's really dangerous as well. I mean, you're shearing you're, you're, off large parts of your your the largest your body, be a your membrane organ. on your body, yeah, an yeah. organ on your body. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Jesus, so it's pretty wild. But this this guy unfortunately didn't make it. All right, uh, all right. This is a great story. Matthew McConaughey, his stock just went up in my book again. I already love the guy as it is, but yeah, yeah. Uh, his wife Camilla and their two children and his mom Kay hopped on Zoom and they played bingo with seniors at the Enclave at Round Rock Senior Living in <laughs> Texas. It's great. Uh, so he and his mom, uh, this is according to the facility, wrote alongside the video that they shared of the interaction and said, uh, thank you to Matthew and his wife, Camilla, and his mom, Kay, for hosting our residence for a few rounds of virtual bingo. We have some audio of him uh, calling a bingo, so listen to this. This is great. So the, his whole family is around the computer, and they're watching on the Zoom, and there's like 30 residents that are playing along, and they've got their bingo tiles and everything, so here we go. We got an I-24, I-24. I-24. Oh! <laughs> Richard Blutch is waving a hammer up high. Well, we got Charles Kings in the Two winners. Look at this. Look at that board. Fourth column straight down. (laughs) Winner. Let's see yours, Charles King's iPad. Call him out. There you go. I love it. That's so cute. You know who needs to do it? Christoph Waltz. Christoph Waltz. Oh, Oh, yeah. That's That's a a beautiful. You're right. (laughs) He should absolutely, positively, Marissa, tweet out something to him or something along those lines. He's got to do the. That's a beagle. That's a beagle. By the way. 
I hate you know I hate board games. Yeah. I'm okay with bingo. You are with bingo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. It's yeah. quick. It's easy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> There's not much to it. You don't need to think. I'm stupid. <laughs> um, I, I, and and let me speak from a person who has called bingo games before. Yeah. If you do not do it at the proper pace, <laughs> right? The old biddies let you know, man. Yeah. So uh, I, and and I, I do it with uh, with Souderton High School. I've been I was supposed to do it this month, and it's, and for it's been canceled. Yeah. But yeah, I, I mean. Those old ladies, they will not have it if you're not doing it right. It's hilarious. Yeah, I do. I'm I funny. <laughs> I've done designer bag bingo, and I found out early on. And what I would do is, because I was up raised up high, is I would find whoever had the most amount of um, bingo cards in close in front of me. That's who I would watch. Okay, and when and they the, were done, and the second they were done, I would call the next letter. And the other thing they really don't care for is if you're trying to keep it light and fun and yes. entertaining. No. Business, man. Yeah. Business. Get to the goddamn game. Nick. Preston, I tried to get cute in the first couple of rounds, and I got so many death stares. I was like, oh, so th- you, th- we have to do this series. Yeah, I got totally. You. Okay. Hey. Sorry. I'm yeah. sorry. Get beard. Shut up. Unless you, you get 069, then everybody goes crazy yeah, yeah. every time. Mm. Uh, and, and Ooh, I mean, that's a bingo. <laughs> I was at one Preston. Um, it was at uh, had to be a state fair, sprawling tent. I mean, hundreds of people playing bingo, <laughs> yes. and you could hear a pin drop. Totally, yes. They're they're absolutely one hundred percent as quiet as you can possibly be because you got to hear what's <laughs> yeah. being said, or yeah. else you're going to miss out on one of your squares, and you're going to miss your bingo and your you know your fifty dollars you want or whatever it may be. Some serious Actually, stuff. Some big money. Sometimes they're thousands of dollars. Uh, so I thought that was really cool uh, that Matthew and the family did that. And, in fact, the residents did this really neat thing. At the end of it, they all held up these green signs that said stuff because Matthew, remember we played audio from him a little while back of a video of, of he made saying, let's turn this red light into a green light. I love meaning, it. Yeah. You know, the, the virus and everything. And so as a, a nod to that, they all held Aww. up these green signs. And one older lady Wrote it when it just said, "All right, all right, all right." All right. <laughs> great, great. So it was a super sweet thing. I we, like that. Is that something we could do on? Maybe do um, a live bingo game on Zoom. Yeah, he had a whole bunch of people. Yeah, we, I mean, yes, it it definitely it'd be fairly yeah. easy. You just have to get the the bingo cards of the residents, and I, you know, you have to have a bingo. I, I actually have one at home. So do I. One of those tumblers. You can also do a virtual because uh, that's what, when we were doing designer bag bingo at our school. Um, there's virtual, like on a computer. Oh, so you have people that weren't there that were able to play along? No, 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 no. Uh, you, uh, the, the, the board, the game board is on a computer? Yeah, instead of having a, a ball. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever the things tumbler. are called. Tumbler, yeah. 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 Okay, I got you. Do you do that uh, on a computer. All right, uh, what else do we have here? Uh, five months after revealing her despair at suffering her second misca- miscarriage, uh, Hilaria Baldwin shared that uh, she and Alec are expecting a child again. So hopefully this will go well. Uh, yeah, we, I don't know how far along they are because they say that I think 12 weeks is kind of out of the danger zone for Miss Carrie. I'm uh, not sure. How many kids is, do they have now? They, they have, have five or six? One, two, three, four uh, together. Yeah. And then two uh, wow. Alec has with uh, Kim. So Wow. Yeah. Uh, no, no, or, no, I'm sorry. Alec, they, they have one. They have Ireland. So, yeah, the, he has four with uh, Hilaria. How old? How old is Hilaria? Is Ireland as old as Hilaria? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Uh, so she shared on social media, sound up, 
I'll let the baby do the talking because I don't have the words to express how this this sound makes us feel. Just got the great news that all is well and all is healthy with the little munchkin. I wanted to share this with you. So, yeah, they have Carmen, Leonardo, Raphael, and Romeo. The Ninja Turtles. That's what I was thinking, Steve. <laughs> yep, that's what I was thinking. Uh, now, with that, I probably should have gone with a, uh, um, a loss and then a new one on the way. But um, Honor Blackman. Yes. Who rose to fame as one of the most iconic Bond girls of all time has died at the age of 94. She was pussy galore. Uh, and she died of natural causes unrelated to coronavirus. Uh, they're saying that now, unrelated to coronavirus, because there's so much in the news. Right, right. 90, 94. She 94. a good run. Mm-hmm. Her character's original name in Goldfinger was stank-ass uh, labia. Okay. Yeah. But they decided that was a little long. Pussy galore. Yeah. But the, the um, Ian Fleming actually had character names like that in his, in his book, but she was... A um, a pilot in Goldfinger. She was a judo expert. She was she's badass. Is Octopussy related to Pussy Galore at all? Maybe a sister or okay. a cousin. Uh, as well as her family said in the statement, as well as being a much adored mother and grandmother, Honor was an actor of hugely prolific creative talent with an extraordinary combination of beauty, brains, and physical prowess. Along with her unique voice and dedicated work ethic, she achieved an unparalleled iconic status in the world of film. And entertainment with an absolute commitment to her craft and total professionalism in all her endeavors. She was also in the Avengers. She right? was on a spy show that a lot of people might not be familiar with out of England called the Avengers, and it was she predated uh, Diana Rigg, who played Emma Peel. Right, it was a man and a woman. They were spies, and uh, they were um, you know, Mr. Steed wore the uh, the, the the bowler, bowler yeah. and the uh, the almost the, the Kingsman is a nod to him. He always had an umbrella. Yeah, and uh, I like that she show. was great. So she had already. Um, done, you know, the, the martial arts stuff for that series, and uh, she loved Goldfinger, and she loved Connery. I mean, loved him. She loved Goldfinger? Yes. Cool. Everyone loves Goldfinger! <laughs> He's the man! The man with the mightiest touch! A spider's touch! <laughs> Fingers are gold. Um, Excuse me. Sure. Gold finger. <laughs> All right. Well, ninety-four years old. So uh, yeah, as you said, Steve, she, she had a nice, long, and uh, and very productive. And, and life. by the way, it looked great yeah. throughout her life. All right. You know what? I want to jump right to the clips, if you don't mind, okay, Case. Right. Um, let's get to that. Yeah. So. Viewers have clamored over the female kick crusader known as Batwoman, and in this clip, Ruby Rose reminds us why her character was introduced into the comic book world. For those that don't know, Batwoman came out in, I think it was around the 50s or 60s, as a straight character to play Batman's love interest because people were worried about Batman and Robin being gay and that there was like a gay agenda. So they introduced Batwoman, and no one cared. <laughs> What? Uh, Batwoman airs tonight, 9 o'clock. That's on the CW. I love the original uh, Yvonne Craig on the original uh, Adam West uh, series. Remember that? the? Uh, mm-hmm. And I just found out she did all her motorcycle driving in that series. That's cool. Yeah. All right, here's the next clip. <laughs> FBI follows the inner workings of the Federal Bureau of Investigation's New York office. In this clip, Jeremy Sisto talks about why fans created a Twitter account for his character's pencil. Here we go. I think that's a testament again to like just being on this kind of show where, you know, the audience, they fall in love with the characters 
And so, yeah, that, I honestly was not, when I p- picked up a pencil, the pencil was, was there, you know, so the, the prop guys have to get a, as much credit. I don't give a f- FBI airs tonight at nine, <laughs> and that is on CBS. And that's my report for you today, dear What a friends. report. Yeah. What a report. I tried. I really dug deep on that one, Steve. <laughs> All right, so we have several things taking place today. First, let me tell you, our Word of the Week prize is a case stateside vodka, <laughs> along with a bunch of other goodies and a, uh, a tour of the distillery as well, the you tasting should, room. You should come out of your drunken stupor after the virus has passed. Oh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. You won't what even... This, what happened? That's hey, what wait a for. second. Uh, we have a lot of guests on the program. Rodney McLeod, Brandon Boyd of Incubus, uh, Robert Moore, a gentleman who is... Uh, Deep in the throes of Joe Exotic's zoo grounds. Yeah, yeah. Uh, lived there for a week so uh, and did this podcast and everything. So we're going to talk to him about all the craziness that is and was with him there. Uh, we also have MMR's Rock Refund. That's coming up at 8 o'clock and 10 o'clock. Your chance to win $500. And when we return, we'll find out who won from yesterday's Daily Rush Madness. Ooh. I haven't looked yet. I'm excited to find out. We'll uh, highlight the next matchups, which the... Voting is available right now at PrestonandSteve.com. Stay with us on this Tuesday morning. We'll be right back. What's new? Why do you ask? Green Day. The Glorious Suns. Come a little closer to the sky. Crowbot. New music. More of everything that rocks. I'm 93.3 WMMR. It's time for Preston and Steve's Daily Rush Madness. All right, who won yesterday? You want to know, right? So do I. Well, I have the results right here in front of me. It's the Sweet 16 that we were in, the Day 12 winners yesterday. It was Is This the New Pearl Jam Song versus Intern Ben as a Cheater. Our intern, Ben, moves on oh. to the next round. Oh. No Casey's pulling for that one. Well, it was funny because then the other one was my Pearl Jam song. And selfishly speaking, I would have liked to have seen that one go further. But Ben is the one that I think is going to win and the whole thing. He's campaigning hard is he really? online. He's, oh, good. Hell, he's hitting it big time. It's then the hardest had... I laughed all yeah, year yeah, long. Yeah. <laughs> then he had The Bachelor Got Hard and Can't Find the Door against Manthe's Kitchen. And Manthe falls to The Bachelor ah. as The Bachelor moves on. It was close, too. Yep. Uh, it was 52%. Yeah. Uh, then we had Fart Fart versus the Toyota Babies, Nick Stroke, and the official representative, Delco. Winner of that one is the Fart Fart. I watched it last night. It's also one of our longer videos. And I, and I had to just write on social on Twitter. I had to post it still gets me every time, and yet people just don't understand it. I understand you don't understand it, but it kills me. And then the last matchup yesterday was Bill Weston gets off against Kathy's Dreamcatcher and Manthe's Alexa. And in this one, Manthe moves on oh. to the next round, beating out Bill Weston. I think that's all the Westons. I think the Westons are gone. Oh, Weston God. was strong. I yeah, think but so. Manthe took him out. But Kathy, that one, Kathy's Dreamcatcher and Manthe's Alexa is one of my favorite ones for <laughs> sure. So we'll see where that goes on. All right. Round uh, one of our matchups today include The Pudding Guy and Pierre Hates the Pina Colada Song. Ooh. Going head to head. Let's reminisce. Here's The Pudding Guy. The two packs. The, the great rapper. 
Uh, no. <laughs> I'm so excited to that you now currently have a hip-hop collection of various puddings. I'll have a Biggie Smalls, please. And a kid play to go. Actually, a Biggie Smalls could be, you know, a size of something. Thank you for honoring the legends. <laughs> well, I just wanted to play this. Tupac. And pudding dance. You can do one more story. <laughs> All right, one Tapioca chocolate, too. <gasps> Salted caramel for me and you. <laughs> Holla. What's it called? The pudding dance. Pudding dance. Pudding dance. Pudding Some dance. Pudding down in your pants. Pudding dance. <laughs> <laughs> We're done. Yeah, but we're my kind of dumb. Yeah. yeah. All right. And then that is going to go against when uh, Pierre came in and he just does not like <laughs> Rupert Holmes' Pina Colada song. Here we go. Um, I, I rarely would uh, beat up on a song. This song makes me want to vomit. Midnight. Oh, stop it. In the dunes of the cave. Wait, why do you hate it so much? It's hideous. It's so, it's, first of all, he says, my lady. Yeah. You know, my lady. We got some problems with my lady, my old lady. You know, and then I'm going to look in the newspaper and hook up some chicks trying to get away from I'm just surprised because it's very it's Buffett-esque, yeah. and it's you are such Buffett-esque. a huge it's Buffett fan. It's ghastly. Okay. It's ghastly. Actually, it's all- Buffett has said this is a perfect song. He has not. <laughs> he has not. Pierre, it's all rock like, and roll. See? Isn't it all <laughs> rock and roll? Uh, all right. Turn myself against me. All right. So those are the I two. I love that. Heads up now. There's four matchups today. We'll roll them out as the show goes on. But you can go to PrestonandSteve.com and vote for Daily Rush Madness and which one you want to win. I have some things to clean out of my junk. And Kathy, I'm starting. Let me reach in here and see if I can find it. It's a big one. I have one for you. And it's about the guy on your shirt this morning. Oh, yes. So Kathy's wearing a shirt today, which features a guy who's become a very popular meme and has been, actually, for several years. Uh, He is a large African-American gentleman with a penis the size of a tree trunk. And he gets... The, the, the picture gets put in places where you're surprised by the photo when it pops up. It's bait and switch. Right, right. And uh, I've got I've got his um, essentially. Let's his hear the bio. story. Yeah, because I understand it's it's pretty interesting. His real name is Wardy Jubert. J o u b e r t j o j o u b e r t or Joubert. I'm not sure how you pronounce it, but Wardy. Uh, yeah, W a r d y. Wow. The third. Now he's better known as Wood. <laughs> The nickname given to him as a kid, though, playing baseball. Okay. Um, so he was born in 1971 <laughs> in San Francisco. Uh, Vice was able to get in contact with Wardy's former girlfriend, a woman named Heather Al- uh, Allergia. Uh, she can still Al- talk? Al- Allegria. Uh, I-, I thought her teeth would have gotten knocked out. Uh, she was all too familiar with the well-endowed photo and said that it had been doing the meme rounds for years since appearing on sites such as 4chan and Reddit in 2012, just a year after his death. Now, this had resulted in Wood becoming the unwitting star of thousands upon thousands of bait-and-switch prank texts, huh. uh, but those close to Wood hadn't realized the image had made a resurgence once again, in light of the coronavirus, so it's just in the past, you know, month or so, it's been resurfacing. So he passed away several years yeah. ago. I yeah. didn't know that. So the image in question was taken in 2001 by Pantheon Productions owner Walter Smith for gay porn. Now, Wardy had worked in the adult industry, featuring in gay porn for some time prior to his tragic death. He started working in the industry by chance. 
after spending much of his time hanging out at sex clubs and parties in San Francisco where he was a bull. He was a dom who would have consensual sex with women in front of their partners, essentially what's called cuckolding. So he 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 would do that. Well, he eventually got to that. And by the way, Casey, it says nothing about a football career here. Really? Yep, nothing about it, because you had said he was a football player. He looks like a football player, but so he wasn't a submissive, Preston, huh? He was a dumb. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Now, he was, um, he was, it was from having the consensual sex with women in front of their partners, it was there that he was approached and made a life for himself in porn. Wardy was only 45 years old. He died of a heart, attra- a heart attack in December of 2016. Was any blood actually getting to his heart? That's a good question. Uh, Heather, his former girlfriend, said it was a shock as she described him as as healthy as a horse. Yeah, hung like a horse, too. Exactly, yeah. and someone who shied away from drugs, although he had at points dabbled in steroids. Uh, she explained that Wood's heart had become enlarged and then, quote, blew up on him. Uh, Wardy's family says that seeing the photos resurfaced has been embarrassing, and both Wardy's mother and Heather are particularly worried about his children being sent a prank text or the memes. But this was, that's what he did for, yeah. Yeah, for a while. I, you know? I, I, I was wondering if you were going to say the family thought that it's heartwarming to see the pictures again. Mm-hmm. All right. So, Kathy, you were the one who told me that he played in the NFL. Yeah, this is, so um, there's actually some information that is different from the article that I read. Um, the one that I read said he died in 2011. You just said 2016, right? He, decided, he de- died December 11th, 2016, it says. Yeah, so, so, Kathy, the one, had you... The ch- one that I found, it said that he had died earlier and then um, said that he had a very short NFL career. Hmm. I just would like to see what he looked like in, in football pants. Cause those things are really, really <laughs> tight. And that that bulge is um, you can't hide that, can't hide right? It. And and it also said that there were very uh, a lot of fluffers during that video, and they had to like constantly be working so that they could uh, wow they could get a nice listen. Photo uh, you know, it's the way the industry goes. I mean, it's a, it's it's a very important job on the porn set. Now, had you seen mo- more of his gay porn, Kathy, or his regular stuff? No. <laughs> Uh, Wardy has two children and prior to his death enjoyed going to church. What? And would regularly provide food for the homeless and uh, evangelies on the street. Uh, he also regularly sported a G-string and was a talented voice impersonator. When he wore a G-string? Hmm. Uh, I don't know about that. Of course, uh, it says here, many of you, this is according to Vice, many of you who have shared a joke in the text prank uh, may now feel a little ashamed, but Heather says that he was definitely proud of the photo so that at least offers a little bit of comfort. It's such a classic, uh, you know, the shot is him sitting on the edge of the bed with his junk, uh, which, again, as you said, is formidable. But, uh, oh, my God. So, yeah. so his main career, that his main income throughout his life, or at least for a large portion of his life, was in the adult film industry. I don't know if it was a large portion okay. of his life or not, but or it, did it he does, work as a speed bump? It doesn't say anything <laughs> else as far as his uh, yeah. his career went. Ju- the, just that part of it it covers. But I had heard um, that there were a lot of straight uh, men who did gay porn. John uh, that, Holmes, yeah, that's well, how they would get into the porn. Industry. Peter North started that. Yeah, way. Peter North. If you watch, yeah, if you watch, um, uh, it's a uh, uh, Boogie Nights. Uh, you know, they indicate that there's a, a, a portion where Dirk Diggler flirts with that part of the the industry. Uh, but yeah, and so it's part of the deal. Uh, so I that's found why that, I got out of it. Uh, that's <laughs> what, I found that interesting. So that is that that the source is Vice. If you want to, uh, if you want to check the source uh, and find out if the information seems correct or not. But yeah, Kathy, do you know the source of of your uh, information that you were checking out? 
Uh, I was uh, just scrolling through a text chain trying to look for the uh, the article. But, so I mean, it, listen, does it really matter? <laughs> your shirt you're wearing today, by the way, Kathy's wearing a shirt with this, this man's uh, image on it. And uh, it's a tribute, correct? Yes, it was yeah. for Casey. I appreciate that, Kat. You're welcome. All right. Uh, let's see what else I got here. Oh, we got more. The junk drawer. Oh, yeah. Got lots, dude. Got a lot of stuff. Meant to get to this yesterday. Did not. I forgot about it, but uh, have to bring this up. Our One of our favorite televangelists, Kenneth Copeland. Yeah. Uh, is having is having his uh, sermons, but no one's in there other than a handful of other pastors, I guess these guys are. Yeah, and his his choir that repeats everything he says. Exactly. He's uh, he's 83 years old, by the way. I did not know so that. So he's taking a risk. Uh, his estimated worth is $760 million. No. $760. So we all accept that he's an unrelenting scumbag. Oh, yeah. But as far as that goes, he provides great show content. Oh, my God, yes. Because he... Is so evil looking. He is so scary looking yeah. when he does his preaching and his sermonizing. And in this particular clip you're about to play, in which he blows, uses his breath to blow away COVID nineteen. Yep. Right after he does, he gets a this bizarre, satanic, yeah. maniacal look on his face. It looks like. Stage prop makeup. Yes. It's it's crazy. He's well, like Lon Chaney. You yeah. Know, he just yeah, contort yeah. his face. He yeah. also looks like he's in a movie where he's playing like a demon preacher if, guy. If yeah. a director, if he was in a movie about a scumbag preacher, the director would go, ratchet it back a bit. Uh, right, right, No right, one's right. going to believe this. All right, so you want to hear a little bit yeah, of this? Yeah. All right, here we go. You ready? We're going to do this today. <laughs> today! <laughs> just wow. leading off with that. Here we go. Today! Today. Today. We speak to this atmosphere. We speak to this atmosphere. From the state of Washington. From the state of Washington. To the state of Maine. To the state of Maine. From Southern California. From Southern California. To the oceans white with foam. Yeah. To the Redwood Forest. He's, he's ripping. Uh, to the Gulf Stream waters. Uh, Texas. To Brownsville, Texas. And the tip of Florida. And the tip of Florida. And wherever else in the world it's needed. And wherever else in the world it's needed. Mecca, like a high. Mecca, hiney ho. Mecca, like a high. Mecca, hiney ho. Win. Win. Oh, my God. Oh, that's, that's that a, growl. Yeah. Win. Win. Almighty. Almighty. Strong. Strong. What did he say? Straw? Strong, I think. Strong. Strong. Hey. <laughs> Chicken feet. Almighty. Almighty. Strong. Strong. South wind. South wind. Oh, the south wind. The summer wind. I came blowing in. Summer breeze. Makes me feel fine. By the way, blowing hints of jasmine in my mind. Steve, all right, this this is pretty good. Somebody texted in. He's the bad guy from the mask. Yes, that's what his yeah. face looks oh, like. Oh yeah, when the bad guy wears the green mask. That's yeah. true. Yeah, right, makes him extra bad. Heat, heat. What? Burn this thing. Burn this. Thing. <laughs> oh, okay. This teach. This is a good lesson for him to write down his stuff ahead of time. Heat. <laughs> Burn this thing. This uh, what is it called? COVID nineteen. COVID nineteen. 
I mean, don't all the experts sort of say, and, and oh, man, if this is not right information, I apologize, but, like, the warmer months and the warmer weather will help this thing go away? There's speculation about that. However, the, the, the virus is existing in some warmer climates. Okay. So we're going to have to see now, you know, Dr. Fauci has said, that this could be a seasonal thing. So oh, because, Press, you, you say that he does all these things and says all these things so that when it eventually does happen, he's like, I did it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. I exactly. did it. All right. Heat. Heat. Burn this thing. Burn this thing. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Satan, you bow. By the way, hold on a second. Who all we got back here? I know that's Lou. And who are the other three guys? Are these your brothers? Sure. <laughs> One of them was my tailor. One of them was your tailor? All right, whatever. Yeah. Satan, you bow your knee. You fall on your face. You fall on your face. <laughs> you fall on your face. There's no coherency to what he's saying. Yeah. He's just blurting out stuff. Do some push-ups. Yeah, yeah exactly. COVID-19. COVID-19. Now he's blowing. That's it. Yeah. So now he's, he's blowing. He's he, yeah. This is it again. One more time. And they do it. They do it too. <laughs> and they have to keep repeating it. I'm gonna give you the raspberry coming. Uh, <laughs> Steve. Chicken fart. <laughs> Chicken fart you to hell, COVID 19. <laughs> you guys can't do chicken farts, you cup your hand under your armpit. <laughs> Alright, forget about it. He's the only. <laughs> The only one doing it. Who here can roll their tongue? I blow! I blow. The wind of God! I blow! Don't say it. <laughs> that was one time at the office party. I blow! I blow. The wind of God! The wind of God! On you. On you. You are destroyed forever. You are, you are destroyed, destroyed forever. And you will never be back. So, quick question. You'll never be back. Yeah. He did this three or four days ago, mm-hmm. five days ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was gone. I thought he, he got said, rid of it. He said gone. Gone. Flat out in the last it was time. gone. Yeah, it's gone. It, it didn't take. It didn't work. Yeah. I thought it worked. So Big I, mistake! <laughs> I texted a friend of mine who's a pastor. His, yeah. his, faith, his faith is as strong as anybody I've ever met. Right, right. And, uh, and this is what he does for a living. And I, I just go, listen, dude. <laughs> What do you think of this guy? What's his take? Yeah. You know, and uh, he 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 can't stand that there are people like this. Now, right. I, I asked him the fundamental question of, because I just see the guy as a scam artist taking yeah. advantage of people. Yeah. Well, when you have a personal wealth, what would you say, $700 million? $700 million. And he got back to me, and he seemed to indicate that he may very well believe what he's saying. Right. He just has this warped perception of what... Uh, Jesus's message means, and and he, he he gave me a list of examples. The thing that angers my friend, and I would imagine other legitimate faith based people, right, is he told me he's like he puts 
words in God's mouth. Now, I'm not really a faith-based per- person, but I'm very interested in this. Right. And he, he puts words in God's mouth saying, he will do this, he will do that. I am going to command that he does this and so on and so forth. He's like, and that pisses him off more than anything. So that's one of the ultimate sins when, yeah. when they say, when you speak for God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God! <laughs> that is a sin. Yeah. But when you go... That's just funny. That's funny. <laughs> it sounds like a big mess at fart. And that, so God. when you, people say you see you, they're like, God damn. It, the, the, my understanding is it, that in itself is not the sin. Presuming to damn assume someone. what God would damn right, is right. the sin. Yeah, I follow you. Uh, so anyway, it's just, but like you said, Steve, this reprehensible human being, uh, it's great content. <laughs> it is. Now, again, Preston, so to stop and think about this, uh, again, and I say this, $700 million personal wealth. That's obscene. Yeah. Obscene. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So that continues. That's going on. Oh, uh, there'll be more. Yeah. But but at least now, while this guy is <laughs> is stealing all the money in the world from you know grandma and grandpa and other other people who believe him. By the way, I'll be opening up for Bad Company in September. <laughs> uh, at least they're not having people gather on mass to uh, to go to these events. Except there are, some, a- there are some people like in Louisiana that are still doing it and and, and risking the health, and uh, they just don't get it. But if you look at his henchmen in the behind him, they they are socially spaced properly. They're distanced yep. properly. So yeah. But I mean, uh, even they're not buying his bull crap. <laughs> exactly. There's one last bit. Let's see what. That right. Thank you, Harkar. Thank you, Harkar. Thank you, Hot Let it. Happen. Thank you, Harkar. Oh my God. Dizzy, you over there, Gillespie? Oh my God. You are a god. Let it happen. Let it happen. Cause it to happen. Cause it to happen. There you go. All right. Kenneth Copeland, at it again. That's right. This is my fight song. He's fleeting. This is my fight song. Uh, yeah, his uh, his jets and all that stuff. We've we've definitely talked about him on many occasions. All right. What else do I have? Let's go with something completely unrelated to COVID-19. I'm blowing that story away. Yep. It's funny. Sounds like Mrs. Fart. (laughs) Sounds like a fart. This is pretty cool, and it's today. I hope, man, we're calling, it's calling for cloudy skies all day today. It's called the Super Pink Moon, Kathy, right? It's a shine! Yeah. But Uh, they're saying that we're likely not going to see it tonight, but that we may be able to still see some of it tomorrow night. Super Pink Moon? Yeah. Kathy, you were interested on the inside? Kathy's interested in a celestial event? I know. You can see it with your eyes. If you can see it with, if I could see it. It's real. Yeah, it's real. Do you know what? If you were to look through a telescope, you could see things too. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. If I if I could look through a telescope and actually see something, that would be great. We'll okay. get into that whole black hole. I'm out. <laughs> uh, the April full moon is the closest supermoon of the year. Means it is the largest. The website Earth Sky explains oh. that that's because this full moon closely coincides with lunar uh, perigee. I I love when these supermoons pop up. They're amazing. Uh, the moon's closest point to Earth in its uh, monthly orbit, and then <clears throat> any other full moon in 2020. So this will be the biggest and best one of the year. Now, it's also known as the Pink Moon on account of the herb moss pink, also known as wild ground phlox, which is what? one of the earliest widespread flowers of spring in the eastern U.S. So They're all pink on the inside. I don't think it has to do with the color of the moon, 
Kathy. I'm not 100% sure. No, it's it's like a blue moon is not actually blue. Oh. Okay. Yeah, so it, 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 does, just, it does give off like a, a pinkish hue, <clears throat> no? Well, kind of like a sunrise or a sunset would. I, I, I took okay. a, a walk last night, and uh, there was a beautiful moonrise, um, and it was it was clear last night, too, so it wasn't quite the full moon. It wasn't quite the super moon, but it was gorgeous last night as well. Did you have your earbuds in, and were you listening to Bob Seger? No, man. I, I tell you what, though. I was walking around Villanova, and um, it was eerie being yeah. out at 7 o'clock and no traffic on Route 30. Like, mm-hmm. it just, it, you know, it's, there's part of it that's actually kind of calming, and, and I'm okay with it, but it's also just, it's just weird. It's a little creepy. Uh, by the way, people are asking if uh, <clears throat> if uh, Mr. Copeland could blow the clouds away, and that way we can do that. We'd be able to see because right? the clouds are an aberration; they're an affront to all of us here down on Earth looking to check out that pink moon. I'll get away, blow it away right now. You ready? Yeah. <laughs> All right, so that is tonight, by the way. And you said, Kathy, tomorrow we should be able to see at least, you know, it's not going to be at its at its peak. But... Yeah, but they said you'll still be able to see it, it, enough of it that tonight's going to be overcast, so we'll probably I'm sorry, i got to sit down. <laughs> He's a little. Put your head between your legs, sir. Put my head between your legs. Uh, between your I mean, uh, I'm sorry. Your own it's like legs. that Christmas party. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me see. So that's tonight. Let's see what else we got. Uh, turns out that being left-handed might not be as rare as once thought. What percentage-wise? What what is the breakdown? I, it's I've always heard it's about one third. That's what I've always heard. Yeah. So researchers from several universities analyzed data on more than two million people from five different studies, right? And found that between nine point three four percent and eighteen point one percent of all people could be left-handed. It depends on which criteria you use. One researcher says, while we intuitively classify handedness as a left-right category, these data show the proportion of people using different hands for different tasks is almost as big as the proportion of the left-hander. So one need not be left-handed, but one may, uh, who is right-handed, use the left hand for specific things. I guess Thus so. making them by handial. Yeah, something <laughs> like that. All right, my, so- dad, my dad is right-handed, but he always would putt left-handed playing golf. Now, he would swing right-handed, okay. all right. uh, but he would putt left-handed. Legit so, question. Yeah, and what some, you, Which hand do you use to spank? And some, I'm going to assume he used his right, but that's just a guess. I don't try to think about my dad spanking it. Uh, um, Jack, can I ask you a question? But sure. a, lot, a lot of hockey players <clears throat> will be right-handed, but play left-handed. That's true. That's well, true, yeah. Because it's, a, it's a considered more valuable... Uh, Way to uh, to be a forward, I, from what I understand. My son is he's a lefty, but uh, he, all he does left handed is he is he throws left handed, yeah, and he bats left handed. Everything else he does right handed. Like he's a right footed soccer player. He's a right handed uh, writer, drawer, whatever. Yeah. Everything else is right handed. Uh, but I, he, he likes to bat lefty and and throws lefty and throws lefty. No kidding. Yeah, I bat lefty. How yeah. about how about uh, shooting basketball? Uh, he's uh, yes, he's a he's a lefty basketball shooter okay. as All right. well. And so. you sh- you uh, bat left-handed, Nick? Yeah, my dad taught me to bat left-handed because for the same reasons, Preston, you were just talking about um, for hockey players is that there are not a lot of left-handed bats in the lineup. Turns out it really didn't help my little league career that much because you also have to make contact. Son, with the you're, ball. you're going to the top. Uh, but yeah, I, I still bat left-handed to this day. I just got a uh, a text from Chuck that says he wipes left-handed. What really? Is that legitimate or is it? Because I'd be curious about that. That's Canadian. Yeah, that's the Canadian, the Canadian wife. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I could. I don't think I could do that. You know what? What? No, Every- I, I wouldn't like it. It'd feel weird. Well, uh, I, I think I'd make a mess. 
if yeah. I did that. I, I'm not, you know, skilled with the left in that. I department. am so right hand dominant. Uh, I am. What? Are you uh, Marissa's making a face <laughs> thing about me wiping my ass with my left hand. But so I, I make do, a mess. I do the, everything with my phone in my left hand. Like wipe oh. your ass? Like wh- I, I wipe my ass with my phone with my left hand, which is really, really weird. You know what? I li- my dominant, disgusting. My dominant hand while driving is my left hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. So, yes. I will rest my arm on the on the window yeah. and, and drive with my left hand. So, but, when I'm looking cool, when I want to have my hand up with my, my like that, it's yeah. my left hand. Okay. Yeah. When I'm in my submissive state, I'm, yeah. r- I'm right hand low part so, of the wheel with my arm up on the window. Your arm's straight out yeah. and, and uh, your wrist lying on, the, uh, on, on, <laughs> on yeah. the steering wheel. Hmm. Interesting. Chuck, do you actually wipe left-handed? No kidding. Wow, he's, he just gave a thumbs up on well, that. Well, that's, that's also, he's from New Jersey. Uh, oh, that's yeah, true. Yeah. Jersey grip, that's that. right. Jersey grip, yeah. yeah. Can you guys throw a punch with your left? They call that the jug handle. What's that, Nick? <laughs> can you throw a punch with your left? Yeah. Yes. Yes. I don't think I can. I'm I, Like, I'm, I I can punch with my right. I'm just, I, for whatever reason, like, if you ever do boxing or whatever, I, yeah. I can't throw Try it right up. now. We're looking at Jen FaceTime. Well, which, uh, which foot is forward if you're in a <laughs> boxing stance? Uh, my left. Okay, so yeah, your left would be your jab. Whatever, right. whatever your front foot is, that's that's your jab. Uh, so, but that's it's not going to be as strong as your, as your cross, which is the other, uh, the other arm. So. so, my fighting technique is to put my right foot in, put my left foot out. Okay, right. Then I do the hokey pokey. Well, mm-hmm. you got to shake it all about before yeah, you yeah. do that. That's that right. throws off your enemy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the experts say that understanding handedness contributes to. The, huh. Our understanding of human evolution. So that okay, that, huh. I think that would stand to reason that yeah. you, you don't rigidly do. Um, yeah, I, I, I think yes. Yeah, so you you use your hands. We're not just but okay because I'm right-handed. That's I do everything absolutely everything with my right hand. Nick, did your uh, dad teach your brothers to bat left-handed too, or just you? That's a good question. I don't remember, Case. I, I think both of my brothers. My brother Josh gave up on baseball early. He played. He was a hockey player, but he was a right-handed hockey player. Who, who did he? Who did he first teach to steal Christmas trees from State oh, Park? Geez. Well, that was me, because <laughs> uh, we were down the shore. <laughs> so son, that was a valuable lesson. It was a. Uh... <laughs> that was valuable. Use your right hand, son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to figure. I mean, it, it's sort of in line teaching your son to bat left-handed when he's a righty. Because you're one step closer to first base, it's it's, yeah. it's all in that same line. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I can see a dad trying to divide. But know, and it's sort cut, of salient <laughs> advice. You cut the tree down with the right because you got a power saw that. Thing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which one of you are most like your dad, Nick? Uh, my brother Josh, my youngest brother, yeah. the one, in the, and it's funny because they'll they'll butt heads, and it's they're being themselves like they're josh is being my dad yeah. yeah josh is being my dad my dad is being josh but yeah it's funny to watch uh question casey do i have time for one more i know we have to get to the oh <clears throat> we got to get to the oh you know what fun. um preston let me just uh do a little back timing here all right we just gotta check yep. we're gonna make sure that the um uh uh mmr rock refund is on the you're up? good oh, good all right, all right. one <laughs> last thing all right me... time's up okay uh let me go in here and uh find oh, yeah, it yeah thank you Creating theater of the mind here. He doesn't really have a drawer in front of him. Uh, forest fires broke out close to the Chernobyl nuclear power station. Yay! Uh, reported, <laughs> reports quoted Ukraine's firefighters as saying that there were two separate instances of forest fires in the area close to Chernobyl. First, a smaller fire that spread in a patch of 12 acres, which was localized and contained. Then the other covered an area of 50 acres, which Ukraine's emergency services struggled to contain Late on Saturday night, the Ukraine's uh, State Ecological Inspection Service uh, head, uh, Igor Fierzov, uh, was quoted as saying that the radiation was above normal in the center of the fire. 
In a Facebook post, he said, there's bad news. And went on to reveal in a video Geiger counter readings from the spot which showed radiation levels that were 16 times above normal. Fortunately, no, it's not leaking anymore. <laughs> oh, my God. I want to put everyone's mind at ease. This is not a health crisis. Oh, my God. Uh, did you, honestly, if you get a chance, Chernobyl on yeah. HBO will blow your mind because in any documentary, the, the, the area around is irradiated for miles and miles and miles. And uh, so, you know, they, they they spent years just, re, like, removing the topsoil and, 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 and digging it down lower. And, and just, it's, it's an incredible area that was covered by the Radiation League. They need to get Kenneth Colton, come, Copeland to come in there. I'll blow it away. Blow it away. Yep. You must be out of your freaking mind. <laughs> oh, it worked. <laughs> <laughs> To battle the Listen, fires. it's my Geiger counter. It's nothing. Uh, to battle the fires, Ukrainian authorities had to mobilize 100 firefighters, two planes, and a helicopter. That can take care of it. Uh, the emergency services, well, that, yeah, they had to, to try to put the fire out. We will um, need 100 firefighters and a pickup truck. Uh, the emergency services later revealed that the high levels of radiation had led to difficulties in controlling the raging inferno in some areas. So I, I have the Oculus Go, Preston, and on it, they, uh, you can get the, it's this program that you can get. If anyway, any VR goggles uh, will work with this, but it's a tour of Chernobyl, and they take you down into the sarcophagus and that whole thing, and they're showing you, you know, and you're standing in, 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 360 representations of these rooms that were pivotal, and you see them in the Chernobyl series, and it's incredibly eerie. Actual photos? Actual or, photos. Or they've uh, they've recreated it? In one or two, they've recreated, okay. but actual photos of the area. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. Uh, an explosion in the fourth reactor of the Chernobyl nuclear power station April 1986 had led to high levels of radiation in the area surrounding the nuclear power plant. But, uh, yeah, so it's spiking and, uh, you know, Yay. they got it contained, but I don't know what that's well, going to mean environmentally. It's taking their mind off the pandemic. Yeah, maybe. Hey, look over here. Um, all right. And with that, that's all that I had. Uh, I mean, I do add more. It's good stuff. Eventually we'll, we'll get to it all. So any, any time for the, for the preacher is always a good time. Oh God. Yeah. All right. So we are going to take a break. We'll come back in a moment. I got some bizarre file stories. We've got more of the daily rush madness matchups coming up in a little while. Riding McLeod, Brandon Boyd from uh, Incubus, and a gentleman named Robert Moore who actually stayed at Joe Exotic Zoo for yeah. a week and has stories to tell will be joining us as well. We'll be back in a moment. Stay with us. The President's Steve Show Podcast. Wait, turn up the sound. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. 93.3 WMMR. Now, your rock refund keyword. The word that you want to uh, pay attention to and to enter, and I'll tell you how to do that, is shock. S-H-O-C-K. And you have until 15 minutes after the hour to enter it. And there are three ways to do that. You can text it to us. The special contest short code number is 45911. So that's where you want to send it. 45911. Or if you want to automatically be entered for the $10,000 grand prize, enter on WMMR's mobile app or at WMMR.com. One random entry wins $500 in our company-wide contest. That person will get a call from Beasley, so be sure to answer your phone. Contest rules are at WMMR.com. It's sponsored by A&T, Subaru, and Chevy in Sellersville. And the word again is shock, S-H-O-C-K. Good luck to you. No. 
bizarre. WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre Final. All right, let's uh, let's begin with a conspiracy theory. All right, bizarre conspiracy linking 5G yes and coronavirus has been taking hold in the UK and being peddled by conspiracy theorists and celebrities on social media aggressively. The theory runs roughly like this: the rollout of faster 5G internet is either causing or accelerating the spread of the coronavirus. It's hard to pinpoint the source of the theory. And it was first heard of at a variant of the rumor in March, but it appears to have picked up steam during the first week of April. The conspiracy theory and its various offshoots are baseless, but have led to real-world harm with several arson attacks uh, thought to have been perpetrated on 5G masts around the U.K. Full Facts' uh, first debunking of the theory hinged on a Facebook post which claimed in Wuhan, China, uh, also is where 5G began to roll out, they said. Uh, the post resisted on the pre-existing conspiracy theory that 5G suppresses people's immune systems. It was posted to an anti-5G Facebook group and was subsequently marked by Facebook as misinformation. According to Facebook, the post has over 300 shares. Uh, there's no evidence to suggest that Wuhan was the first Chinese city to start building out five. Uh, yeah, building out 5G, but rather multiple reports found uh, by full facts said that it was among multiple cities selected to pilot the technology radio waves. Uh, by the way, are found at the low end of the electromagnetic spectrum and as such produce non-ionizing radiation, meaning they do not damage the DNA and cell tissue. But they're se- they're setting these towers on fire. And they, yeah. they, there's been a couple pictures of them just engulfed in flames. Mm-hmm. By nutty people. A randy couple were caught on camera having sex in a London park by a passing jogger during the coronavirus lockdown. Now, the female runner was out jogging as temperatures soared on Saturday when she Let's spotted... Let's go to the park and hump. Yeah, when she spotted two people lying on the long grass in South Norwood County Park. Uh, she stopped and filmed 13 seconds of the encounter and said she was furious with the disgusting couple. I'm so furious I'm going to film this for 30 seconds. She said, <laughs> at uh, 2 p.m. during my afternoon jog, I spotted two morons having sex in the woodlands in South Norwood. Aren't you going to finish? Uh, it was in plain sight and children were around. So much for staying home and saving lives, she said. Were they social distancing? No, they were having sex. Well, I don't know. Uh, the footage was recorded just days after another couple were caught performing a sex act in broad daylight. Near I'm going to go film that one, too. A block of apartments in Derby, or Derby. The brazen pair were spotted by a surprised businessman who stopped before shouting, That's not two meters. Ahmed Zayden <laughs> said he quickly noticed that the couple were doing more than the government's recommended daily brisk walk. I say that hum job is not observing the two-meter rule. So uh, apparently they caught a couple of people. I'm aghast. Uh, let's see here. A raging fire broke out late last night at a U-Haul location, but police say the story behind how the fire got started is even flashier than the flames themselves. Sergeant Stotts with the Eugene Police Department. Eugene! Uh, said this all started with a dispute between... That's their sirens. Eugene! Eugene! It all started with a uh, dispute between a man and a woman in the U-Haul parking lot. Now, uh, the officer, Stotts, said that the man was in a vehicle and threw a lit firework at the woman standing outside the vehicle... While she ducked for cover, the firework burst into sparks and the man drove away. Now, unbeknownst to the man and woman, 
A thief was underneath one of the U-Hauls stealing gasoline. Sparks from the fireworks flew near the gasoline, and four of the U-Hauls burst into flames. Wow. With the thief catching on fire as well. Talk about bad timing. Yeah, the gasoline thief and the woman both ran from the scene with their with the thief running away with his pants and sleeve on fire. <laughs> Police said once they arrived, the owner of the U-Haul showed up and was able to pull the security footage which depicted the scene described. So they get into a fireworks fight, mm-hmm. uh, and they set on fire this yeah. thief who's under the car under the one of the vehicles stealing gas. That they had no idea yeah. was there. Uh, the footage was clear enough for them to see the license plate of the man who threw the firework, and they were able to arrest the man at his home nearby before the fire was completely cleared. He's being charged with reckless endangering criminal mischief. As for the gasoline thief, the police were not able to locate him. They did speak to the woman who the man threw the firework at, but police said she did not want to be involved further in the investigation. Do you keep fireworks in your car just in case you need to fight someone? You never know. <laughs> A group of Massachusetts shoppers tackled a man and pinned him to the ground until police arrived after catching him allegedly coughing and spitting on produce, fanning coronavirus fears. But they weren't having it, man. A cell phone video shot from inside a stop and shop in Kingston on Saturday showed at least three men on top of the man Wow! as as he was in the produce aisle. Uh, One of the shoppers tells the man pinned to the floor, don't try to get up. Witnesses told police they spotted the 65-year-old man, whose name was not released by authorities, coughing and spitting on produce. It's disgusting. Kyle Mann, an 18-year-old shopper who recorded the video and posted it on Facebook, says punches were also exchanged between the man and store employee. Wait until after the pandemic scare, and then you can go back to sneezing and coughing on the produce. Mann said, I had a mask on, I had gloves on, and I was pretty good distance away, so I was not really concerned about my health. I would freak the F out. But I was concerned about the employees and the customers that were near him. Uh, Once police arrived, the man was told not to return to the store or face trespassing charges. He was then... Uh, transported to the hospital for evaluation. They don't believe that he has uh, COVID-19 or anything. You're seeing this, these kind of stories pop up, yeah. you know, yeah. being pulled over by police, and then the guy who's been pulled over threatens to sneeze or cough on the police and says he has uh, COVID-19. Yeah, it's happening left and right. So, And there you go. That's what I have in the bizarre file for you. All right. So I'm going to remind you this, okay, because uh, every time I don't, I get texts. But you do know that at 8 o'clock is when we reveal the word for you to enter. Yes. People are like, what's the word? I'm like, I said it already. Yeah. I'll say it again. It's shock. S-H-O-C-K. All right? So get on it. Enter it. Win. Love for that to happen. Shock. S-H-O-C-K. Um, am I giving one of these ways? Yeah, man. Are you? Right. Yeah. Uh, I have a digital download of Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, the final film in the conclusion, uh, in the conclusion of the Skywalker saga. We'll take caller 18, and we will give that to you. Uh, 215-263-WMMR. It is now available digitally in HD and 4K Ultra HD and via Movies Anywhere. Available physically in the 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray and DVD as we speak. So, caller 18, going to set you up. We're going to take a break. Come back in a moment and more matchups for the Daily Rush Madness. We've got lots of guests on the program. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Preston and Steve Show podcast? Check out MMR's other audio on demand at WMMR.com or on the MMR mobile app. When a reporter finishes a story, what questions did you wish they'd asked? What's one unexpected detail they didn't have time to explore? Why is it even happening? Get to the why behind issues that matter in your community. The why from WHYY uncovers interesting parts of the story you haven't heard about yet. The impact of those stories on your life and your neighborhood. There's more to every story, if you take the time to tell it. 
Subscribe to The Why wherever you get your podcasts. Don't settle for part of the story. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. of Leone on 93.3 WNMR, Everything That Rocks. Jared Falwell was, uh, well, they've, they've got some new music out. There's a video. How about that? Uh, yeah, so that's cool. I'd like to see that band uh, come back around. About 19 minutes after 8 o'clock. Speaking of bands, we're going to have Brandon Boyd, lead singer of Incubus. Very talented musician. Will be joining us around 9.30 this morning, so we'll catch up on the latest with them. They are supposed to be here in August. Uh, of course, everything is kind of up in the air, and we'll get his thoughts on that and uh, find out where his head is. 20 minutes after 8, let's take a look at NJM Insurance Group traffic. Kathy, what do you have for us? New Jersey Turnpike truck lanes, the outer roadway northbound between exit 6 and exit 8 closed. Uh, and that is for construction until 1 o'clock. So it's just the outer roadway. If you stay in the inner lanes, you're fine. Everything moving along nicely there. 42, 55, all clear. Same for 73. Uh, Martin Luther King Drive closed in both directions for recreational activity until further notice. Schuylkill Expressway, 95, the Blue Route, no problems to report there. Uh, bridges all looking good. They are easy pass only. Same for all of the toll roads. This traffic report brought to you by LIHEAP. There's money available to help cover your PGW gas bill, but you have to apply to get it. Text the word WARM to 75308. PGW Energy for all of us. And that's your traffic on 93.3 WMMR. Thanks, Kevin. I, this is cute. I got a, a text that says, hey, guys, a random lady stopped next to me at a red light, had me roll down my window, and said she just wanted to say hello since not many people are talking to one another. Oh, right that's now. nice. In public. And Stick them up. Said, <laughs> thought, thought it was a nice gesture, and then... I grabbed my sanitizer and jokingly pretended to spray her with it, <laughs> and she laughed and said, have a safe and happy day, and Aww. I needed that this morning. So that was really cool. I like that little gesture. That bit of interaction, like for tomorrow, the weather's supposed to be a little bit nicer. If you get out and walking, so someone's on the other side of the street, and you can say, hey, how are you? Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it makes her feel better. We need more of that. I'm then, definitely seeing... And I'm sorry, and then I got this text that says, oh, F off with the Kings of Leon songs, will ya? <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> I'm definitely seeing more neighbors than I've ever seen, yeah, oh, yeah. Seen, uh, seen before. You know, yeah. everybody's kind of like getting out and walking around and stuff oh, like that. Oh, it's you. Yeah. <laughs> um, God. Did you guys see the signs on the uh, elevators, by the way? I just read the signs for the first time today suggesting that uh, you only ride like one person on They on just came. They, they, oh, no. they, they were just d- displayed to last yesterday because I didn't see them yesterday. Oh, so I came okay. this morning and they're, they're suggesting one person. Uh, right up in the elevator or down or down. Yeah, yeah because that I- was like in New York. I saw I read an article that said that um, I mean, that was one of the reasons why it's spreading so rapidly is because everything is just tall buildings. So it's people just going mm. into buildings, into elevators and, you know, all together at the same time. So that would make sense. I just always when I come in, I, I come up the side of the building. I have my my uh, grappling rig and I come oh, right up. I figure that's, that's the safest cool. way to do it because really? there's still some windows out in the construction. Yep. You can get so, yeah, I'll come up to the fifth floor and then I come down. Thank you- God you're a Batman fan. You're thinking yeah. ahead, man. Yeah. All right. Um, listen, I, what? Do we do the Oh my God, I forgot. Yes, thank you, Casey. It's time for Preston and Steve's Daily Rush Thank God for Casey. I would have forgotten about this. Another one of the matchups we want to highlight today. By the way, there's four of them, so this is the second one we're highlighting. 
Uh, it will be E.T., the entertainment reporter, versus Preston's birthday mystery guest. You're going to have to make a decision. Here's a clip from each. This is E.T. You're not just writing checks. <laughs> Your body can't talk. Who's that? You're Ice dangerous. Man, I can't understand your words. Man. Okay. You can't put your lips together. <laughs> I can't, I can't, That's... I had surgery. No, oh, man. I had a little surgery. Yeah. You had a little surgery? You look weird. <laughs> Tonight, E.T. gets the exclusive with Val Kilmer. I'm going to rip the Band-Aid off. It's going to go hard on you now. You look weird. Bring it, you little bitch. All right. That goes up against Preston's birthday mystery guess. Is it not up there? Uh, it is on its way, Preston. Okay. Well, if by the way, just give... to re- I'll, I'll kill some time. Uh, just to remind some people, it was my birthday, and we did this game called Mystery Guess where I was blindfolded. They brought somebody in, and by a series of yes or no questions, I was supposed to figure out who this person was. Right. You were very excited that we had a mystery guest. Yeah, me. because yeah. it usually it would be someone you know yeah. or yeah. know of or something along those lines. Well, it turned out wasn't anybody famous. <laughs> wasn't anybody I knew. It was this guy that was, you know, they were doing construction in our building. So they just grabbed one of the guys down the hall and had him answer yes to every single question that I asked. So he became oh. the most talented, versatile person in history. Yes. And you somehow didn't know who it was. And Hang I, on. I was being led on to believe that I it was obvious who this person was. Yeah, yeah. So I had a blindfold on the whole time. And this is how that went. Three a guests. mystery guest. Okay. I love mystery guests. Is your profession in journalism? Yes. Ah, okay. Uh, do you appear regularly on television? Yes. Matt O'Donnell? No. no. <laughs> wow, okay. Are you from an island nation? Yes. <laughs> it's Vi. It's okay, have I, right? No. no! And have you been in our studio before? Yes. You have. That's your last question. You should know. I know. I don't know. I don't know. You don't know? Wait till you see him. I I have no idea. All right, Preston. Damn it. Take off your blindfold. (laughs) Wait a minute. Preston, this is one of the construction workers in our building currently. (laughs) (laughs) He said yes to every question on purpose. (laughs) You suck. I was only allowed 10 questions. I love that you were so confident about Vi. Oh, it's Vi. Oh, yeah. Of course, yeah. Island Nation, journalism, television. That's it. What the hell else would it have been? And then when it turned out he was a director and a writer and had been in movies. A drummer. A drummer. Mm-hmm. And, and known a as chef. For a chef. Yeah. yeah. Known for his culinary. All right. So that's in the Gadzooks region of our bracket. So uh, go take a look, if you will. Speaking of chefs. Are you uh, kidding? I got some food stories for you. Yeah, we are. It's time for the goddess story, <laughs> the Corona Condition. Condition of the, you know. Yeah, the Corona Edition, yes. The Corona Edition of the goddess story. So, and, and we'll, we'll tie it in with uh, the coronavirus but, a little bit, yes? This has never been a more important time for the connoisseur because I think, uh, you know, we have never relied on food and comfort food more than we are now. Oh, yeah, most uh, definitely. And, and you're, you're more prone to discover things that you, uh, that you, uh, that you just come to love. For example... Dark chocolate uh, bars, M&M bars, have you seen these? Uh, I've heard of them. They're dark chocolate bars with little M&Ms in them. Yes. I've not had them. Oh, my God. Loving them? Oh, my God. Well, one of the things you might also discover is you might be trying out some uh, items in your pantry that you've not used in a long time or have never used. I know Casey not that long ago. 
uh, wanted it to try his hand at baking, made a carrot cake from scratch. How did that turn out? Oh, I know visually it wasn't impressive. But <laughs> oh, visually it, it looked terrible. How did it taste? It tasted great. You know what I love just eating now? Just flour. Well, yeah. I'm yeah. glad you brought that up because if you're pulling flour out from the back of your pantry, you got to make sure your flour hasn't gone bad. Oh, how, really? How yes. can you tell? Nutritionist Molly Knauer says that your flour has a shorter shelf life than you think. Oh. Regular oh. all-purpose flour lasts for one year if it's stored at room temperature, two years if it's stored in the fridge or freezer, and the same goes for other white flours. Whole wheat flour... Only keeps for about three months at room temperature. Well, that sucks. And up what? to a year in the fridge or freezer. Now here's F-U how you whole wheat flour. Here's how you can tell, Kathy, if it's bad or not. the uh, The flour's gone bad. Uh, um, you can tell, but if it smells sour or like play doh, oh. so you got to smell it. I think I I think I just realized. Remember, I did that cookie exchange party. Yeah. I wonder if my flour was bad. It might have been bad, Kathy. Now here's the deal with that. The good news is expired flour. It doesn't really have any consequences other than it just doesn't taste good. And I, raging diarrhea. I bet you that was it. My cookies, like, completely flattened out. It was, like, just a tiny, thin sheet of cookie. Like it, it Did was, you take pictures of those? I would love to see because Kathy You know what was... I did? I, I took pictures of them in the trash. I might still have it. All right. Uh, but it wasn't, like, anything complicated. I've, I actually am... For not being a great cook, I can bake. I do yeah. pretty good with it, and I could not figure out why these damn cookies would not work. <laughs> but I wonder because I keep flour in there because I don't. I also don't bake all that often. It's usually right. just around the holidays. Yeah. But I wonder if that's what it was. I think people are under the false uh, concept. I that thought it lasts forever. That lasts forever yeah. because it's, it's just dry powder. I thought, yeah. how's it going to go bad? The flour, sugar. I, I have no idea if sugar has a shelf life or not. I just thought that stuff just—it's a dry ingredient. And it'll be fine, you know. I feel like uh, like brown sugar definitely because it kind of like hardens yeah, up. It, yeah, it, yeah. You, yeah you I gotta, throw that out. You got to take all the air out of that. Hey, yeah. you know what I did discover though is um, if you ever are um, called to use like uh, powdered sugar in a mm-hmm. recipe and you don't have powdered sugar, you can make it. With regular sugar and cornstarch. That's what powdered sugar is. Get out of here. I, I swear never to goodness. Knew that. Yeah. All right. Oh, run this yeah. by me again. Did you just right. say I swear to goodness? I did. Okay. Because I don't want to take the Lord's. Swear to God. Thank Apparently you, Kathy. Not. Yeah. Not- yeah. Thank you for being a servant of the Lord God Almighty. <laughs> oh, he's back. Your activities inside the kitchen. Because everything you do in every facet of your life affects the coronavirus. Let me get rid of it for you right now. <laughs> Today! Oh, my God. I can barely even hear that. Today! That's is the greatest day. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we, when I was making the carrot cake, Steve, I realized uh, at the very last minute that uh, the icing yes. that we were making called for uh, powdered sugar, and we didn't have it. And I was like, I wonder if we can make it. And I looked it up. I Googled it. And sure enough, uh, I mean, you have to, you really, so I have a food processor. Uh, you I have bu- to blend it, right? And you have to blend it for actually a long time. and we Because we you're pro- pulverizing regular sugar down to a fine powder. Yeah, pretty much. And you're, and you're combining it with, with the cornstarch as well. And um, so... Is it uh, worth it, Case? I mean, would you would you rather just go to the store to buy it? Or do you think it's actually worth the time? Uh, well, I mean, right now, I didn't have the time. You know what I mean? So when He's I was a making, man on a mission. He's making a carrot cake. Well, I didn't want to... I, you know, I, I had already been to the store. I didn't want to go back to the store right. just for powdered sugar. So to answer your question, uh, Nick, I, I, I don't know. I'm probably not. I mean, I'm always looking for you know the the simplest answer. 
Uh, and the simplest answer is just to go get powdered sugar. But if you're ever in a pinch and uh, you can't get powdered sugar and you have these two ingredients, then yeah. I say go for it. All right, nice. Yeah. So it says here granul- granulated sugar can last up to two years. Yeah. Uh, no, longer than that. No, well, <laughs> yeah, come right. on. I agree. <laughs> no, it's, you, it, uh, chances are it'll still serve as a ba- its baking purpose beyond that, though, it says. But uh, I guess for its optimum taste. What if you're using it to flavor, attract ants? Uh, then it's yeah, probably yeah. good for a while. <laughs> Uh, Marissa brought up a, a really long list of, of shelf life zones, so I'm not going to go through all this, but uh, uh, there are things like, uh, you know, baking chocolate can last 6 to 12 months. Chocolate chips uh, can last for two years. Uh, that's that's semi-sweet, though, but milk chocolate, 16 months. Cocoa also, they make a good year. dessert on their own. Just oh, if you, in, in oh, a pinch. Yeah. Regular yeah. chocolate chips are... <laughs> I, I'd like... Claire will bring them into the house, and, and I'll say, you know, you better make cookies with those fast. Although this is brown sugar, granulated sugar, powdered sugar, all indefinitely. And salt, huh? too. For eternally? In, indefinitely. So, yeah, I guess so. Hey, Kath, with... Uh, Same with, thing with honey. With milk. Uh, oh, you don't... Do you have milk in your house? I do have milk in my house. I, I don't drink... Uh, nobody drinks, like, a glass of it, but we do have milk, Jace, like cereal. All right, so if it... All right, so today's April 7th. If your milk... Milk day! If your milk uh, said uh, on, on his jug April 6th, would you even give it a smell test? Oh, yeah, I would... I'd give okay. it a smell test, but I'd have a hard time using it if it was past the date however it's these i've brought this up before but these organic products like the organic milk the organic cheese the organic eggs why is the expiration date nine months from now it's yeah so, they, huh. they, they last so much longer i Kathy. don't know I, why i brought it up last week the uh, the lactate free milk which i've been drinking lately uh seems to last a lot longer in the fridge and i don't know why either Mm. Uh, which, by the way, yeah, milk, the smell test, that's it. Yeah. I mean, that's, that, that'll tell you whether it's good or not. But, but you know, my head, it, it tricks me. So I smell right. and I'm like, I think this smells bad. Does this smell this? Does yeah. this smell right. bad? I think you're, I, I would bet you throw out so much actually good stuff because <laughs> yeah. you're so hypersensitive. <laughs> Kath, I don't know if you have gallons of milk or if you just have like the, you know, the half gallons or the quarts or whatever, but on like a gallon jug, there's a. How big are your jugs? <laughs> How big are your jugs, Kat? Oh, uh, you know the answer. There's the... a picture that Marissa has. <laughs> <laughs> on the beach in Clearwater, yes. where it looks like your your jugs are huge. Um, back the, to the milk. Back to the milk. <laughs> right. I was trying to stay on point. Speaking of On your gallon. But I jingled my keys. <laughs> on your gallon jug of milk, there is a circle. And it's like an indented circle. And apparently, when your milk goes bad, that indented circle uh, goes out. <laughs> oh. Really? Yeah. I, uh, so really? Was the, the gases can build up in there from from the milk, you know, souring of sorts. I guess it puts off a gas, and yeah, we'll expand. <laughs> Nick, you're smiling. Out then is not a word. What would the proper word be? I don't know. I was just thinking of like. <laughs> I was thinking about nipples getting hard. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Dear God. What okay. So so the large indentation, the circular indentation on a milk container, uh, you you say will become distended. If like, uh, a, like a hard nipple, like a hard nipple, like Thank an erect um, member. Yes. yes. Yeah. Right. Like, like an engorged penis. Yes. Okay. Uh, All right. Well, I didn't know that that was the purpose of that. I thought that was for gripping purposes. It, you know what? I could be talking out my ass. Okay. But it was one of those stupid mental floss things. Right. Okay. Clickbait things. And uh, so I don't know if you can trust that or not. All right. Well, anyhow, uh, flour can go bad in a year. <laughs> yeah. Just like you know. <laughs> Moving on. Nipples. All right, so one item that is seeing a real surge in popularity amid the uh, pandemic uh, is banana bread. 
Banana bread yes. is glorious. Yeah. It yes. is great. Yeah, so it, good. It is. It's and you only keep bananas um, around longer. If uh, you can, uh, if you can heat it up a little bit. If it's warm, put a little ooh. bit of butter on it. Even <laughs> yummy. What'd you say, Nick? Now, when you when you keep bananas around longer, they they will go bad, and the the they naturally become bread. <laughs> no, no, no. The, the bananas that are slightly overripe are great for banana bread. Yes. In fact, uh, Mark Summers, remember we had him on. He said that they had done that. They decided to make banana bread, he and his daughter. Michelle from Philadoptables makes a killer banana bread. Uh, the appeal seems to be that making banana bread is simple. And it also might help you avoid wasting the bananas that you picked up. Uh, there you go. And, yep, exactly. Wow. So. Delish suggests there's something very comforting about making something that tastes and smells nice, distracts you for a bit, but also is hard to mess up, even if the end result isn't something in some beautiful pastry for your Instagram feed. So, yeah, I love banana bread. Yeah. It's so yummy. It's high in calories, but let's face it, at this point in time, oh, I don't care. Yeah. Well, you go for it because yeah, calories can it. suck my ass. Yeah. <laughs> Comfort food, right? I don't care. Yeah. I'm um, so over the top right now. I just don't care. We're I'll fighting worry. a disease. Yeah, I'll care later. Dude, I found this ice cream that's going to be the death of me. It's a signature brand. It's a mint cookie crumble, and it's like two for five bucks. You saw what the CDC said about it, right? Uh, no. It cures coronavirus. No, does it? Yeah. Then I'm golden, dude. Yeah. Uh, no, so, uh, but I want to get, get back to uh, banana bread there, Preston. I can only make it in a box. Do you have a recipe for... No, nah, I've okay. never made it from scratch. But, right. uh, oh, really? You well, can I mean, only make I, it in I, a box? I have it. Rochelle has. Rochelle makes it, but... Um... It's pretty simple. It, okay. It's, yeah, it's, I mean, all you have to do is, uh, like, put a whole bunch of stuff in the blender, and, and but the, the number of ingredients that... Even Kathy could do it if her flour hadn't spoiled. Um, it's it's not that hard. It's one of those things that my mom taught me how to make. And um, You just I, crush uh, bananas into bread and bake it, right? That's no. it. Yep. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. There you go, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> Take a piece of bread and banana. (laughs) Put it in the blender. Whip it up. Ball it up. Mm -hmm. You're good. Uh, Why, Case? You want to make some? Make it now. So we we always have bananas in the house, and I don't know if you guys have noticed this lately, but at the supermarket, the bananas are always really green now. Yeah, Um, but it only takes like two days. It really does. Yeah, they they ripen very very quickly. But I think in my house, when the bananas start to turn a little bit brown, then like nobody touches them, Mm -hmm. and so that again, banana bread, baby. Yeah. So. A tip for that, if they start to go bad and you think we're not going to use these, throw them in the freezer, and you can use them in smoothies. You can just drop them right in a smoothie. Yeah, so that's basically why I even have bananas is, okay. is for the smoothies. But try making banana bread. It's easy. You can find I'm, recipes all over the place. Yeah, you like banana it. muffins? Ooh. Yeah, I, banana muffins are great. So yeah. Casey, I mean, yes. do you have uh, Joy of Cooking at home, the book, the no, cookbook? No, but it, I have it, the internet. Yeah. Okay. Well, all right. So there's probably joyofcooking.com. It's a real basic banana bread recipe. So the one my mom taught me. It's really easy, and uh, you could do it today. Wait, got raisins in it? Yeah. Uh, well, sometimes yeah. I prefer mine without raisins, uh, but I will uh, gladly accept chocolate chips. Okay. Oh. Uh, they so, have a they have a recipes on Pornhub too, case. Oh, I've uh, been there every single busted day. Busted bread. <laughs> so it has become very popular during the pandemic. By the way, banana bread. All right, I love else? that. What else? Let's go to more for the connoisseur. Great things to eat while you're locked up in your house going crazy. Let's go to the bar. Um, and, and you probably already saw this, but uh, Grupo Modelo, huh? Which produces uh, exports Corona. Uh, Pacifico and Modelo and other popular beer brands is temporarily suspending production after its breweries were deemed non-essential by the Mexican government. So huh. it, I know initially when people are like, oh, they've stopped making Corona because of the name and people aren't buying Corona. No. That's not it at all. No. In fact, it's actually selling. It was selling pretty well. I've been purchasing uh, Corona. I do like the beer. 
And I didn't know that the Pacifico uh, was from the same group, from uh, Grupo Modelo. Uh, and I really dig Pacifico after they you become a fan. When uh, the cardboard classic yeah. is what did it for me. A lot of people did. A lot of people were commenting on how much they enjoyed it. Yeah. So uh, the group said that, that production would stop this past Sunday. It did in an effort to slow the spread of the virus. Uh, before this, a group said that it was already in the process of slowing production down to a minimum. I assume that they they have a, a, obviously a, a bunch of product out there still available. Oh, you yeah, know, yeah, they, yeah. They, it's not like it's going to disappear from the shelves. No, but you know, a few months from now, yeah, it you, might be less or it might become more expensive. We'll make I banana bread. I so you just make banana bread, and that ought to make you happy. <laughs> uh, so just a heads up on that. All right, something else. Something else in the connoisseur. We keep rolling through all the things you're interested in in the food department. How about this? Uber Eats. You ever use it? Uh, I have not. Um, I'm not sure that they service my area or not, but um, they revealed the most popular takeout dishes ordered in March in 35 states. All right. I'm curious about this. What are people eating during a pandemic palooza? I will tell you the two most popular, and then I'll focus in on our regions. The two most popular items in the 35 states that they got the reports from are... Fries. Fries, just regular fries. Yep. And pad thai. What? What is pad thai? I've never had it. Is it th- it's thai, thai food? Isn't that a lovable yeah, bear a, that can talk? No, that's Paddington. Oh. Uh, Marissa? It's uh, close to like lo mein. Different sauces and all, but it's like a spaghetti. Huh? Like uh, It's like lo mein, she said. Yeah, it's kind of like lo mein. It's spaghetti and, um, or noodles, I should say, and yeah. veggies and okay. such. Pad thai. Yeah, so that that is apparently. Uh, pad talk thai real good. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so in our region, uh, New Jersey's most popular item with Uber Eats is a chicken sandwich. Uh-huh. Pennsylvania is cheesesteak. Cheesesteak. Oh, are you kidding me? Nope. We're so, we're so, uh, we're creatures of habit, aren't we? I guess we, we are. Yeah. Cheesesteak. Uh, and do we now, really run up the, uh, the, the, uh, Rocky Steps all the time? Delaware is not on this list. Uh, New York is jerk chicken. Um, so there Wait, you go. What is jerk chicken? New, New York. York. Yeah. Really? Now, I looked up because of my, you know, I, I, I used to live in Missouri. Uh, the most popular item there is Crab Rangoon. Dude. Which makes total sense. I love Crab. Why? Because it was very popular. I, we, just, <laughs> yeah. we used to eat it all Crab the Rangoon. Time. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. God, yep. these are a little bit more exotic than I would have thought. We, um, we go from just basic fries to Crab Rangoon. California is Chicken Tikka Masala. Uh, Colorado is Carne Asada Fries. Uh, Connecticut, a burrito bowl, fries in Florida. That's pretty. Normal. Georgia is the pad thai. So, so the, I use I use caviar and I will use um, Postmates. Okay. Uh, the, for the uh, for the ordering, and I just go like I, yeah, you know me too. I, I have um it, it's weird because I'm uh, very much a couch potato, but I'm like I would much rather just go get it than you're a man on the go. I am a man. On yeah, the but go. Get, on, get some exercise, <laughs> drive around, drive, drive around, around yeah, yeah. move yeah. my hands. Yeah, you know no. what I mean? Go like, get some ice cream. I want to burn some ke- some. Uh, counts. Want to hey. burn some LBs? Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll say this. Um, you know, uh, I just go my and I end up ordering for my history all the time. It's very yeah. rare that I go outside my usual places. Yeah. Um, you know, but sometimes there are places that uh, like Hip City Veg or whatever that are a little far away, and it really does help. So I had never had that. Uh, you had mentioned uh, chicken tikka masala press, yeah. and I had never. Had that before, and then uh, what a crock sent me a care package and then ah, had that in there. You Dude, like it? It is 
I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Um, it's got like a chickpeas in it and stuff like that. And press, you chickpea? know the difference between a chickpea and a garbanzo bean, right? <laughs> what is it? I forgot. I've never had a garbanzo bean on my chest. Right. <laughs> uh, listen how boring Rhode Island is. Their most ordered item is a hot dog. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yes, I would like to order slices of regular bread. That's, yeah. White bread, please. That's the one thing I probably wouldn't get at a restaurant. A hot dog? dog, Drive a hot dog over to me. Yeah, Yeah. when was the last time you guys had a hot dog? Uh, Well, you can't have a uh, garbanzo bean over. (laughs) Oh, I thought it was a joke. (laughs) I had bratwurst a couple weeks ago. That's not quite a hot dog. It's better than a hot dog, so I can't. Yeah. All right, anyway. Yeah, never heard of uh, carne asada fries. That was the Colorado one, I think, that you yeah, mentioned. Yeah, yeah. That sounded uh, really good. Well, uh, <laughs> Ohio is is something called not so fries. Nazi fries? Not so. Oh, N-O-T-S-O. I hate Illinois Nazis. I hate Ohio Nazi fries. You're eating Nazi fries? Not those Nazi fries? I wonder... Yes, we make the best Nazi <laughs> fries in town. You will like that. <laughs> now show me your papers. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't... I, I'm Adolf Hitler for Nazi fries. They're going to rock your world. <laughs> and then control it. <laughs> Uh, is it? Are these not so fries that we're looking at? I, it looks like it's just covered in cheese and bacon. Oh, it's not Nazi fries. fries. No, sorry. it's not Nazi. Uh, but there are white supremacist fries right next to it. Uh, are see, oh, I didn't see those. I thought it would be more like nacho fries uh, yeah. instead of not. I don't know what the nacho I, comes. I, from. I, we're only looking at pictures, so I, I have no idea what they. they we'd need a description. Is, of what uh, it is, is the poutine thing? Um, Oh, it was so good when I had it. And, um, Poutine's good. Yeah. it's uh, Mine had a... Canada? It had a cheese curds. Yeah. Uh, yep. Is that the standard? Mm-hmm. I think okay. so. Yep. Yeah, I, I went to like some, you know, it was like some uh, Canadian name, Poutinery. <laughs> the <laughs> so, Poutinery? Yeah. So it was like and Tim Horton's Poutinery. Welcome to the Poutinery. Uh, thank you for coming. Uh, we got your curds ready. Yeah. Wayne Gretzky's Poutinery. Oh, man. All right. Believe it or not, I went and got poutine the same day I went to Wayne Gretzky's restaurant. You're blowing my mind. I I didn't mean to do that to you. Not on a Tuesday, bro. And tonight, a story of a local broadcaster who had both poutine and Tim Hortons in one day. Listeners to the WMMR Morning Show President of the Sea probably have no idea that one of their favorite personalities once ate both poutine and donuts in the same day. We go now live to the One Ballot Plaza studios to talk to Casey Boy. Casey, uh, what was the experience like when you began the day, we assume with the donuts, and then wrapped it up with poutine? Well, what's crazy is I started with the donuts, then I went to Wayne Gretzky's restaurant. The poutinery? No, and then I went to the poutinery. So I did it all three in one day, and I saw Niagara Falls. Casey Boy proving he's a triple threat when it comes to eating (laughs) Canadian food. Back to you. No sad, bro. (laughs) It's just poutine. I was like Super Canada that day. I even took a maple leaf. I even I think Trudeau actually yeah. uh, said you were Super Canada that day. I was Super Canada. You took a maple leaf. I uh, yeah, it's, it's on my fridge yeah. right now at home. Really? And you yeah. kissed a beaver. Now, did you did you declare that when you were coming back through the? Uh, was I opposed to? I don't know. You're not supposed to bring any. Get out of the car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Patting you down for poutine. Uh, wow. Okay. Uh, well, anyhow, Uber Eats uh, has listed their uh, most delivered items. 
uh, in uh, 35 states in the country. So uh, New Jersey chicken sandwich, and then Pennsylvania. So I like I like that it's the whole state uh, cheesesteaks. Uh, because did you I, see the because uh, question? I'm sorry to jump in. No. Are cheesesteaks popular in Pittsburgh? I don't think Anybody so. Do have any idea? What is Pittsburgh's uh, meal? There is a specific. We talked about this. Yes, yeah, a that spe- French fry thing, isn't it? Poutine. Nick? Tim Hortons poutine. Well, it's kind of like poutine, but uh, yeah, not. yeah. You're right, Case. It's it's some kind of uh, like um a like fried a, potato food. Yeah. It's what like what is the thing? And I saw it on social media. It is what they call the Philadelphia taco. Oh yeah, you wrap a cheesesteak in a slice. It it should be um, uh, Lorenzo's pizza, right? And that's a Philly taco. Okay. Yep. It's a lot of carbs. That is a that's a lot of food. Period, yeah. man. All right. Uh, anyhow, okay. Should we wrap it up? Uh, or do I have to do, do, no, one do one more? Do one more. Do one more. All right. Uh, let me do one more. Wrapping up the connoisseur with the best story of the lot. Oh, really? Uh, I'm putting pressure on the connoisseur. <laughs> okay, hang on a second here. Um, all right. How about this? Uh, KFC has decided to bring back its extra large serving of popcorn chicken nuggets. Uh, so if you need to kind of, you know, hoard them at home and you want to hang on to them amid the uh, uh, the quarantine, you can get a bin of popcorn chicken nuggets, 70 of them, uh, for $10 where there it is available. What if we were put under poutine instead of quarantine? Ooh. Poutine. That would be way better. <laughs> that would be way better. Yeah. Um, so uh, I am a big fan of the the chicken nugget, the, the, the KFC popcorn, whatever Delicious. the hell you call it. They're popcorn awesome. Chicken, yeah. I, I like the Chick-fil-A's nuggets. They're really good, too. Yeah. Um, Anytime you, you, you can take a genetically altered chicken uh, that is bereft of any skeletal structure and deep fry it. <laughs> when you when you buy those, uh, the, the big platters from yes. uh, Chick-fil-A, those are, uh, they're hard to resist. The only problem I have with KFC popcorn nuggets is um, it kind of leaves like a uh, layer of grease in your mouth, if that makes any sense to you guys. A no. layer of grease. So after you're done, you feel like you have a coating in your mouth. Of grease. Of grease. But yeah. not from other... Uh, no, okay. not, not from Chick-fil-A. And my son, by the way, is obsessed right now. He's got a recipe for uh, essentially um, Chick-fil-A nuggets you, that you can make oh, okay. from home. And it uses... Um, what's it? Like, it's called a wash, right? When you put the you put it in a wash. Yeah, an egg wash. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's an egg wash, but you use what, and because you're a pickler now, uh, you use like dill juice, uh, pickle juice. Oh, yes. Okay, so. I know, so Preston, he's a pickler. <laughs> that is considered a bit of a secret recipe in the fried chicken world. Is wow. it? Is using some uh, some dill pickle juice, some of the brine. Mm-hmm. Really? Uh, and brine the chicken first. Yeah. Um, so you're not, you're not doing it, you're not, it's not in the wash, but you brine the chicken in that first, okay. you let it sit in there for a while, from what I understand. Whatever happened to Del- Delilah's chicken in, uh... Yeah, they went out of business. Where did the hell did they, they go? At Terminal Market, I thought they did. They were did. incredibly good chicken. Oprah named Delilah's macaroni and cheese the best in the country, and their popularity just exploded, but their fried chicken was fan freaking Fantastic. And we talked to Delilah. We, we did. had her in our studio one tried time. To, tried to get the recipe she out She gave of her. me a little bit of a secret. Yeah. It was the fact that she would put hot sauce in the buttermilk that they would soak the chicken in, mm. or the hot sauce would go into the breading or something like that. I tried to make it at home. It didn't work. And but... bad flour. Flour that had and, gone past yes, its prime. Please yeah. do. Uh, but no, that's a, that's a good question. I thought they had closed, but I may be way off base on that. Marissa, can you check and see if they're still, it's closed? Yeah, that's mm-hmm. too bad. It was really that good. That sucks. Um, damn it. There was something else I wanted to mention. 
What were we talking about right before we got to the cheesesteaks? Chick-fil-A. Oh, Chick-fil-A. So I finished our um, gherkins yesterday. <laughs> they look like little wrinkled penises. <laughs> yeah, that's that. Then you did it right. Nah, they're, no, they're, they're they're wrinklier. They are more wrinkly than they're supposed to be. So. Hey, you're making me nostalgic. I'm sorry about that. Oh, but uh, they taste fine. But they don't look good. Did and I'm you, a little embarrassed by them. Did you pu- don't be don't be I did all the puncturing. I think I think the problem is when you when you're boiling the uh, uh, the the vinegar and sugar and the spice bag, which gives it all its flavor, and then you're supposed to pour it. You're supposed to ladle it on top of the the cucumbers. Yeah. I think they left out a step. I think it's not supposed to be while it's hot, and I think that's why they got all shriveled up into a little bitty. <laughs> You put the penis. word bag after anything, it sounds a little bit dirty, right? Spice it does. Bag. Spice bag. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so anyhow, we've saved all the brine. I blew and the, my and spice the word, bag all over. The word brine is what uh, yes. is what did it for me. We saved all the brine per carter, and we're going to try putting some uh, cucumbers in those and marinating them and see how they turn out. I'll I'll keep you yeah. updated on Jeez, that. Keep us updated. Yeah. All right, that's all I have for now uh, with the connoisseur. That wraps up the connoisseur, making yeah. you hungry every stinking time. I think we're going to have more of the connoisseur stuff but just because there is a surplus of stories coming out food-related, and a lot of it is based on the quarantine and people spending more time cooking and eating at home. And it just makes you feel good, too. The, the comfort food is on a tear right now. Yeah, agreed. All right, we're going to break. We're going to come back in a moment, and uh, Rodney McLeod is going to be joining us. Hey! Uh, we'll also do another matchup for Daily Rush Madness, I believe. And uh, don't forget, 10 o'clock, your next shot, MMR's Rock Refund, 500 bucks in cash. We'll be right back. Small businesses are the backbone of our local communities, and right now, they could use our help. Introducing WMMR's Operation Shop Local, encouraging you to buy a gift card from your local business to use in the future. But the cash you spend helps the business right now during a rough time. You can also make a difference patronizing businesses, offering home delivery or curbside pickup. If you run a local business, go to WMMR.com and list your business in our directory of available goods and services. Operation Shop Local is a free service. WMMR is promoting this local business directory for our listeners to review and support when possible. We're all in this together. A message in the community interest from the Beasley Media Group and WMMR. Uh, let's do another Daily Rush matchup. It's time for Preston and Steve's Daily Rush Madness. Get real now. Yeah, we are uh, we're highlighting the matchups for today. We're in the Sweet 16. Uh, so these are the last four for the Sweet 16. Today's matchup, State 13, and you can go ahead and vote on them now. We're just going to highlight a couple of them uh, for you at this particular moment. In the Annabelle section of the uh, brackets, we have Mini Balboa facing off the preacher defending the private jet again. Kenneth That's our Cole. friend. We yeah, were just talking about him the, earlier. The this perennial. Morning. All right, so here, now he's blowing the virus. Here is uh, Mini Balboa. All right. You're my son. You're my blood. You're now put me on your handlebars and ride me home. <laughs> hey, Preston, he's on a Shetland pony. <laughs> As he's running through the Italian market, they throw an apple at him and knocks him out. <laughs> hey, you're right. Yeah. Hey, check me an apple. <laughs> All right, so that video, and make sure you do watch the videos 
is going to go up against this one. It is the preacher defending the private jet yet again. Here we go. Do you uh, think that people that fly commercial are demons? Yes, I do. I do. I really do. Because there's, it's a bunch of nonsense. We're talking the scum of the earth if you fly commercial. Have you ever been on a fly with the kid kicking the back of your seat? That ain't no way to live. I got the Lord's work to do. That's right. I just want the money. And I really like to fly in style. And look at the car I'm driving. What did you drive up here in a Prius? So who's winning this match? All right. So those two. Who is winning this match? We'll find out. Minnie Balboa against Preacher defending the private jet again. And those videos are available for your viewing and your voting at PrestonAndSteve.com. So make sure that you do it. Even if you haven't voted yet, you can you can still jump in. It's not too late. This is a, this is a rolling competition. It's true. And anybody can get on board and, uh, and vote. So that's cool. Um, we'll do one more highlight before the program is up for the day. And Marissa's having a nice conversation with our guest on the uh, the other line. I'm trying to stall as we get ready to introduce him and talk about all the great things he wants to talk about. Tell him to shut up and put him on hold, please. <laughs> Thank you very much. All right, let's uh, let's chat. This gentleman is uh, with your Philadelphia Eagles. Yes. Uh, and a uh, very cool thing called the Change Our Future Foundation that he's going to mention. Please welcome our friend, Mr. Rodney McLeod. Hey! Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Got to have yeah. music right yeah. Hey, Rodney, how you doing, man? Hey, what's going on, guys? Yo, bub. Just going to work, doing our thing, you know, and uh, how's how's life in the McLeod household uh, with the, the quarantine? Oh, uh, man, actually, it hasn't been too bad. We've been staying pretty busy. Uh, we have uh, been doing a lot of packing because we're moving and huh? uh, been doing some Zoom parties, working out, of course. Uh, on a consistent basis, trying some new recipes. So uh, we've been staying pretty active, of course. You know, binge watching some TV shows. Uh, yeah, you so know. you're doing what everybody's doing. Yeah, for yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. What recipes are you making? Because we hear uh, we hear that uh, banana bread is easy to make. <laughs> It actually is. I, I made some banana nut bread and muffins. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we were just reading a story that the majority of people are making banana, banana bread man. right now. That's funny. <laughs> Yeah, it's a it's a favorite of mine, so it's pretty good. Um, man, I've you know done some fried rice, um, did you know done some salmon recipes. Uh, my wife, she's Jamaican, so she's been in her Jamaican like cookbook. Oh, that's like, cool. Hot fritters the other day, so it, it's good. So let me ask you, uh, you know, as an athlete, obviously, and we're hoping that we don't know what's going to happen, but something's going to happen, and it's going to require you to eventually get it back out on the field. Uh, are, are you, are you watching your, your, um, your, your, uh, eating? I mean, besides the banana bread and the muffins and stuff like that, are you trying to keep it in check or is it hard? Because I think everyone's saying it's sort of hard under quarantine to not go for the comfort food now and then. Yeah, I've been doing pretty good actually, uh, which I'm proud of myself about, uh, you know, limited like the sweets. And, uh, yeah, the diet has, has been good uh, thus far. And, then, of course, you know, working out. So maintaining a good weight, it, it is hard. You do get tempted from time to time uh, just because you are trapped in the house. Right. Literally, you know, the time you wake up to the time you go to bed. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we're in an interesting time right now, obviously. And then the NFL, like the, the new season basically just kicked off, free agency. You uh, you just uh, re-signed a uh, – a two-year deal, so you're going to be with the Eagles for a little bit longer. The draft is next week, then OTAs and all that sort of stuff. But, um, you know, all of that is 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 kind of in the air right now. So you as as a player, uh, somebody who has signed with the team for the next couple of years, like, um, have they given you 
um, like a regiment? Because you're not going to be able to have OTAs, or, or it's looking like you're not going to be able to have OTAs. So, so have they given you guys, or are they working on something for you guys to you know do on your own? Yeah, uh, so one of my coaches actually reached out to me and asked, you know, who was going to be participating, I guess, in the new OTAs uh, of this day and age, which um, I'm, I'm assuming it might be a virtual-style uh, meetings uh, that they uh, may conduct in, a, in the next couple of weeks. So they issued out iPads uh, to us, of course, uh, to allow us, I guess, to be able to watch film uh, as we do these meetings. Uh, but I'm, I'm, uh, it's kind of unknown at this point. And so it'll be interesting to see how, how things play out, um, you know, as we continue to develop and see how it goes with, with this pandemic that's uh, upon us. Yeah. Um, so when you say you're moving, because I know that you're from the Maryland area, are you moving uh, there or, or up here? No. Uh, so we're, we're changing uh, locations in, in Philly. Okay. So, okay. yeah, this new home, you know, just got married uh, last July. So uh, this is a, a new home for us. Oh, what's your uh, new address? <laughs> <laughs> so we um, it, it's been a little while since we moved. It's been about seven years since we moved. And, and my wife did a bulk of the packing. But what she did is she found some sort. It was basically a formula online. And the formula was like you do one thing at a time, like one and it was like you do a closet from one bedroom, and that's all you do for the day. And you you pick every single uh, spot of the house, and then that way it doesn't seem as overwhelming as you would think it would be. Correct. Yeah, we've been uh, trying to uh, put together a formula of, of our own, and uh, I, I think we're doing the same thing. We're taking it room by room, uh, devoting some time each day. Uh, so that we don't rely on that last week. Yeah. It's complete chaos. No, they say the most effective thing to do is to pack one room, eat a full banana bread. Yes. Pack another room, <laughs> eat a full banana bread. No, it it, yeah. it, 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 it never – moving just sucks. And it the, thankfully, luckily, in most people's lives, you don't end up doing it too much. But to have your life in disarray – but it, honestly – Look, you're lucky. You got a pandemic to give you extra time to move. <laughs> right. Yeah. And watch your valuables, man, because we moved one time and somebody stole my weed. What? Yeah. Because no. <laughs> they knew I wasn't going to say, hey, man, you guys stole my weed. <laughs> they stole your washing machine, too, didn't they? Or No. Okay. No. I thought they stole It was my some. weed, not my washing machine. <laughs> washing machine, I would have been all right. <laughs> uh, hey, listen, I got a quick question for you, because obviously the Eagles lost that uh, Malcolm Jenkins, and I know that he was a huge leader for you guys on yeah. the field and in the locker room. Um, but uh, you, you also you moved uh, somebody into the safety position, and I'm wondering uh, what you think, uh, how you think Jalen Mills is going to do uh, and what sort of skill set that he brings from the cornerback uh, position to the safety position. Yeah, man. I mean, you, you touched on losing Malcolm. Uh, I think, you know, that was, uh, you know, tough for us. But, you know, it's part of the business, and unfortunately, you know, we have to move on and, now Jalen's going to be asked to step in and, uh, you know, play alongside of myself. But I think, you know, he's a perfect person for the position. Uh, he, his versatility, he's played corner, he's played nickel, he's played safety in college, uh, the physicality that he brings. Uh, he's a very smart player. Um, and then also, you know, he has the ability to be able to, you know, cover. And, and he's made a lot of plays in his defense and knows the defense well. So, I don't think it'll be a hard transition for him. Um, I'm looking forward to 
uh, us, you know, building that relationship and and forming a a great tandem that this defense can depend on uh, at the safety position. I wanted I wanted to ask you, uh, Rodney, about obviously the the Change Our Future Foundation just made a a nice donation to Phil Abundance. Obviously, that is a uh, that's something that's near and dear to you guys. Explain the importance of of what you know Phil Abundance. We know it very well, obviously, through the camp out for hunger, but especially at this time, what they're doing to help people who've now suddenly found themselves out of work and dealing with all this stuff. Yeah, so Change Our Future is a uh, fund that me and my wife uh, felt it was very important for us to create. And, you know, it creates opportunities for youth and local communities through educational and health initiatives. Uh, our mission, you know, we want to eliminate labels and build healthy lifestyles and empower the youth. And we feel like there's a lack of these educational programs in healthcare and lower income communities specifically. So when this pandemic uh, kind of occurred, uh, we wanted to support Phil Abundance. Uh, we felt like it was important to stand behind them because of the work that they're doing and being able to uh, ensure food security for families, you know, during this pandemic, as you mentioned, a lot of uh, parents are, you know, without a job right now, not knowing when their next meal is going to come from. And so full abundance has stepped in and allowed that, allowed that access and to, um, to prevent a hunger pandemic. Uh, it's great that organizations like full abundance and people like myself and Erica, um, Zach Ertz, you know, other guys around the city have now rallied and donated to, you know, organizations that uh, impact in the community in a major way. You know, Rodney, I mean, ultimately, it's you you had a situation where the, the, the employment numbers were so good and people were getting up on their feet and things were there. And then the rug gets pulled out uh, from under them. Everyone's hoping that there can be a, a bounce back after and a lot of people who, who lost jobs can get jobs back. But there's no guaranteeing that. that. That's why the fill abundance yeah. and, and donating to these organizations is so essential. We we focused in on on uh, uh, PrestonSteve.com and WMMR.com, local businesses that are still offering like takeout and, and things and a whole list of services that are still available to try to keep them. I mean, we're, we're looking at all of this as sort of a bridge. And I've, we've always looked at Phil Abundance as sort of a bridge for people who have, you know, who, who, who uh, for whatever the situation is, nobody planned on this. This is nobody's fault, you know, here domestically. Uh, and um, you just need to get over that. So that's where all of this stuff, supporting these businesses in every way you can, supporting Phil Abundance means so much. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, kudos to you guys for uh, making it a part of your mission statement. No, thank you. Uh, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's a, you know, it's a unfortunate uh, time uh, in all of our lives. But I think, you know, with people like yourself, uh, like I said, myself and Erica, and as we, you know, continue to build this thing out, uh, people supporting, you know, these families in need is awesome. And, um, you know, we'll be able to get to, through this together. Hey, yeah. Rodney, can uh, people donate on uh, changeourfuture.org? Yes, you can uh, make donations on changeourfuture.org. And you can also go there for more information on specifically what we're doing, our mission, and other programs that we have um, already started. So uh, I encourage everybody to go there, uh, check it out, and uh, join our movement. Nice. So it's not being planned on, but what if you? What if it does end up that the season is cut short and we just cut right to the Super Bowl with the Eagles in it? <laughs> you okay with that? Are you okay with that? I'm uh, I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a crazy freaking situation yeah. with all of this they're talking about and the truncated nature. But I think everyone 
you look for that diversion, that sports brings that, you know, we, we're going to be talking to a, a member, Brandon Boyd of Incubus or a rock band later on. And, and, and just those things are the things that's the spice of life that sort of pulls our attention away from things that we deal with on a daily basis. Once those start to kick back in, I think that's going to really accelerate the sense of normalcy. So I, I assume you feel the same way, even though you're a participant in, in a sport, a major sport, it's got to be the same for you as well. Yeah, uh, I think, you know, sports is uh, something that pulls us all together and is a distraction to whatever is kind of going on. Uh, we've never experienced, I think, life without it. And so, you know, for, for a lot of us, uh, we're, we're trying to figure out where to turn to. But, you know, luckily for the NFL, uh, this isn't necessarily, I don't think, going to affect us too much. There might be a little delay, but... Uh, when it comes to training camp, I'm hoping by the summertime this is all resolved and we can, you know, move forward with our lives and, of course, get the season underway and we can go ahead and, and make that run to that to that Super Bowl. Yeah. You know I, I mean? I, listen, as a fan, the the NFL season um, has, and I'm not talking about, like, the actual football season, but, you know, when, when free agency started, it was all, like, a really, really nice distraction, as you know, you know, to what was going on, you know. So when free agency started and then, you know, the draft is coming up, this is all a nice distraction. And, and I'm, you know, hoping that there is a season because it just, you know, it, it it's giving me something to look forward to. I have a few things in the summer that yeah. if they are postponed or canceled or whatever, I will be okay with if there is a football season. And, you know, so – Hopefully, and and if you guys are you know are up for, for the challenge, I, you know I thank you for, for for doing this for for me specifically. Rodney, you need to do this for Casey. So if you could convince everyone, no, there are millions yeah. of people out there who sure who yeah. echo the same. Can you guys sentiment. wear like a small picture of him on your jerseys yes. this year? Just to, there's a there's a young man who's really feeling sad. Uh, well, let me ask you if you like in a stadium setup and so on and so forth. You know, or, or what if you end up playing, and, and at least in some iteration, there's no, there's no uh, crowd. Crowd. Yeah. Um, what is the sound you're most afraid of people picking up on television? Ha <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I don't know. I mean, that, how much that, do you that, fart that be, during an average game? <laughs> that would be a weird environment, man. Without, yeah. Without the crowd, I mean, I, I couldn't, um, I couldn't imagine that. That that would just be training camp all over again. Yeah. 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 Hey, do you guys remember? It was obviously you remember um, the sniper, the DC sniper. That was years and years yeah. and years ago. Yeah, Rodney, were you in high school at that time? I actually, I actually was in middle school, I believe, when that took place. Okay, because yeah. they they were actually having high school football games in like secret locations because they wow. and they because yeah. they were afraid of him picking off somebody. Yeah, they didn't yeah. want uh, him to know where there were where there were going to be crowds and stuff like that. So they were holding. These these games without announcing where they were going to be held and all that sort of stuff. I wasn't sure if that ever had an impact on you as a, as a football player. Yeah, no, I, I was a child man in in the thick of things. I think uh, the one of the boys that got shot at the middle school was at a middle school right down the street from where my dad stayed at. No oh, man, ten minutes. So yeah, it, it it struck close to home, and of course, a, a lot of us were very fearful. Of course, parents, you know with their child and children going outside, uh, it, it was kind of non-existent. So yeah. I actually spoke to some of my friends about that. Like this probably the last, yeah, the, the last time or first time since then 
that you've been confined in, in, inside. Right, yeah, because they, they wanted people to not go out until they figure out what was going on. Yeah, it's strange yeah. times now, too, man. Well, listen, no matter what happens and, and you know, the season, whatever version of that is going to be taking place, we'll talk to you soon and, and uh, see how, we'll see where your head is at when that gets rolling, okay? I appreciate that, man. Appreciate Thank it, Rodney. Stay safe and healthy. All right, you Likewise. too. Change Our Future Foundation is changeourfuture.org. Rodney McLeod, guys. Yeah. Thanks, Rodney. Appreciate it, man. Nice guy. See, he's he's even making a uh, banana bread. Yeah, I know. And that it's, it's everybody. It, it's what honestly you talk about. It. What bonds us all? It's banana bread. It's banana bread. All right, we need to take a break because we are going to talk to Brandon Boyd yes. of Incubus when we return, and then we've got to do Daily Rush Madness matchups and uh, bizarre file and a bunch of other stuff too. And we are going to have a gentleman named Robert Moore. Uh, he did this uh, podcast. And actually stayed with Joe Exotic on the zoo grounds. He did this for years. The yep. the, uh, the the podcast predates the Netflix series by years. He's yep. deep into this right. uh, the whole uh, Tiger King thing. So we'll get some details from him as well. We'll be back in a moment. Stay with us. Feeling deprived of a basketball bracket, running out of shows to binge on. Well, 93.3 WMMR and the Preston and Steve Show can fix that. It's Daily Rush Madness. Go to PrestonandSteve.com and start binging. 64 episodes will contend for your votes to determine the winner. Daily Rush Madness from the station that's been providing Philadelphia questionable content since day one. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. In a little while, we'll do a uh, another matchup for Daily Rush Madness. You guys have been wonderful for voting. We do appreciate it. We're, we're going to highlight the last of our Sweet 16. Uh, and uh, then it's the Elite Eight tomorrow, right, Case? We yeah. Dive in oh, that. yeah. Yeah, already. So we'll be uh, narrowing that down, and we'll, we'll get a victor by the time we come to uh, Friday. So we're getting set for that. So we just played, as I said a moment ago, uh, new music from, or the most recent, I should say, from Incubus. There's a new EP coming out, uh, Trustfall Side B. It's going to be on the 17th. And over the years, uh, at a couple different radio stations, we've had the opportunity <laughs> yeah. uh, to speak this gentleman uh, a number of times. He's great. He's a wonderful singer, great performer, uh, live. And we're happy to have him on once again. It's uh, Brandon Boyd. Yeah. Hey, Brandon. Hello. Hi. Sounds like you guys have a lot of people in studio. <laughs> Hello. There's three of us here. That's it. Uh, some some are at home and actually can hear you and speak to you as well as we're trying to, you know, minimize the numbers. Can you hear us okay? Yeah. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. There's just a bit of a delay, so we weren't sure if we, uh, we had you or not. Uh, where where are you? I assume you're at home, right, Brandon, like the rest of us? I am at home. I've actually been at home for... I think I'm going into my seventh week of of isolation, which has uh, been very interesting. <laughs> wow why why seven weeks? Why has it been uh, that length for you? You know, I started to just I, you know I read a lot, and I started reading about stuff starting to unfold, and uh, this was our downtime from you know being off tour and stuff, and. I kind of hang out at home a lot anyway, so I figured I would just uh, take it easy. And, and, and I guess the, the term that everyone's using is uh, act with an abundance of caution. And in doing so, I ended up being kind of 
uh, I was right on the money. <laughs> well, you know, so you're you're someone who obviously, you know, you, I consider you sort of a, a renaissance person. You have many different interests. And uh, there's a, a list on your social media of books that you've been tearing through, apparently. But you're obviously also an artist. In fact, uh, at uh, one of our former stations, you did artwork for one of the CDs that we released. Yeah. And um, and so you right. you're you're good at occupying your time so have you had an a an artistic explosion or uh how, how is it manifesting at home uh so to speak yeah um you are correct in saying that i i i do spend a lot of time at home when we're not on tour um so it's not terribly unusual for me to not leave my house for days or you know weeks on end sometimes but yeah you know i think the the major difference is that i uh, learned how to cook in this past handful of weeks okay now if you tell us you made banana bread we'll be very impressed (laughs) because everybody we've spoken to has made banana bread that's really weird that you say that because I had never attempted to bake before, uh-huh. and not two days ago, my girlfriend and I made banana bread. There you go! Oh, banana oh, bread! God. It's bringing the world together. <laughs> my mind is blown. Banana bread. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> oh, my God. I got to get my wife to make banana bread. good, I got to say you you it can't. Pretty, it was pretty good, Brandon. Okay. You can't f up banana bread, and in fact, it's the one thing that requires you to let one of the elements rot a little bit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think that's why we started there. Uh, yeah. Nice. <laughs> hey, you know what, Brandon? I've, I have a question because you know, if you do like your downtime, and I understand that, uh, because I you remind me you're, you're a very cool guy and you're a very arty guy, which is wonderful, and not just uh, music, but but actually art and reading and we actually have this game here that that you created a while back called two doors i've got it right in front of me here and it's all your artwork um but you know people of your ilk i don't know if you caught the the story of uh jared leto a little while back he went off on this on this retreat where he was cut off from the outside world and had no idea that the coronavirus had happened (laughs) came back and was like oh my god this is going on now with you being a consumer of information as well do you think you could ever shut yourself off like that and just kind of go off into separating yourself from the world for a while? Uh, 100% absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and if you did, where would you go? I've always, you know, the the thing, I haven't talked to Jared, but I'm assuming he went on what's called a Vipassana meditation um course where yes. it's a 10-day silent meditation yeah. and uh you don't use cell phones you don't even speak while you're there uh you basically eat sleep and meditate and evidently it's a, it's a wonderful experience and so i've always wanted to do that particular thing uh but also i do think there is some value in occasionally unplugging from uh normal life occasionally well you know? uh, Jared went on a 12-day. Hopefully not under, like, oh, wow, yeah, I would do that, too. Yeah. But you know what would be fun would be to go and do one of those kind of, like, uh, outward bounds type things where you go off into the forest and learn uh, how to live in the forest with nothing but, like, a knife and, <laughs> and a rope or something like that. <laughs> All right. Well, 
that, Rambo situation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, tr- meditating the Rambo way. That leads me to ask about the rest of the guys in the band. Uh, are, are they like that, or would they just say, oh, Brandon went and did this thing? I feel like they wouldn't be terribly surprised. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see Brandon Boyd as Rambo. That would be great. <laughs> Instead of blowing up the town, he comes back with great reading suggestions. Oh, that's great. Right. And banana bread. <laughs> and banana, banana bread. bread. <laughs> hey, um, I, I wanted to ask you about a uh, promotion you guys are doing, and it does involve your art. Uh, apparently there is a... Um, uh, I guess it's a a boombox or something like that that you've done up. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, um, just a promotional thing. They they wanted me to paint all over this boombox, and then people enter this raffle um, around our new EP coming out on April seventeenth, and then the winner gets that actual boombox that I hovered over and painted on i guess that, that that's all the information I <laughs> okay all right that's it that's all you need to know but but was was the boom box your idea or did they come to you and say brandon we have this idea you know <laughs> they they came to me with that one actually which and, and i was i was uh pleasantly surprised with uh how how kind of off the off the wall and creative it was so all i was right. happy to i love drawing on things so Right. I was happy to uh, to play along. Well, well, then another piece of uh, of high art. Um, have you been watching the Tiger King series? Because you ended up in a, it was an article that uh, cast you in the role of Doc Antle, uh, and uh, I, I I wonder if you're familiar with all that. Were you hep to that? You know, I I don't watch a ton of TV, but I I couldn't couldn't ignore the onslaught in the media any longer so i kind of finally acquiesced and i watched it and i have to say that uh not only was i completely fascinated by it but there was also something about it that was kind of terrifying in that by the end of it i was like these are real people yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. right um wow and the whole time i gotta say the entire time i watched it i was like there's something real messy about this Something real messy going on here, and then by like what was it like the sixth episode? They revealed they started talking about meth mouse and all of these crazy things. So, uh, me being cast as Doc Ansel, though, I mean, I, I, I'll give it a shot. <laughs> it could be another alter ego of yours, and I want to ask you about this because uh, on your Wikipedia. It says Brandon Boyd, also known as, and I'm not sure if you take on alter egos as you're recording albums, but uh, you're also known as the Invisible Floating Torso Man, Happy Nappy, Brandon of the Jungle, and Cornelius. Can you explain? <laughs> I, I, I'll do my best. Okay. Uh, I've been given many monikers uh, <laughs> over the years, all of which were given to me by guys in the band. All right. um, I think the only one that I actually chose was Cornelius when we first when we first started our band and we started you know entertaining the idea of putting our names on albums all of us thought it would be mind you we were 15 years old but all of us thought it would be cool if we never put our real names on the on the albums so for the first couple of things we put out indie releases I was either Cornelius or Brandon of the Jungle okay um I don't know if I could explain it beyond that we just <laughs> thought it would be cool if if we always put aliases 
I love it. We, I love... we gave that up pretty quickly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, I wanted to ask about the EP. I mentioned it's uh, it's coming out on the 17th. I want to make sure I have my information correct because um, I have the title as uh, Trust Fall Side B. I'm not sure if it's Trust Fall or just Trust Fall Side B. And if so, um, how many songs on it and uh, and what's the idea behind the title or was it just a fun uh, sounding uh, title you came up with? You are correct. It is Trust Fall Side B, and uh, yep, it comes out on the 17th, which is <clears throat> very soon, actually, which mm-hmm. is fun. Uh, there's five songs on it, and Trust Fall Side B is the, uh, I suppose it's either the completion of or the accompaniment to Trust Fall Side A, which came out in 2014, I think. Uh, so we always intended on uh, completing the that Trust Fall thing we just never put a date on exactly when that was going to be so um we were writing this new music and we figured it was finally time to kind of uh, uh finish that thought okay you could say and and is so, it is but, it a little yeah. bit of a, of a nod to to vinyl in that you know you, you, not only did people have their their favorite albums you had your favorite side of an album usually yeah. too you know yeah exactly uh very much so uh Either the album or the cassette tape. Um, <laughs> yeah, we all grew up. We all grew up in an era when you know listening to an album was an experience, and and you would either have to physically turn the album over and have the second part of your experience in the side B, or if you had one of those cool tape decks that automatically turned it over for you. Do you guys remember those? Things? Yes, so absolutely. I had I had a few of those. That was high tech. <laughs> so yeah, it, it's a, it's a bit of a nod to to that um, experience in music. We're we very much understand that we won't be going back to that in any way, but it's yeah. sort of a uh, just kind of a you know a wink and a nod to uh, a different experience with music. Brandon, the, the mechanism of releasing music, and you know, the, we're talking obviously with the time that you're hearkening back to when there would be this this album that would come out and, and, you know, and then, and then maybe uh, singles would come out. And if you going back to the days of a 45, there'd be sort of a, a song that didn't make the album on the other side. Sometimes it'd be really cool. So it, that was sort of how ev- mm-hmm. that worked back then. Now an artist and artists such as yourself and your, your band can, can say, okay, here's five songs in a clip. Here's three more and, and, and parse it out that way. Do you, do you believe that, that, that both have their merit or do you still long for the day where you could, you know, have a, a full, full throated effort to release a full album and it made an impact the way it used to, or does this way work for you? You know, I think that there's something to be said for any way that people want to experience music. Who am I to decide, you know, the format that music comes out in? Uh, I I definitely have a preference and I just love making albums. I love the experience of disappearing into a studio for months at a time and then emerging with uh, a sort of completed thought or, or a, a little journey or a little universe of sorts that you can you can pass on to people. Um, but I'm the first one to admit that uh, there are countless ways that people can experience music. So if they want to experience music one song at a time and just download singles or if they want to steal it off the internet or if they want to put their, you know, sit in their car in the parking lot of the outdoor venue and just listen from there. Like whatever. <laughs> right. Right. There, I, I have, it's, it's my opinion that there are better ways of going about experiencing music. You know, if I was to, if 
outside the ability to, uh, to, to give people what I think is the best way. I would give them a pair of headphones and sit them down in front of uh, a record player and have them listen to music on vinyl and headphones with uh, a big old joint and uh, <laughs> a cup of coffee. Yeah, nice. Um, but that's not possible for every person. No, no, no. <laughs> um, you're, and I think your lyrics are very, very personal lyrics. And, you know, so I, I listen to them and I hear them obviously a lot different than, than you wrote them down and deliver them. And so I wanted to ask you about um, singing songs that are older and, and you have, you know, grown, your mentality has grown and, you know, how, you know, that changes over over time. So, you know, like a song like uh, Earth to Bella, parts one and two, you know, how those hit you today compared to when you originally first wrote them. Those songs in particular, I still, I still resonate with quite deeply. Um, I think that, if anything, that you know, I've definitely learned a lot as I've grown up in music, and um, I've changed a lot. A lot of my sensibilities have changed. A lot of my tastes have changed. But I have to say, for the most part, uh, I'm still thrilled to sing almost all of our songs even stuff we we wrote when we were quite young there's really only a small handful of songs that we wrote mostly when we were teenagers uh that i kind of cringe at the thought of performing just because i i listen to them now and they seem kind of dumb to me <laughs> but for the most part like i would say it, it's in like the 90 percentile i'm i'm pretty pretty proud and pretty happy of what we've done um you can't always look back on the uh, the haircuts and the <laughs> right. choices you made in your in your clothing styles yeah. and be a hundred percent happy with it. Yeah. Um, but I think for the most part, we can be proud of what we've done. Brandon, I know you know you don't have a crystal ball and you can't tell what's what's going to happen in this uh, current condition that we're in with the pandemic and 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 quarantine and so forth. But you've never shied away lyrically from uh, touching on things that are happening in the world. Do you think that this, uh, what we're all going through, is going to uh, motivate you artistically, lyrically? Yeah, I mean, you're right. I uh, I don't know completely how it's going to affect um, my process. I don't think any of us know how it's going to affect um, anything on a larger scale. I, I think that probably everybody has a, a felt sense that um, nothing will ever really be entirely the same as it was just a couple of months ago, mm. which is, um, that's a, you know, that's a, that's a big thing. And so time will tell for sure. Creatively though, um, I, I have been uh, inspired by the, the time in this relative isolation. And I think that one of the amazing things about art and especially music as music relates to art, um, troubled times tend to produce really uh, amazing transformative art and music. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think that uh, some of the greatest music that we all have come to know and love and music that has really changed us all emerged during times of turmoil and um, uncertainty. So, Well, I, looking, looking over I history. I hope for, yeah. And past pandemics, they've always resulted in incredible innovations in banana bread. Yeah. So <laughs> I think we can expect mm. a, a new golden era of banana bread. I wanted to ask you about the song Dig. It's one of my, one of my absolute favorite songs. And I wanted to know, in, in, in particular, 
you know, we all have someone who digs at us. Was someone digging at you at that particular time when you wrote that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I suppose there were a number of situations in my own life that were kind of doing their best to drag me down, but I found a kind of um, a solidarity in my closest chosen family, like my closest friends. It really was the guys in the band who I was able to lean into, um, and they kind of inspired the lyric in that song. So, yeah. Thank you for saying so. I appreciate that. No, it's a great song. I was just wondering. I, 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 yeah, that, I, oh, there, I, I can remember one prick in particular, but no. uh, it was just sort of a general. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> one last thing to touch on, Brandon. You guys are scheduled to be uh, here in the Philly area, BB&T Pavilion, on August uh, 23rd. As of now, that's a go-ahead. We've seen a lot of uh, cancellations and, and uh, uh, postponements. Um, any, any thoughts as of now, it's just, uh, you know, uh, forward steam ahead and, and then we'll figure out what's going on as we get closer. That's kind of the, kind of the mentality for us right now. We're, we're very much, you know, we're being sort of cautiously optimistic mm-hmm. about this summer. Um, we just, I think it was just yesterday we had to postpone all of our May headlining dates. Yeah. Um, hopefully until the fall. So, um, you know, we're just doing what I suppose everybody else in the world is doing. We're doing what we need to, um, doing everything that we can to help slow the spread. And um, we're just, uh, we're, we're, we would very much like to perform this summer. I'll tell you that. I, I, I miss even being in the, in the rehearsal studio with the guys in the band. There's something very kind of cathartic and therapeutic about just, playing loud music so yeah. uh i i am anxious to get out there and do it but all that being said we're going we're going to do what uh what needs to be done we don't want to endanger anybody's health uh our, our fans and our crew and our own health so yeah. we'll do what we need to do makes total sense all right well listen we appreciate the time we're going to remind people coming out on the 17th trust fall side b we've been playing our love and uh looking forward to hearing some new music and looking forward to seeing you guys in August, Brandon. So thanks for coming on. Thank you so much. Have a great morning, guys. You too. All right, Brandon hey! Boyd, guys. Very cool guy. Super nice. Always been. We've encountered him a number of times throughout the years. And he's Very pleasant. Really smooth. A lot of ladies like him, too. I've seen text. Yeah, uh, he's, he's a great, great looking dude. He's he married to a, uh, a, a, you know, obviously she's gorgeous. But honestly... Did you not freak when he said two days ago he made banana bread? Dude, it's all the rage. <laughs> I mean, come the F off. We, we will forever be able to say banana bread to him, and he'll remember exactly yeah. what oh, we're yeah. talking about. Yeah. <laughs> all right, we're going to take a break. We're going to have to come back in a minute. Sorry, we're skipping the beef five, but I want to make sure that we're on time for a couple of things, one of them being MMR's Rock Refund, and also our next guest with this guy, Robert Moore, deep in the trenches of the Tiger King. Yes. We'll get the details when we return, as well as Daily Rush Madness and the Bizarre File and Music News and Trash and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Love MMR? Buy some gear. Check out the rock shop at WMMR.com. Snazzy. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. It is, oh my God, it's 10 o'clock. Do you know what that means? 93.3 WMMR. Now, your rock refund keyword. It means $500 with this word. That's what it means. Yeah. All right, contest is the word. That's it. You heard me. Contest. C-O-N. 
P-E-S-T, and you have until 15 minutes after the hour to enter it, and there are three ways to do it. You can do it through our text, right? The special contest short code text number is 45911. Or to be automatically entered for the $10,000 grand prize, enter it on the MMR mobile app or at WMMR.com. And one random entry wins 500 bucks in our company-wide contest. That person... We'll get a call from our company, Beasley, so be sure to answer your phone. Contest rules are at WMMR.com. It's sponsored by A&T Subaru and Chevy in Sellersville. And once again, the word is contest, C-O-N-T-E-S-T. All right, and we got to do this. It's time for Preston and Steve's Daily Rush All right, our final matchup being highlighted for the day and the last one in the Sweet 16 in the Hey Bitches section of our brackets. It's going to be two single-word videos. Bajmir versus Doodlepeen. Oh, my God. This is a tough one. All right, here we go. This is Bajmir. Somebody wrote, their album is Rim Job Backwards. I thought that was the name of Rim Job Backwards was the name of the album. No. Bajmir is Rim Job spelled backwards. Oh, what? Would it sound that way if you I re- doubt it. reversed it? I don't think it would. Here, let's let's all try it. it? Yes. We could. Yeah. All right. Okay, say when. Go ahead. When? Rim job. All right, you ready? Yep. Habaj Mir. Yeah. Habaj Mir. Now, let me say that forward. And see if it, okay. Yeah. Mm, okay. Okay. Ready? Uh, yep. Habaj Mir. Okay. And rim job. Yeah! Yeah! yeah. We're scientists. Uh, it was like discovering uranium. It is. I, I, I it's, you know, it, I'm, I'm partial because it's me doing yeah, that. Yeah, so yeah. I kind of want, I want Bajmir to win. It has a strong competitor, though. It's got doodle peen, so Which, let's hear that. Yeah. Here we go. Press, you get your dog scrimmed? Yeah, we do. All right, so do you have boy dogs? Do you let them do your crotch? <laughs> well, because we... my, my, I have two male dogs, and they have to, like, shave their peens and yeah. their and their heinies. They're the doodle variety, so they get really hairy, so you have so to groom them. we're talking doodle peen. Yeah. Doodle peen. <laughs> that was a kid show, wasn't it? Doodle peen? I am doodle peen! <laughs> On today's adventure, we teach you how to shave your ass. <laughs> shave it real good. Doodle All right, so watch the videos. Place your vote. It's a tough one, I think. Yeah. Uh, and they're available at PrestonAndSteve.com. Very simple for you to participate, and we would love for you to do that. And then uh, tomorrow we'll be into the Elite Eight. So should I hang on and we talk to our guest first? Is he on? Is Marissa talking to him? Yeah, we, should, we should do that. But since uh, Unless you want me to do like one bizarre file story. or Let's uh, talk to our guest. He's ready to go. Yeah. yeah, yeah, why don't we do that? All right, so the Joe Exotic Tiger King podcast uh, available on Wondery.com has been around for a long time. Well before the Netflix special. Yeah, and uh, we are excited to talk to our next guest because, like tons of people, we dove into that immediately and just were blown away by the train wreck nature of, <laughs> of uh, I can't stop watching this. We were just talking to Brandon Boyd of Incubus, and he got sucked up into it. Mr. Artie himself. Yep. So uh, let's welcome the creator of the podcast and actually spent quite a bit of time uh, within the camp there in Oklahoma. Uh, this is Robert Moore, who is on the yeah. program. Hey, Robert, how you doing, man? Uh, hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. You bet. Of course. Well, listen, it's uh, did you have any idea 
that this was going to be as big as it it has become? No, I mean this is this is totally totally unprecedented. I mean, I, I made you know I wrote a ten thousand word article for New York Magazine, just very long, and I, and I made this podcast, a six part podcast for Wondery called Joe Exotic Tiger King, and Wondery are the guys who made like Dirty John and Doctor Death. And all of their shows are very big. Like, we were number one on iTunes. We got, you know, over 5 million downloads. And I thought that was pretty good. And then this thing came out, and it has just, like, broken the Internet. It's broken the world. Everybody is watching it. And now our podcast is back in the top ten on on iTunes. It's it's just off the strength of this thing. It is wild. I I mean, I've never had so many people ask for interviews in my life. This yeah. is bizarre. Well, you know, it's a confluence of things. I mean, obviously, you it, it just happens to hit at the point that the world goes into lockdown, basically, and everyone's looking for something to watch. So the match was lit, and uh, I just happened upon the episode. Uh, you know, the the uh, I think when it first came up on Netflix, and I and I looked at the that mullet, and I said, I am in. And, uh, and and then we were off and running. Now you had the experience, of course. You did this article. You're you're uh, by by trade. You're an investigative reporter. I'm not really an investigative reporter. I'm just a journalist, a okay. magazine writer. I wrote a book. You know, I'm I'm just a writer. Okay, so just a writer. So you you how did you happen to hear about this uh, about the the whole zoo and the situation? Yeah, so I just finished my first book, which is called On Trails, and I was kind of casting around for some magazine stories, you know, reading the newspaper like like we do, and I ran across this story in the L.A. Times that said Michael Jackson's alligators burned alive in Animal Park fire. And I thought, well, that's odd. So I click on that story, and uh, I, I, I scroll down, and I see that the zoo belongs to this guy named Joe Exotic. So I now start Googling Joe Exotic, and, and like everyone does, I fall down the Joe Exotic rabbit hole because this guy is just so bizarre and so fascinating. And I, I pitch it to my, my, my editor uh, you know, at this magazine. I say, hey, like, send me down there. I'd love to investigate this. He said, yeah, sure, go down. So I went down to Oklahoma. Joe gave me a trailer at the zoo, and I lived there for a week. And I followed him around you know, day and night just, just seeing what he did, seeing how the employees worked. By the end of that week, you know, we were going out to dinner together, and he was opening up to me about his desire to kill Carol Baskin. He was saying, I wow. have an AR-15 set aside. He said, I never used to uh, dream about seeing someone's brains on a wall. Jeez. He how I wanted to mutilate her body. All these horrible things. And, I, and, and you can hear it. If you listen to the first episode of the Joe Exotic Tiger King podcast, you can hear it because I had the recorder running. And I'm saying to him, Joe, this is on the record. And he would say, I don't care. She drove me to that point. Wow. So there's there's a lot of characters in this documentary or um, real people, uh, but some of them which we liked a lot. Who was it um, at the zoo that you kind of that you thought was a real person, a nice person uh, and kind of didn't belong with the rest of them? Yeah, there's a couple of people who jumped out as, as being really solid people. Um, you know, John Rinky seemed like a really solid guy. Um, obviously, Saf is you know a really yeah. solid person yeah. and went through he he went through some some hell. And I think you know a lot of people should know that Saf is trans um, and and was the documentary refers to Saf as she throughout, but Saf actually prefers he. Uh, and then um, I think Josh Dial. I mean, my favorite interview was Josh Dial. He is just such a funny. Dude, he at one point when he was describing um, Joe's, you can hear it in episode five, and he's describing Joe's political run. He described Joe as Donald Trump on meth. 
Got <laughs> that was so funny. Mm. And uh, he, 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 he just has gone through a hell. He's got terrible PTSD from that whole experience, and my heart really goes out to him. Robert, what were your, what were your living conditions uh, like? You mentioned the trailer, and they, only, they just touched on that a tiny bit. It was disgusting from what we could tell. Yeah, my trailer was slightly nicer than the other ones. It was like the guest trailer. Joe called it a FEMA trailer. So it was like those ones that people got after Hurricane Katrina. But the, it still, I mean, it had no running water, and there were like these mysterious brown stains on the floor. So you, like, you, you got the presidential the suite, yeah. Yeah, the employees, I went into one of their uh, trailers because one of them, you know, the employees were treated terribly by Joe. He paid him $150 a week. You know, they were eating that expired meat, and he would lock them into the zoo at night so they couldn't leave. Because he was worried they would go out and get drunk. So they were basically trapped there working, like, well over 12 hours a day every day. So they would just flee. They would just run away because if they told Joe they were quitting, he'd withhold their paycheck. So one day one of them just ran off, and I had to help clean out his trailer. I can tell you it was absolutely Absolutely filthy. I heard there were constant outbreaks of scabies and mange oh. back and forth between themselves and the animals. It was it was really really gross. So so Robert, they, they, so there there are obviously moments in the uh, in the in the documentary, and I'm sure that I'm, I'm definitely going to uh, to check out the uh, the podcast. Uh, you know that where, where drugs are mentioned and so on and so forth. How how rampant was drug abuse? Did you see a lot of it? Was uh, you know and there was drinking and obviously there was just a lot of. Preston and I have talked about this countless times. You have people who are clearly on something with gunplay going on. How much of that did you witness? Yeah. Was was it all over the place? Well, you know, what's funny is Joe was actually outwardly very anti-drug. I, he never drank. I never saw him drink once in that week. And, and he said that if he caught anyone drinking or on drugs, he would fire them on site. Because, you know, you have to be mentally sharp to be around those, those tigers. Like, he, Joe could have gotten killed, you know, many—I saw him step into the, the cage with tigers. However, it was also very clear walking in the door that there were a bunch of people who— were either on meth or had a history of meth. You can just see they have the look, you know, the sunken cheeks and the missing teeth and the right. scabs and the all of it. And so, and, and Joe had these strange mannerisms. He had these twitchiness. He, he was always twitching his nose. Mm-hmm. And I later learned that Joe was, was doing meth, you know, in sort of like these, these long like binges. He would go off and rent a motel room and just do meth and have orgies with his boyfriends and like various strangers. And he was doing uppers continuously to keep his energy up while he was performing. And one person even told me he was, like, very high on stage one time giving an anti-drug speech to a <laughs> bunch of school children. Wow. So so there's a story, and I, I was uh, reading, you relayed concerning, you go, you get a call from him. This is when, after the fire, and and he yeah. and he contacts you, and there was a, a weird, explain this call, because it just yeah, blew yeah, your yeah. mind. So, 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 so I'm investigating the fire, right? I'm trying to figure out who set that fire, and I call up the fire marshal. I call, I call up a bunch of different people, and I, I call up the case officer, who's a guy named Brian Gordon, and I talk to him for about an hour, and the next morning, uh, I, I get a call from Joe, and I pick it up, and Joe says, hey, who is this? I said, Joe, this is, this is Rob Moore, man. I'm the guy who's been interviewing you for the past, like, six months. And he goes, oh, oh, hey, Rob. Oh, hey, how's it going? Oh, Brian Gordon down at the police station just called me. said someone was asking questions about me. I said, Joe, why is the case officer on the case in which you are presumably the lead suspect calling you to let you know that someone's asking questions about you? He said, oh, well, 
He's also my limo driver. Uh, the lead investigator, his case investigator, is his own limo driver. Which is true. On the weekends, he would work as Joe's limo driver. And I, I just thought, oh, my God, what is going on now? It, it, it's oh. like in those in those TV series or the movies where they're in some backwards town and the guy says, I'm also the sheriff. Oh, my God. Uh, it, that's how crazy it is, but it's real. I wanted to ask you as well, uh, Robert, you were at the trial. And it's my understanding that a lot we didn't see a lot in the in the Netflix special. A, a lot was removed, but you seem to indicate that there was a lot more that sort of bolstered the notion that Joe was actively really looking to get Carol uh, whacked. Yeah, that's right. So the, the documentary seems to have left people with the impression that Joe was framed, like that that he wasn't guilty. Because because Jeff Lowe was involved and Jeff Lowe was friends with Alan Glover and all that. It, it may well be, and it, it is pretty clear from the evidence that Jeff Lowe did have some involvement in this. However, it's very clear that Joe was actively trying to hire Alan to kill Carol. He is. We have him on tape. I heard a tape in the trial, and I have it on my Twitter feed. If people want to go to my Twitter feed, at Robert Moore, M-O-O-R, underscore, at this long feed of all the things that people have they left out of the documentary. And one of those is a transcript of this phone call where Joe says, me and Jeff sent Alan down to Florida, essentially, you know, to kill Carol, um, you know, gave him a burner phone, took Alan's phone and sent it to Jeff in Vegas so Jeff could text photos from Vegas to make it look like Alan was in Vegas. Huh. And he says, and if he gets caught red-handed, me and Jeff got it worked out to where we just fired the bleep and he went off the deep end. So, so, so there was a, se- there was a, a second a, setup. I'm, I'm no, I mean, no, no, this is, this is just Joe talking. Well, yes, uh, so this is a taped phone call of Jeff talking to that guy, James Garrison, the guy on the jet ski. Okay. James Garrison was taping all their phone calls. And in those phone calls, you hear Joe again and again, talking about how he gave this guy money. He's worried that Alan Glover is going to screw it up because he's an alcoholic, you know, all of these things. It was, it was really clear that Joe was doing this. So by, by you, you sitting in the courtroom, you would say that uh, uh, he uh, – because the, there have now been efforts uh, that are starting and, and, and GoFundMe campaigns to get Joe, uh, his case looked at again, and get him out of prison. Um, would it be your contention that, no, he should be in there? Yeah, no, I, he should. I mean, I'm not a huge, you know, fan of, of the of like punitive justice, and I don't think that you know we we can debate that on its merits. Right. In terms of this case, I think Joe is absolutely guilty, not just of this two two counts of, of murder for hire, but also the 17 counts of killing tigers, right. killing tigers, doing all sorts of illegal things with the dead bodies. You know, every all these things you're not supposed to do because tigers are an endangered species. He, he's absolutely guilty. Now, there are other people involved. Why was Jeff Lowe never uh, arrested? Why was Alan Glover never arrested? Yeah. Well, you know, it, it seems they worked with the feds and they, yep. and they cut some kind of deal with them. But uh, I think that's what people should be more upset about rather than this whole free the Tiger King thing is, is ridiculous. They, they, people <laughs> need to focus their attention where it really matters. I mean, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Right. You know, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, people who are wrongly in prison, not Joe. It's it's a nice distraction, I guess. So, Carol Baskin again. They're talking about now that they're talking about um, reopening the case and the investigation into the death of uh, her husband, who might have ended up in um, in a lie and in tiger uh, a crap. Uh, his remains. So, do you think there's a case there? Do you think this will move forward? Has this reignited it, or is this this going to be sort of just pushed to the side? 
Well, I think I think anyone who's looked at it closely thinks that the the whole grinding him up and feeding him to the tigers thing is not probably what happened. That's very unlikely. Uh, you know, mo- most detectives will tell you that that's just not a good way to get rid of a body. That 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 you right. know, you live in the swamplands of Florida, the Gulf of Mexico is right there. There's all sorts of other ways to get rid of a body. Now, we we I mean, I honestly do not know. I can tell you, I honestly do not know whether Carol had involvement or that in that or not. It may just be that Don disappeared. I mean, it's very likely he had he had money stashed away. He was that kind of guy. But okay. then the, the details are very suspicious. There are these, these restraining orders that were taken out against Carol, not just Don's restraining order, but a later boyfriend. This is also on my Twitter feed. A later boyfriend took out a restraining order where he said, Carol threatened my life. She has a gun. She made reference to Don's death, and they were digging up a nearby property, and she said, I hope they don't find any bones or I'll be in big trouble. Wow. There's things oh. like that that make you just, like, go, oh, no. And so apparently the the uh, police down in Tampa are getting, like, six tips a day from callers, and they're investigating them. They, You know, this case was never closed. It was just a cold case. It's been open this whole time. So they're, they're finally devoting some resources to trying to solve it one way or another. Uh, if you're just tuning in, it's Robert Moore who we're talking to, creator of Joe Exotic, uh, Tiger King, which he was well involved in this stuff well before the documentary came out and actually was on property for a long time. Um, when the documentary did come out, were you aware of some of the... Now, obviously, you knew who Joe was and Carol and, and Jeff Lowe and all that, but how about Doc Antle? Even though he's not directly involved in this stuff were you aware of that guy and and uh and his connections or or anything and and some of these other people until this doc came out or or were you aware of these people i mean so i talked to doc antle on the phone joe actually encouraged me to talk to doc antle because he was just kind of his mentor and and he said he knows everything about the animal industry and you know like sort of that their side of this political fight um, against Carol and, and the people trying to get tiger ownership banned. And so I did talk to him. He seemed very, like, insincere over the phone. I mean, you can hear him. He, he kind of sounds like you're talking to Casey Kasem or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's He's a, all a show. It's a bizarre. Yeah, but, but and he talks like that all the time, you know, at least to me. So, uh, But I never met him in person. I didn't know about this whole, you know, polygamy, whatever thing's going on mm-hmm. over there. I didn't know anything about that. Um, and then the rest of these guys, Mario Tabrow and, and – um, Tim Stark and those guys are, are fairly intimate. And, of course, Carol, you know, Joe's not the only person Carol was pursuing. She's also pursuing all of these guys on her website. She's, she's listing all their wrongdoings and trying to get people to sort of, you know, uh, go after them on social media. So they, they're all pretty infamous in that world. But I, I hadn't met them. They tend to be pretty cagey. I'm, I'm kind of amazed that Eric and Rebecca got them on tape like that, especially Mario Tabrow, the, the you know, the yeah. basis for Scarface. Yeah, yeah. Well, we asked you who you thought was uh, the, the, the the more likable of the lot in this. And we, we actually put our own... Um, opinions out on this when we first started to discuss the uh, the Netflix series. So who do you consider the biggest scumbag of the lot? Who's the most reprehensible? You know, that's really hard to say because these guys all have secrets, you know, yeah. and, and, they, and they have secrets upon secrets, and it's hard to know who's done the worst thing. The person who makes me most uneasy when I'm in his presence is Jeff Lowe. He, yeah. he, I met Jeff Lowe in 2015. He showed up at the zoo while I was there. And, you know, pulled up in a white Hummer and had like a baby tiger with him. And, and he was, you know, was telling me about how much he hated Carol and thought she was the devil and, and whatnot. But then when I went back, so, so after I leave the zoo, I start talking to all these employees who used to work at the zoo. And they open up to me and they say, look, you need to be careful down there. One of them said they have a system set up down there for death. 
said they could have you killed, ground or chopped up, and fed out to those tigers in 15 minutes. Because <laughs> they do it to horses and cows. Yeah. They do it to horses and cows all the time. They kill them and butcher them. And so the next time I went back was 2017. It was the middle of winter, and I was interviewing Joe with, with in the gift shop. And Jeff Lowe, at that point, was owned the zoo, and he was running it with Joe. And he was standing there in the gift shop just glaring at me, you know, because here's this journalist, like, asking these probing questions. Oh, man. And in that moment, he's got these really cold blue eyes with kind of flat, almost reptilian affect, and, and he was just glaring. And for the entirety of the interview, and I, and I thought to myself, I need to be very, very careful right now. Wow. Yeah, we, he was the one I pegged as the biggest, the biggest, yeah. the, 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 the most frightening, yeah. Go, Nick. Robert, I, ask, I, I wanted to ask, uh, okay, uh, I wanted to ask you one uh, non-Tiger King-related question because you wrote the book on trails, and uh, you tweeted about this the other day, but people who were on the Appalachian Trail who didn't realize that uh, the pandemic was happening and, and they came back to reality and were in, right. thrown in, back into this world that was not the world that they left. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I actually know a guy uh, who I'd been – he'd been calling me up to ask me for advice because I went and hiked the Appalachian Trail back in 2009, and then I wrote this book about trails. It's called On Trails and Exploration, which if any of you have, like, an uncle who likes to hike, you know, buy it for him. It's a great book. But uh, so people come to me all the time with trail questions, and they say, you know, uh, they want advice. And so I was talking to him, and he left, you know, in March before this thing kicked off, and now he's sort of like – Still walking, he'd you know come to come realize that this thing. Every time he stops into a town, which is once every like seven to ten days, things just get worse and worse and worse. He's like he's watching society implode, you know, in in a in a bunch of like still photos. It, it's really bizarre for him, and and he's saying like you know should I come back? Should I keep going? Like am I safer out here? Yeah. And of course, what I'm saying to him is, look, you just the main the main thing is that you don't infect people in these little towns that have very little medical support. Like that's the most important thing. So either way, you have to be ultra, ultra, ultra careful that you're not getting anyone else sick. But, yeah, it's a really strange time to be out there. He says it's totally empty. You don't see anyone for a week or more. You get to these road crossings, and there's no cars. It's just, like, it's surreal out there right now. Uh, one more thing, then we got to wrap up here, Robert. Uh, so Jeff Lowe had uh, had indicated that, uh, that Netflix was going to air another episode and th- that's all I've heard is that he had mentioned it. Nothing officially from Netflix. What's what are you hearing uh, come down the the I, pike? I don't know, to be honest. Um, I, yeah, I, I heard that as well. I I, it, I mean, they have so much footage. Like, <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, truly thousands of hours of footage. There's no doubt they could cut together another episode to to capitalize on this. And I know that they they looked very deeply into the disappearance of, of Don Lewis. So it's possible they're releasing an episode on that. It's possible they're releasing an, an update episode where they show everyone, where everyone is. Because, you know, Jeff Lowe, the, when you leave that last episode, you think Jeff Lowe moved down to Thackerville and opened this brand-new zoo and is, like, living the high life next to the casino. That's not true. Jeff is still in the GW Zoo. He's still in Joe Exotic Zoo. And, in fact, that zoo has been – has gotten no visitors all winter long and was hoping to get all of its money back from spring break. And now apparently spring break has kind of been canceled because of coronavirus. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, it, things might be really bleak down there. I don't know. Someone needs to check in on the GWZ and see, see how things are going. Uh, that might be what they're doing. I, I honestly can't tell you. It could possibly be a, a Christmas special, a holiday special. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, you know. <laughs> Something a little bit more festive, where you <laughs> something for the kids, something yeah. for the kids, where you can be where they euthanize horses and feed them to the tigers. Robert, a uh, couple of people are asking about your uh, your social media account so they can uh, follow you. What was that again? Yeah, so you can follow me on Twitter at Robert Moore. Moore is M O O R, 
are no E and then an underscore. And like okay. I said, I've got this long, long thread of all the things they left out of the documentary. It's gone absolutely viral, and everyone's sending me questions. I get just getting dozens of questions a day. I'll answer your whatever your burning questions are <laughs> about uh, the Tiger King. God, it's compelling stuff, man. Uh, all right, well, listen, uh, nice work. You 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 stumbled on a gold mine, and uh, you know I'm sure we'll stay in touch and and hear from me again down the road. Okay. All right, thanks so much, guys. Appreciate it. Robert Moore, guys, creator of the Joe Exotic Tiger King podcast. It's available on Wondery.com. Man, what a world. I read through that, that his Twitter feed with all the questions that he answered, and he'll pretty much answer anything that you ask him. Uh, and there's some pretty compelling stuff in there. Wow. Okay, got to check that out. All right, listen, it is, it's almost 1030, and we haven't even done this. Now, WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre Final. The short, short version. Name that movie, Case. <laughs> short, short version? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Sorry, we have to move Spaceballs. on. Damn it. Spaceballs. All right. Flames tore through an overflow parking area near the Southwest Florida International Airport on Friday, destroying thousands of rental cars oh, no. and creating a huge spectacle in the process. Witnesses say they saw and heard multiple small explosions and flames jumping high into the air with showers of sparks. Uh, the drama unfolded in broad daylight and was enough to draw people out of their homes to gawk as plumes of black smoke could be seen up to 20 miles away. In total, over 3,500 cars. 3,500 rental cars burned. Damaged or destroyed. Oh, my God. Yeah. Look at that there. That's a, that's a bunch of rental cars. Another 3,850 were spared from the flames, but the whole scene looked like something from an apocalyptic action movie. <laughs> Can you still rent them if they if parts of them have been burned off? That's a good question. Just drop the price. Luckily for the airport, there it's were lots. $2 a day. The lot where the cars <laughs> were parked. Is far enough from the terminals, no other damage is reported. But the fact that 3,500 cars went up. Dear God. That's a ton, yeah. Do you think this is fit for highway travel? Uh, And then one more story. Uh, Emergency curfews in South Louisiana usually happen during natural disasters like hurricanes. But the coronavirus pandemic is unprecedented. I think we have audio of this. I heard Steve listen to it earlier this morning. Apparently, the way law enforcement alerted citizens in the town of Crowley was also unprecedented. The chief of police says it won't happen again. Police drove around the town last week and broadcast an alarm sound from the film franchise of The Purge <laughs> to signify the beginning of curfew. And I think it might have been in the Philippines they used it as well. Hey, listen, I, to anyone who knows the series, mm-hmm. it's a, it would send shivers down your spine. So this is actual audio oh from the police driving through the town. Uh Crowley police told residents they would hear a different sound than regular (laughs) sirens that would signify the beginning of the 9 p.m. to 6 a.m. curfew. The purge has begun. What? The purge has begun. Residents are not allowed to leave their homes until the following morning. Police uh, Chief Jimmy Broussard said that he had no idea the sound was associated with the purge. And doesn't plan on using any type of siren moving forward after that. <laughs> and that's it. That's what we have in the Bizarre File. So, sorry to keep it so short, but uh, we ran a tad bit long. All right, we got to do today's lesson question. And we are going to give away, as a prize, a $50 dining card to Carabas. And the question that I have for you this morning is, who's the spokesperson for Nazi Fries? 215-263-WMMR. Let's see if you know. Who's the spokesperson for for Nazi fries, 
215-263-WMMR will do the trash while you're calling. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. And it's brought to you this morning by A.D. Moyer Lumber. All locations remain open to provide your building material and hardware needs and are focused on customer and staff safety. Call or email ahead for curbside pickup. Or delivery, and you can find them at admoyer.com. What's going on this morning, Steve? Well, former Bachelorette contestant and male model Tyler Cameron is responding to a Twitter troll who said he's, quote, acting like a jerk in his relationship with Hannah Brown. Cameron, clearly pushed to his limits, responded by writing, quote, I tink the letters U and R the Gurk. <laughs> Victoria Beckham. Bucking the trend of ultra-expensive skin treatments and recommending a moisturizer from the Walita line that sells for just $20 at Target. Beckham says it's fantastic. It really works best when applied by your live-in masseuse. Yeah. <laughs> and finally, a video has surfaced online from uh, Iceland that apparently shows actor Ez- uh, Ezra Miller grabbing a female fan by the throat and pushing her to the ground. Miller is defending himself, saying he was simply executing a traditional Icelandic throat shake. Oh, <laughs> and that's your Hollywood trash. All right, we'll see if someone knows the answer. Who is the spokesperson for Nazi fries? And I'll go to Mike, see if he knows the answer. Hey, hey. Mike. Hey, what's going on? Uh, just want to know who the spokesperson for Nazi fries is. Do you know? I believe that would be Adolf Hitler. You're yeah. right. Mike, hang on. You get the gift card, $50 to Carrabba's, and you can pick up your favorite Carrabba's Italian grill signature dishes like chicken brian, pollo rosa maria, and chicken marsala, or you can get dinner delivered right to your door. Order online at Carrabba's.com. Now, Preston and Steve's Music News on 93.3 WMMR. All right, let's see. A few things to mention. We'll start with a big one. Billy Joe Armstrong, Eddie Vedder, Billie Eilish, and a whole bunch of other big artists are coming together that are participating in a new charity TV special for pandemic relief. It's called One World Together at Home, produced by Global Citizen and World Health Organization. will also feature appearances from Chris Martin, Paul McCartney, Stevie Wonder, John Legend, Elton John. Keith Urban, Phineas, and it will be Lady Gaga as well. Will be, um, I'm sorry, the lineup will be curated by Lady Gaga. The show will be hosted by Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel, and Stephen Colbert. A Global Citizen co-founder and CEO Hugh Evans said, "As we honor and support the heroic efforts of community health workers, One World Together at Home aims to serve as a source of unity and encouragement in the global fight fight to end uh, COVID uh, to, to end COVID-19 uh, through music, entertainment, impact." Global Livecast will celebrate those who risk their own health to safeguard everyone else's. Well, that's a very good cause. It will be 8 p.m. Eastern on April 18th on ABC, NBC, and CBS Networks and other outlets as well. I'm going to suggest another charity push in uh, sort of nostalgic. Banana breads across America. Mm. <laughs> you think we could line a yeah. whole row of banana bread across the United States? I think States? so, in a statement of solidarity. I like it. Pearl Jam's new album, Gigaton, appeared on the Billboard Top 200 album chart on Sunday night. <laughs> at number five. <laughs> Gets me every time. Moving the equivalent of 63,000 copies. Their first disc sold 57,000 physical units with another 6,000 in either 
downloads or streams. It says the band's first disc. I think it was supposed to say the first disc in X amount of years. Eleven. Uh, anyway, uh, the regarding. What did, what did Nick think about it? I don't know. Nick, what'd you, what'd you think about it's it? It's good. <laughs> Thank you, man. It's a good record. It's been hard on me not being able to come to Philly and see you. Me too, man. I miss you, man. I, I want you back here. <laughs> I want you back here in Seattle. Did you just Lindros me? I just Lindros you, man. You, you do that to guys, Nick. You do that. <laughs> you do it to dudes. You do it to, you do it to dudes. <laughs> it felt good. <laughs> <laughs> in a totally gay way, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. In a totally gay way. Yeah. Uh, regarding, I don't know what just happened here. <laughs> <laughs> regarding the length, these of, things happen. Uh, the, regarding the length of time that it took to complete the album, Eddie said it grew on its own. Wow! It, it just uh, started different and ended different, and everything that happened in the middle was different. And that's what felt great about it. At Think some, of it as uh, an acoustic uh, banana bread. <laughs> at some point, we had to finish. <laughs> that can be the hard part, he said. And eventually, returning yeah. uh, to the road after the spring tour was canceled by COVID-19, uh, Better said, we're kind of reclusive by nature, so in some ways it feels normal to be away from people, but... I just keep thinking that the first time we'll be in front of people, it's even hard to imagine when or how, but it's going to be different. It's not like we didn't appreciate it before. It's just even tenfold, he says. Uh, let's see. We are going to play new music from Pearl Jam uh, after we take a break and come back. So nice. It, it'll be called Comes Then Goes. So we will have that. Ooh, that's you. a good one. Is it a good one? Kind of a... Thank yeah, you. it's a... Uh... It's slow. It's it's uh, more of an acoustic uh, song. So uh, I think like an elderly woman. But uh, yeah, I was supposed to see them on Saturday night. The, the you know the show in God Phoenix was this weekend, and I know right. It's, yeah, this is going to be was this going to be our vacation week, right? Yeah, yeah. But we passed yeah. on that. Yeah, Easter's Easter's on Sunday, and so Casey was supposed to be in London. I was supposed to be in the Southwest. Uh, but you know, the, but the, look at us still having funny thing, fun. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I think. I'm not sad about it being canceled. You know, it's just like you just deal with it and just move on. You move on. Absolutely. Uh, my couple girl romance singer Gerard Way shared a four track EP uh, over the weekend called Distraction or Despair. And the tracks are previously unreleased recordings that Way says he has been working on over the years with several of them in various stages of completion in conjunction with the release. Uh, Way asked fans to contribute to the COVID-19 response fund as well. Uh, Billy Joe Armstrong's latest edition of his No Fun Monday series is a cover of Manic Monday uh, featuring him and Bengals' Susanna Hoffs. And they're performing in their homes. And we have a little clip of that. Here we go. There's a video of the two of them separately in their homes playing along the song. She's playing guitar, and he steps in with the vocals in a moment here.
So I'm guessing that she just sings harmonies on that because did uh, I didn't catch her doing any of the lead vocals. Yeah, you know, I would she, like to because she's got a great voice. I love Susanna Hoffs. Did uh, did Prince uh, give that to them or write that exclusively for them? Uh, I think he wrote it for them okay. uh, because. Nothing compares to you from Sinead O'Connor. I think she just covered that. Right. I think he wrote this specifically for the Bengals. Did he what, Did he have anything going on with Susanna Hobbs? Not that I remember. All right. But you never know, man. You never know in that crazy rock and roll world. Uh, and then one more thing. Uh, Black Sabbath guitarist Tony Iommi is auditioning six items from his, not audition, he's auctioning. All right, what do you do? Uh, six <laughs> items from his personal collection. I'm an ashtray. To help support medical relief efforts in the wake of COVID-19. And all items will be autographed. The winner will get free shipping to any location on the globe. Uh, the items include a guitar and various Sabbath collections on CD, vinyl, and DVD. All proceeds go straight to Birmingham, England's hospital. So, chipping in as well. All right, um, real quick, as if we weren't done with the phone calls, um, I'm going to go to this one. Is this, uh, hey, is your name Ron? Yes, it is. Hey, Ron, how you doing today, bud? I'm fantastic. Why is that? Because <laughs> I just want $500. Yo, brother! <laughs> 500 bucks MMR's Rock Refund. Well, I'm very happy to hear that, Ron. Where are you from? I'm from Lumberton, New Jersey. All right, my man. And uh, what are you doing this with yourself with yourself these days, Ron? Uh, I'm sitting at work right now. Oh, what do you do? Uh, printing. You're a printer. All right. Mm. Yeah. Nice, man. Yeah. Well, yeah, no more printing money. We've got that for you. <laughs> yes, There's, no more yeah. artificial money. Yeah, yeah. No. you get the real <laughs> thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, listen, man, thank you for listening to MMR. We appreciate wow, it, and we hope thanks, you enjoy guys. it. All right, Fantastic. you got thanks. it. Ron, let's hear yeah! it for yeah! 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 All right, next time to win is coming up with Pierre, and that will be at, now, let me get the official time. Thank you, Casey. Uh He's got uh, your next shot at noon, which is very cool. Noon, 2, 4, 6, and 8 p.m., so don't miss your chances. We'll take a break. We'll come back in a moment, and uh, we'll wrap the thing up, and uh, we'll see what Pierre's got going on. Letter of the day, word of the week, prize as well. Stay with us. Back in the olden days, about five years ago, your only options to keep listening to WMMR when you got home would be to drive your car into your living room. Or turn on something called a radio. But now, through modern technology, the smart speaker that's secretly collecting data on you... What did you say? ...can also stream WMMR. Just tell Alexa or Google to open MMR, and magically we'll come streaming into your home. Plus, it may help distract your device from becoming self-aware. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Pearl Jam on 93.3 WNMR. It is called Comes Then Goes. And that is from uh, Gigaton. So it's just uh, Eddie and guitar. And that's it. I hate it to stop dancing when that wrapped up. I know. It was uh, high energy. Uh, somebody texted in. They thought that actually it was the uh, Hey, Nick McElwain. Nick McElwain. I got you. It's no. pretty close. It's new music. Yeah, it is, you know, and, and you kind of played around with that. Uh, something sounding similar to uh, eventually. Uh, pull one over on Nick, which, by the way, was in the... Uh, is that still in the... No, we lost. Oh. It lost to Ben. Too bad. Though that's... What a contender. Dude. We have... 
I hate this part. I mean, I love it and hate it at the same time as you come down to the Daily Rush Madness wrapping up because now now it gets now it's for reals, yeah. man. Yeah, for reals. Uh, so we will continue it tomorrow. The Elite Eight. So only a couple more days until we figure out who the champion is, and we'll find that on uh, find that out on Friday. Hey, by the way, if you want to submit a question, we haven't asked me anything uh, available on uh, PrestonAndSteve.com, I think is where they're. Hang on. <laughs> Find some information here. There it is. I told yeah. you, a lot of crap yeah. around here. Yeah. PrestonSteve.com, the blog, and uh, click a member on the show. You'd like to ask a question, write whatever you want. Uh, there's a whole show general question section as well. And uh, maybe I think Friday we might be answering some of those questions. So we'll get to that. Uh, been a fun day. Had a lot of guests on the program. Thank you to Rodney McLeod. Yeah, hey. What a nice guy. What a nice guy. Of the Eagles. And uh, he and his wife donated 25 grand to fill abundance through their charity, Change Our Future. And uh, they are helping out the way, uh, not only by making donations themselves, but also allowing a platform to you do the same, to do the same thing if you feel uh, like you can spare some. Brandon Boyd from Incubus is on. Woo! Great. We had a, a long delay in our phone with him, but he was super nice and just uh, great to talk to him. He's, he's a very cool guy. And Robert Moore, man, the guy, yeah. the Joe Exotics, uh, the podcast thing, that was just, there's more, there's more material there. As that finally wraps up, what's going to fulfill our next documentary desire? It's a tall so, order. Again, if you've not seen McMillions, that's a great one. It's You don't have the cast of characters you have in Tiger King, but it is pretty riveting. I actually have a nice list of, of, of docs to watch yeah. once you're done with Tiger King. So if we get a chance All right, we need a couple days, hit I'll, that tomorrow. Yeah, I'll mention that. Uh, Pierre is here. Hey, man. Good day. Good day to you, sir. Everything oh, yeah. good in your world? Yeah, yeah. Excellent. Trying nice. to get it together. Trying to get it together? Yeah. You look like you got it together. Thank you. So that's Appearances stepping the right can direction. can be deceiving. Well, <laughs> they can. Uh, You've got that, I just made banana bread glow. I feel like I've just made banana bread. Uh, <laughs> I gathered some leaves from my yard and some old lawn clippings, and you put that in the frying pan with oh. some yeast. And some pine nuts and a little oil and a touch of garlic and uh, stir it all together and fry it 150 and then bake for 10 hours and you've got banana bread. What a riff on banana bread. banana bread. Yeah, no, I, I never knew that. Grass you don't clippings. even need bananas. No, apparently not. That's the beauty of it. That is beautiful. Because there's a whole Save the Banana campaign. Sure, sure. sure. Yeah. Yeah, never heard of don't hurt the bananas. Yeah. Don't take the brown bananas. Don't take the brown bananas. <laughs> no, don't be doing that to you, dude. Uh-huh. Uh, well, I guess we should get the letter of the day if you are ready to go. I am. All right, here we go. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Now, the daily letter. All right, and the Preston and Steve show is brought to you today by the letter. A is in astronaut. All right, astronaut. <laughs> we have a case of stateside vodka, four T-shirts, four rocks glasses, a tour of for four to the distillery, and $150 gift certificate for their tasting room. Very cool. Stateside vodka, Philly's hometown distillery, is now delivering right to your home, available throughout uh, Philadelphia and the PA suburbs. You can visit statesidevodka.com for details. These are the guys who provided these engraved bottles for Kathy's Bitch Box, and it's a great-tasting vodka on top of it all. 
I'm sure you have some things planned for this lovely day. That I do. I've got 500 bucks to give away, just like you guys just did. Uh, a couple of times, possibly, we'll have a noon and 2 p.m. opportunity with Rock Refund. We've got uh, workforce blocks. Uh, among them, uh, we're going to get into the Rolling Stones. We've got the Foo Fighters, and uh, that's for Chris Shiflett's birthday. And John Oates of Holland Oates has a birthday. So we're going to do a block of Holland Oates, which will be fun. Great cool. stuff. Yeah. Let me uh, take a moment to thank sponsors. Preston and Steve Show is brought to you today by Acme. You can now enjoy convenience of ordering your groceries online, have them ready for pickup at a time that's convenient for you. Each item carefully selected and brought right to your car. Uh, shop online at Acme or dot acmemarkets.com, by the way. Uh, tomorrow, another busy day. So Wednesdays, we go on Fox Good Day. We have a secret text word, so we give a lot of stuff away. Uh, we're going to check in with Frank Caliendo. Yes. It's been a little while since we've chatted with Frank. We'll see how he's doing. Actress Polly Perrette. Ah, she's got a new on. sitcom. Yep. And we will also talk to Michael Javorka, also known as... Mr. Peanut from the Cardboard Classic. (laughs) Apparently he can speak now somewhat, so we will check in and see how he's doing. So... Uh, and also, we need a Gary Lauer update. We, oh. we need to, we need to actually speak to him. We know he's okay, but we need to hear from him. So, Gary, get in touch with us. Uh, that's it. We're done. Rage on. Have a great day, and we'll see you tomorrow, gang. Bye bye. The Preston and Steve love you, hate you line. As a high school teacher, I'm just saying to all of the parents out there. Now you know how it feels. Enjoy this time with your children that you claim are so perfect. Next message. Good news and bad news. Mm, bad news first. I missed a whole week of President Steve. <laughs> Got laid off for a week. But it's okay, because I'm back, and I'm listening, and I'm loving it. Next message. just want to send a big <laughs> you to all the people that think these quarantine rules don't apply to you. Stay in your house so this can be over. Stay in your house. The Preston and Steve love you, hate you line. Call 484-434-1333. MMR rocks. Brought to you by DellToyota.com and DellChevrolet.com. Jack, sell them for less. Uh, So we are checking in with friends. Just seeing how people are uh, coping with their lives right now. We all have a bit of a different life that we're living. Yes. And uh, it's been uh, interesting to see how everybody is uh, is handling things in their own way. And we were kind of recapping how much this guy has handled in the, the past several years and what a survivor is between the fires and cancer diagnosis. And, uh, well, you know, if you go back to his accident that he had here Every in Philly. Day, he's indestructible. He it, it, we, will late, we will one day find out he was born on Krypton. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, please welcome our good friend, Mr. Mark Summers. Yeah. Hey, Mark. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? We're good. How you doing, buddy? I'm just laying here on my pillow and feeling good. You know what? Kind of <laughs> how how are you handling the? You got to get the initial question out of the way. The general one: How are you uh, handling quarantine? Is it something you've had to do a massive adaptation? Because you're a guy who's always flying around, many irons in the fire. Uh, how you doing? I thought it was going to be uh, brutal. But quite honestly, I'm enjoying it. And when this whole thing is over with, I may really stop doing everything. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, you it's... know, I, 
I wish it wasn't the situation that we're yes. in. But, um, you know, my wife and I, who've been married uh, soon 46 years, wow. uh, have been on, uh, you know, point together here. Uh, we have not gotten into one fight. We cook every night together. We watch a lot of Netflix. I take walks. Uh, we've been pretty quarantined. Uh, I'm up in Santa Barbara. There's not a lot going on up here. We felt it was safer up here than it was down in Los Angeles. Um, and, uh, you know, actually, I'm doing really well. Great. Right, so you said you're watching a lot of Netflix. Are you watching a lot of, like, Food Network stuff? Um, I watch a lot of stuff online. Like, last night we were making uh, Cacio de Pepe. Uh, and uh, we got Michael Simon, who was making it for his wife last night, so we were watching that recipe, been watching Rachel Ray online. Everybody's doing sort of their own version of stuff, and so, yeah, we've been getting a lot of cooking tips from that. Uh, been on text a lot with Bobby Flay, uh, who's giving me advice to stop going out and shopping. Uh, we were going food shopping, and he said, you know, you're nuts. You know, my immune system is not the best because of the cancer situation. Right. And so we've been having stuff delivered, although it's been kind of rough. There's not a lot of people delivering up here. So oh, really? We made an order. No, we made an order, uh, I guess it was Sunday. It's not going to deliver till Friday, so it's kind of rough. But, uh, you know, we're just hanging in. Yeah, it, right. de- it depends on where you are as far as uh, deliveries. There's like here that, you know, there's a couple of days. Uh, stuff is getting out, which amazes me. Um, you know, that, that, that like things like Grubhub and Caviar and all those places are still hopping. And, and a lot of the, uh, obviously the places that are sit-in restaurants are now doing the takeout thing. Cause as you know, the service industry has just been blasted by this. Uh, and so, uh, any, anything to help is, is, is the edict here. Yeah, I mean, imagine all the employees of Steven Star restaurants uh, that, uh, you know, are no longer working right. right now. I heard downtown Philly is sort of a ghost town, and people tell me that the grocery stores are pretty uh, well-stocked. Is that the case? That we, uh, it's been my experience. There are some places around that are, that you know, that have taken a hit, depending on where you are in the concentration of people. But, but honestly, my acme is is fine. Obviously, the, the for some of the bizarre hoarding things, like mm-hmm. toilet paper and stuff like that, yeah. uh, that doesn't seem to make any sense. But you see the trucks going by all the time. Thank God for the, the truckers who are out there doing what they're doing. Obviously, the medical people and everybody else as well, but keeping this, this, the uh, the shelf stocked is Yeah, they're amazing. catching up. Yeah. They're catching up now. When I uh, went food shopping two weeks ago, I took advantage of the uh, senior deal and got there at like <laughs> 6.45 in the morning, and yeah. you know they were letting 10 people in at a time. So here's where being old uh, is advantageous <laughs> this particular time. Getting yeah. to rock that senior thing. Now, now you look pretty young. Did you get any uh, any sideways glances? No, you know, think about it. I haven't had a haircut in, you know, uh, uh, look up the name Wayne Cochran, and you look at his hair. Mine's starting to look like that now. <laughs> So, we have a picture of Wayne Cochran on the dad. I was I was familiar with him before. He had the most outlandish. It actually looks like a space helmet he's wearing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was the uh, white James Brown, and uh, he played the Midwest a lot. When I grew up in Indianapolis, he was always around. And uh, my wife was looking at me the other day, threatening to cut my hair, and I said, no, this is who I look like now. And so I'm just going to let it go, and, you know, we'll see what happens. I don't dye it anymore. You know, Food Network just made me do that for a while. So right. it's just white and flowing, and, you know, I'm, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I, I look horrendous, but uh, who cares at this point, you know? Hey, Mark, so have you, have you started to become a little inactive uh, with these, you know, just staying at home days yeah somebody just gave me a great tip instead of staying in your pajamas all day uh you should put on a bathing suit because um uh, i've eaten you know i'm gonna uh, what's gonna happen when this thing is over the people are gonna be like 25 pounds heavier and there's gonna be a lot of babies in about nine months i think those are the two things that are gonna happen to incredibly fat parents and i've said i've just been eating out of entertainment not actually out of hunger 
because uh, we've got we have plenty of food. We, we you know we we made sure we had uh, supplies, and now I'm just like, what do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? Let's eat something. You know. <laughs> But well, the other night we had some overripe bananas, and I said to Alice, "Why don't we make banana uh, uh, bread?" So we had some chocolate chips, and and we put those in with it. It was fantastic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm making desserts, and you know, my ass is the size of Oklahoma, but who cares? <laughs> You're right with the desserts, though, because I've been trying to entertain my eight-year-old. So, you know, and it was raining the last couple of days. So now we're baking stuff. So um, he's helping me bake. I'm like, great. Now we have cookies, brownies, cinnamon buns. Oh, yeah. it's too much. Oh, thank yeah. thank, thank God we haven't done that. Well, you know what you can do, uh, Mark, is why don't you simulate, uh, replicate the diet of Wayne Cochran. You know, he was very ripped. And, <laughs> and great, phenomenal shape. So maybe that that's your that's your entree into better health. That's right, and then I can do a show around the country, you know, imitating uh, Wayne Cochran, and, uh, you know, I have a whole new career. I kept thinking I was going to retire, but maybe that's the gig. What an amazing, you know, coda to, the, to your phenomenal career as you end up as the preeminent Wayne Cochran impersonator. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the ultimate physical challenge right there. Let me and by the way, speaking of retirement, I, I texted Mark, you know, a week or two ago, and he goes, yeah, I'm doing this. I'm flying here. i got to get this. we got this show work on. I'm like, retirement is great. Is yeah, what I said. yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's all stopped. I mean, uh, I have this project that's uh, going on Discovery, which is somewhat on hold. And uh, actually, my team was out shooting as early as last week, and they finally went home. They actually flew from L.A. to uh, Texas to shoot this thing in a uh, state park, national park, actually. And uh, had trouble getting back, so they drove 17 hours straight from San Antonio Jeez. to Los Angeles. Yeah. And they were talking about no restaurants being open, and then they had trouble getting gas. But a lot of gas stations were out of gas, so they barely made it back. Um, and I'm glad everything is shut down. But, you know, the frightening thing is, uh, you know, the money situation for all these freelance people in the restaurant business and the entertainment business who have no income. And uh, I'm not sure. Can they collect those those checks and unemployment? I don't even know. I, I believe that's the case. Don't know all the iterations. I don't think a lot of people, you know, uh, uh, know the 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 variations on that. I would like to think so. I mean, what everyone, you know, is hoping for, Mark, is that is that so this wraps up people that were furloughed or, or let go can be rehired as many as can. There's going to be some businesses that go away. But if if there can be a snapback, um, that would be the best scenario to what has been a very unpleasant situation. But we got it. You know, we get through this. Get on the other side and then get up and running. So, yeah, my daughter is uh, due with her baby April eighth. So we're on pins and needles because uh, the doctors, oh, wow. yeah, the doctors keep calling every few seconds. So first she's going to one hospital, then she's going to another hospital. So oh, um, wow. it's pretty touch and go right now. And we're you know, and the other thing is we can't really see the baby. Yeah, I mean, her husband's not allowed in the room. Mm-hmm. And then after she delivers, I I can't really go to see my grandchild. So it's just uh, odd times. You know? Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of inconveniences and some of them really serious inconveniences. So it's uh, just unfortunately where we are right now. Um, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Hey, was uh diners, drive-ins and dives just uh, in Philly not that long ago. Do you know, Mark? Yeah, they were. And right before the shutdown, and I want to tell you how much cloud I have guys team called me and said, where should I go? And I talked to Marissa and many of my friends. And I gave them a list of like 20, 25 restaurants. They didn't go to one of them. <laughs> <laughs> that is power. You snap your fingers and everyone ignores you. <laughs> That's exactly my life. But uh, I understand that Guy is the one who goes to the whole list and he, he makes the decision. So they were in 
uh, shooting in Philly, and that'll be on at some point. Um, they've been there. I, I know when I was living back in Philly, we shot some stuff for Triple D, and so they come there often because there's just so many great choices. You know, it, it occurs to me that with Double Dare and everything, and people looking to do things with their families at home, and we've seen people replicate you know, the, some of the amusement park rides at like oh. Disney. You you mm-hmm. should give a little a little tutorial on how to execute the perfect home version of uh, <laughs> of Double Dare, right? Yeah, that could be a thought. You know, yeah. uh, I guess maybe if I get the, that board, maybe I'll uh, figure out a way to teach them how to make slime or uh, <laughs> yeah, Double Dare uh, with household know. items. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the other. You know, teach you how to make physical challenges or build your own obstacle course. Maybe that's mm-hmm. uh, something on the horizon to think about. Just make sure they sign online waivers because that's the last thing you need. <laughs> 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 how are you guys holding up? We're doing good, well. so we're, we're kind of uh, we're, we're kind of split up right now. You heard Kathy talking; she's actually at her home. Nick is at his home. We're just trying to keep the numbers to a minimum. But uh, me and Stephen Casey are here in the main studio. Marissa's on the other side of the glass on the in our uh, producer spot. So uh, it's a bit of a skeleton crew, but um, mm-hmm. you know we're business as usual, and, and we're kind of. Uh, we're taking the lighter side of things. We get we pass along pertinent information, but we're making sure that we have a, a good time as well, and that people have something entertaining to listen to on their way into work. Well, you're you're needed more than ever right now because we're all just looking for that uh, opportunity to smile or laugh. Uh, you know, it's it just it's a rough time, mm. and I do get depressed at certain parts of the day, and then I'll call a friend or FaceTime somebody, and you know, it'll bring you up a little bit. Um, the the social distancing thing works pretty well, I think, out here. Although I, I try to walk uh, I'm a few minutes from the ocean, and too many people down there still, so I, I stay away from that area. But, um, you know, hopefully this whole thing works. I just saw an interesting article on Facebook about uh, an area in Los Angeles called Koreatown, and there's fewer cases there than anywhere else in Los Angeles, and it's because they said that particular area always wears face masks. And so whether they're the proper face mask or not, they're now saying that it does good no matter, you know, what type that you're wearing. So something to think about, I guess. Well, there's there's, there's also I, – I think of like, again, to, to Preston's point, everything that's being done now is is a bridge. You want to – this is a bridge to get over to the point. There's there's no there's not an expert in the world that says this is going to be eternal. This will wrap up. This will we'll, – we'll get medications and things are coming along and there are developments happening every day. So there, in all the maelstrom of very – which what could be very alarming information, there are rays of light that you – you can't, you, you know, you've got to look for those. And so, you know, that that's the deal. This will, you know, you, you live long enough and you, you go through situations. This is a very unique one, obviously. But we try to keep that in mind. And, and that's um, that's what gets you through. There will be a time where we'll be going, oh, remember that? Remember the... Uh, yeah, remember the great toilet paper it, hoarding right. Why were people doing that? It will happen. It does. I mean, I remember being in the height of the, the whole 9-11 situation and, and the aftermath, as, as many of us do, and saying... Will, will will it will it ever feel normal again? And it does, yeah. you know. And and yeah, with, you, with your with your with your uh, cancer and and you know, I I had a, my my cancer situation in, in 2014 and saying, will it be normal? Yes, it does. You you do get through. So uh, we will prevail. Well, the first week that uh, we were you know quarantined and and couldn't go to the grocery store and and all that kind of stuff initially, and I was standing in line at this rest at this uh, grocery store, and this woman I don't know what country she was from, but she said with an accent, "Can I ask you a question?" And I said, "Sure." And she says, "Does this virus cause diarrhea?" And I said, "Why do you ask?" She said, "Well, why are people buying so much toilet paper?" <laughs> I, you know, it, it, it's it's mm-hmm. such a mystery that people are hoarding. You know that paper towels. Um, you know, and there's no need. And, there's no need, and, yeah. and that well, it's a lemming thing, right? It so, is. You know, yeah, you hear about it, it's like, oh, well, if everybody's hoarding it, then I must need it. 
And yep. and Mark, yeah. that woman walked away and thought to herself, "My God, I just met Wayne Cochran." Jackson <laughs> 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 thought it was Wayne Newton. But, uh, <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. Well, listen, pal. We just wanted to check in with the NCO. Things are going. We're reaching out to friends and seeing how everybody's holding up. So, oh, well, I look forward to the time where I can be in that studio and we can uh, play some games and have some fun again. And I appreciate the phone call and everybody in Philly, all my friends and family, and. Uh, all the fans that double there throughout the years, you guys look after yourselves and, and follow the rules, and sooner and later we'll be all together again. You better believe Absolutely. it. We look forward to it. All right. Thank you, Mark. Mark Summers, guys. Yeah. Take care, bud. We'll talk to you soon. He all sounds right. like, honestly, for him, you know, here, here there's a guy who sort of needs to ha- have the brakes tapped oh, yeah. for him because, oh, yeah. he, as you said, you had that conversation. Retirement was ten times the amount of work that most people do. He sent me this laundry list yeah. of, of projects and things and he was doing. He ended it with, yeah, he said, retirement's great. So, um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. We are going right up against a another interview. Uh, chance to talk to this gentleman. Um, he's got so many good things going on. Not only is the greatest of all time in Jeopardy, uh, but it, and it's a fact. He's um, proven it. He has a game show now, which I'm going to watch. Yeah, on Game Show Network today at four. It is called Masterminds. Please welcome the greatest of all time, Mr. Ken Jennings. Yeah. To the show this morning. Hey, Ken. <laughs> Good morning, oh. everybody. Hey, nice to have you on. Congratulations uh, with all your success. We actually spoke to you many, 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 many years ago when you when you were in the middle of your of your uh, you know first Jeopardy run. Uh, you were a super nice guy, and you know I love that that you've stayed with this. That you still keep popping up in that in that realm of Jeopardy. It's got to be so much fun for you. It's a huge honor. Jeopardy was always my favorite show as a kid. Like, I was kind of a nerdy, trivia-loving kid, and I would run home from school every day to watch, like, my beloved game shows. And it's a huge honor, like, 30 years later to be associated with, to be, like, part of the history of the show you liked as a kid. Like, I don't know what your favorite show as was a kid, but imagine if you, like, were now part of the history of Bionic Woman or or something (laughs) like that. It's a great honor. Well, yeah. you, you, exactly. I used to love all the game shows, the exact ones that, you, you know, I was I was reading an interview with you when you were talking about, you know, Jeopardy. And I guess you, you would watch uh, on Armed Forces Television. You were uh, out of the country. Uh, I guess your dad worked overseas, but like uh, you know, Hollywood Squares and, and all of that stuff. And, and these were the things, they were all, a lot of them were, were trivia based. I wanted to say how thrilling it was, Ken, to see in that, that ultimate tournament of champions, uh, you know, where you were uh, establishing your GOAT title with James Holzhauer and uh, Brad Rutler. I tell you, you could just see with all Alex Trebek is going through how cool it was for him to enjoy it as much as he was. As a viewer, to see him loving the game being played as 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 well as it could possibly be played was such a gift. So thank you for that. I honestly think Jeopardy is like keeping Alex Trebek alive at this point. Like he's been on that show for 36, 37 years and he genuinely loves it. It's a hard job. He does it like nobody else. And uh, I think just that sense of, of constancy and, and knowing what he means to people every night on their TVs is really one of the things like keeping him with us. And I am delighted. I agree. I, you know what? I, I've watched Jeopardy so many times and I don't know if I've ever seen this happen. Uh, and Ken, maybe you can answer this for me. If you're doing Final Jeopardy and you have 30 seconds to answer the question and it takes you maybe 15 seconds to come up with the answer in your head, 
what happens if you don't have enough time to write it down? Is it just tough luck? Yeah, you've got to write the whole thing. So it's like if you realize at the very end that it's Christopher Columbus and you start writing, the, the pen stops working right as the music goes, bum, bum, bum. So if you write Christopher Columbu and then your pen cuts out, like Alex will be like, oh, no, no, I'm sorry. It is not Christopher Columbu. Yeah. <laughs> so that's it. It's it's There's a time cutoff. You I didn't realize that the, the, the pen yeah. stops writing. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Hey. Yeah, they're they're mean. It's not like put your pencils down, Ken. I see you. Put your pencils down. Like you stop. So, Ken, I'm a sucker for any trivia based uh, game, and I want to know what the format of Masterminds is. Your participation on this, because I know there's also the host, uh, Brooke Burns, who I love to death, is going to be hosting this. How does this whole show work? Brooke is fantastic. It's a trivia show where three contestants play against each other, but they're also playing against a panel of trivia experts, you know, some of whom you might remember from game shows. I'm one of the experts, but there's also like a chess champion and there's bar trivia champions. And uh, so it's really it's a tough climb for them because in the final round, they're going to have to beat one of us. If right. they want the ten thousand dollar prize. So different different champion or different uh, uh, experts on each show. It's a rotating panel, okay. uh, but there's there's three of us that are usually on me, a chess champion, and a historian. Okay. So it's uh, it, it, and, and we have a lot of fun. You know, you mentioned being a, a trivia nerd. Have you ever gone back to you know vintage trivia based shows like way back to like twenty one and and seen how you would have done matching up with with contestants like that and those questions that were asked back then? Yeah, I, I, I looked at old episodes of Twenty One. You know, that was one of the rigged ones. Yes, and yeah. it's funny like. <laughs> mm-hmm. The thing about that show is it's all, you forget that they kind of had it set it up like pro wrestling where there were like storylines, like somebody would get beat and then his wife would come on the show to try to avenge him. I mean, <laughs> in hindsight, you can totally tell it's fake, but it's really good TV. Yeah. You know, you know, the thing is, and, and with uh, obviously with Masterminds, it, it, the key to me is is allowing the viewer at home to feel that they have a sense of being able to play and play into it. And that's where Jeopardy succeeds as well, because. Um, so you may not have a vast uh, knowledge of pop, of pop culture or of everything as a, say, a Ken Jennings would have, but the, the clue can provide you the answer that you have the, it's refined by the category. And that means a lot because sometimes if you play regular, um, trivia games, you're, you're kind of, man, this is incredibly difficult yet on Jeopardy, you can, you can do a little bit better. How important is the way the, 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 the question is uh, asked and everything to the contestant on masterminds? It's 100% true on Jeopardy. Like, people don't realize that Jeopardy clues are not written to trick the contestants. Like, that show only works if the contestants are are right almost all the time. Right. That's that's good TV. So the clues are designed to help you. And Masterminds is the same way, because we want people to be playing along at home. Like, there there are a few rounds that are actually multiple choice, and that's the same reason. You know, like, you want people to be able to feel smart, see stuff they recognize. Um, There is something fun about watching somebody just kill it at Jeopardy on the hardest possible questions. Yes. But Masterminds is more like, hey, we're all homesick. Let's turn on a game show like (laughs) when we were nine years old and yell answers at the TV. I love it. Ken, this is uh, this is Nick. I'm actually broadcasting from home, so I just wanted to, to tell you I'm a huge fan. I love following you on Twitter. Um, you actually even responded to one of my tweets once, which was like the highlight of my year. Um, and I, I love the huh. connections. I love the connections you do every week, which are basically just a, a game that you can play at home, and you, you post those on Twitter once a week. Is that right? Twice a week. Uh, it's a quiz I do for mental floss, yeah. 
And uh, they're they're hard, but they're solvable, just like a lot of the categories on Jeopardy. I also wanted to ask you about um, your relationship with Doug Benson, because Doug is a friend of the show, and you've been on Doug's podcast a few times. How did that start? Oh, I love Doug so much. Uh, I was a big fan of his... Uh, I'm a huge comedy nerd. I actually just wrote a book called Planet Funny about the history of, of American comedy and how it's seeping into every aspect of our society. But I was at a festival. I was doing a, a, a trivia night at a festival, and Doug was on the bill, and he asked if I'd be a guest on his movie podcast. And I didn't know what I was signing up for, but I've, I've probably done Doug's show a dozen times now. And <laughs> the thing about Doug's show is he's a comedian, and you know he's a stoner comedian, but he takes his, his trivia very seriously. Yes. Like, that pod, that podcast, you have to take the game seriously, or Doug gets kind of pissed. Yeah, <laughs> but he really likes people who who will play the games well and understand what's going on. And I, you know, even though it's a jokey podcast with no prize, I always play to win because I'm I'm a competitive weirdo. Yeah. We've we've all played it. Yeah, at, I've at won. Points and I've won. Yeah, yeah and it's it's, it's it's quite a badge of honor <laughs> if you do get it. We yeah. have all won. We yeah. all have yeah. something in common. Ken, what I love is is uh, you busting uh, James's chops on Twitter. I I, uh, I can get a kick out of that every single time. <laughs> we all. The three of us, the three of us on the Jeopardy tournament, all got along and really we enjoyed our time together. James is a friend, but he he really likes uh, kind of the pro wrestling thing where you can like have the bluster and the swagger and the fake rivalries, <laughs> and that's something Jeopardy doesn't usually have. You know, if you, tonight on Jeopardy, the players are not going to be sniping at each other in the commercials or online, <laughs> and so. <laughs> That was, that was a really fun kind of addition to the game. I think there should be more of that on the show, more trash talking. It was it was it was great to watch that, but you you did incorporate all those different styles, and that's what made it so compelling. We're looking forward to Masterminds because I think this conceit is really good. Everyone thinks they could go up against the Ken Jennings. A lot of well, not everyone, but a lot of people do. So you could actually see this in practice on the show. So we're looking forward to it. Absolutely. Uh, so that's today at four on uh, Game Show Network. Ken, keep doing it, man. We're fans. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, you guys. It's always fun to talk to fan, fellow fans of the game. Awesome, man. All right, Ken Jennings, guys, the greatest of all time trivia master. I will check this show out because I, I do love trivia-based games. I, I love it. and I, on, So much fun. On Jeopardy, you know, Alex definitely has these things that he loves and yeah. that he hates. And he hates, like, if someone gets a double Jeopardy, I mean, I, I mean, gets, gets like, you know, the, I mean, the um, Daily Double. And, he, and they, they don't. Give a hearty bet, yeah. Like they, 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 they sort of pussy out, he, yeah. And you can see him He's like, like you, you, <laughs> you are a pussy. Yeah, that's true. Preston and Steve on ninety WMMR. Need a break from the meta discussion? Check out Checkpoint AFK, Checkpoint XP's lifestyle show. From cosplay to consoles, we cover everything you care about when you're away from your keyboard. Subscribe at our website, CheckpointXP.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.